All right. I, I need, I, you know what? I should have pre-recorded some male booming voice saying, welcome to the second. God, do I sound like Mr. Rourke from Fantasy Island? <laughs> welcome to the second annual J.P. Kathy and the Crew Veterans Day Telethon. We are very, very excited that you are going to be with us today. Um, we're going to be broadcasting all morning and all afternoon here from Venture X Studios in Frisco, Texas. We've got some veterans coming in studio with us. We've got some veterans that will be zoom uh, zooming in with us. Um, of course, in just a few minutes, we're going to have Chuck Wright, who is the co-host of Kilroy's Conversation, dear friend of mine and a very well-known and beloved military veteran here in the Collin County area. Heck, all across the state of Texas um, and maybe beyond Texas, maybe beyond the borders. Do you have borders or not? No, we're not talking politics today. We are just talking and celebrating our veterans and those who have served and um, have, have some really great guests that are going to be coming on today. We're really proud of that. We are raising money this year to benefit the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas. And we'll be telling you, uh, Chuck is going to be talking with them, and he um, he does a lot of um, volunteer work for them. He's going to be letting you know how to get to their donation page, how you can donate $5, $50, $500, $5,000. Any amount of money makes a difference. And, uh, you know, those who, who have basically signed a check to – pay the ultimate price for our freedom they need thanks every day so we're like oh thank a veteran today you know what you should be thanking a veteran every single time you see them period end of sentence so we hope that um we encourage you to do a little bit of that of course members of the crew are very pro-veteran pro-military and we love y'all and um just are glad that you guys are tuned in so um first of all we're going to be talking with jeremiah osmond who is here from venture x Hello, how are you? Is he on the screen with me? All right, there we go. There we go. Um, Jeremiah wears multiple hats, so I'm going to let you go through all of those different titles that you have, multiple businesses. Um, But really, um, he's on with us today because we want to thank Venture X Studios, and we would love for you to come up here and take a tour, um, check out the facility, great co-working space, and they have donated the services of Nathaniel and Cade, who are two of our producers. They've donated the studio space today, and this is all to support our veterans. And so thank y'all very much. And then y'all have an event tonight up here, a happy hour tonight. Um, If you want to come out and raise a glass, um, raise a toast to a veteran, to somebody who has literally stood strong, fought for your freedom, then they can come up here tonight. But Jeremiah, how are you doing today? Oh, dandy, dandy. Dandy, dandy. I love it. All right. Well, so um, tell us a little bit about what you do up here and then tell people, because they can get in touch with you. You can take them on a tour. Um, Let's talk about that. All right. So regards to Venture X Frisco, good Lord. Are you loud? I have no clue. So oh, I'm going okay. to do, do it like this because I, I can't stand the microphone. I like the headset. But uh, anyway, for Venture X Frisco, we, are, we were the second co-working space here in the Frisco, Texas area, yeah. which a lot of people do not know. Yep. We offer a whole full suite of products such as dedicated desks, single, executive, and uh, private offices, memberships, mail, you name it, we do it. It's just a matter of custom. We try to customize it to fit everybody else's needs, not our own. So, and I'm a very big believer in the community. So, I do push and promote the community on a regular basis since, in fact, I do own a couple of other companies. It does make it quite entertaining to actually see 
when you bring a new person in that don't know really a lot about business or a lot about actually how to do sales marketing or actually how to grow their business, we introduce them to our network and we see them flourish and thrive and actually excel. It's refreshing more than not. Yeah, that, that is, that's good stuff. You know, what I love about, um, you know, hanging out up here at VentureX three days a week is just a sense of community. And it really is, you know, the, you, you guys, and I know you're big in uh, supporting um, breast cancer right. um, awareness and research and things of that nature. There's always an event going on. There's always a networking opportunity. There's um, times where folks will get together out in the, you know, community area, grab a cup of coffee and just talk to each other about, Hey, how's your business plan working right. out? Here's what I do. This works for me. So there's such a great atmosphere up here of collaboration even though everybody owns their their own individual business well true and that's it all go based upon how we would like to promote and actually support one another so yes. it goes back to my philosophy out to hold the whole iron sharpens iron the better we get as an individual more value add to ourselves, business family community and i really do promote that mentality not just in my business but through everything else i promote yeah. so when people are here at venture x if they're saying they need help i just immediately just introduce them to what I consider their bug mate or their neighbor. Bug mate are people yep. that's inside your office, that's yep. in a dedicated desk format. Uh, your neighbor is somebody within the facility. So, I mean, you have to be kind to your neighbor. If not, I mean, just like anything else, there's uh, there's wars and things we have to fight every, each and every day. And then due to the fact with this being Veterans Day, we had to support the, the loved ones that we had had fallen to causes nonetheless. Yeah. So with that being stated, it's just... I mean, why not just be nice? Yeah, you know, and, and I think, it, and especially in, in you know, it, and I don't want to get off on any kind of political tangent today. So Chuck Wright, stop me. Oh, because, I, because I've already promised I would not do that today. So uh, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah. all bets are off. But, you know, it's you, you know I, I love politics, right? I, oh, I know you do. And I, I have no issues actually talking about politics <laughs> but we're, we're, we're talking veterans. We're talking veterans today. Oh, okay. Well, okay. But, but, you know, the thing is, you know, during the whole COVID pandemic thing, so many people got stuck working at home. And I've seen people come back up here and they talk about how their business has literally thrived. I mean, we're talking people who have increased their bottom line right. a couple of hundred percent, you know, over what it was during COVID because they're back amongst people. We're just, you know, we're meant to well, be around it, each other. And that's the other big thing about it is how about the whole accountability partnerships. So yes. like personally yes. myself, that my whole story about coming into VentureX is I had an office here privately first. I had my buck mate, George Martinez. Right. Guys can be guys. We like to have some cheap entertainment with one another. <laughs> so, but with his, uh, with our, uh, well, I say, can't uh, our banter and our candid conversations enabled me not only for me to thrive more efficiently and effectively, it also enabled him. Yeah. And everyone else that's a part of my entire circle, our each and one of our businesses have seen drastic improvements. But that's been my personal story. I've also known dozens of other members have had the same experience, not just in our facility, but in a variety of other facilities as well, yeah. particularly for the co-working environment. And I think, and really, you know, and this, and I want to have you back on again um, another time just to talk about the benefit of co-working and right. co-working I mean, spaces. I, it's the wave of the future. It, it truly is. And, and you know, um, and anyway, so thank you to you here at VentureX and thank you to the leader leadership and the owners here at VentureX. We appreciate y'all supporting the veterans and oh, supporting our efforts today so have a lovely day maybe we'll see you pop in a, a little bit later today yeah and just make sure that everybody knows about the event tonight that yeah. starts at 5 oh yes 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 thank you yeah it starts at 5 30 ends around 7 30 and we can actually if they'd like to come out get a, a 
non-alcoholic beverage because I'm not doing yep. alcohol tonight. <laughs> uh, as well as we're going to have a couple guest speakers that are veterans that's going to be here at the facility. Perfect. I'll be more than happy to. And if you'd like to promote uh, your nonprofit at the event, I would love to have you all there as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you. So open invitation if you want to come out and promote a nonprofit. If you're a veteran and you want to come out here and be celebrated right. tonight from 530 to 730 at VentureX, we'd love to have you. So thanks. We appreciate you, Jeremiah. No, no problem. Thank thanks you. so much. All right. Um, yeah, just a great, a great relationship we have here with um, the owners for Venture X in Frisco. Um, you know, I can't tell you enough about what they've done um, for so many nonprofits, but in particular, they have really put their money where their mouth is when it comes to the veteran community. And it, it's so important because all of the things we do, you know, in business and um, in, in the other nonprofits that we promote, in, uh, you know, church organizations that we have through throughout here, um, you know, recovery organizations, all of the different things that we have going on. At the end of the day, if it weren't for our veterans, we wouldn't be here, you know. And, and I've got Chuck Wright, who I just love dearly. <laughs> um, Chuck is a dear friend of mine. Um, had a chance to, I think we got introduced about the time, I think it was through Rees Across America, or was it politics? Politics. What, politics and then it was politics. Then politics and it's then we, you, it's politics. Yeah, that's true, that's true. So, so um, yeah, that was, that's right, you're right. We were first introduced through um, the political, our political connections, and then, um, you know, found out about Chuck's service to our country, and, and again, Thank you. God bless you for your service. You're worth it. We really appreciate you. Thank you. And um, and I love that. I love the, the humbleness of, of a veteran like Chuck who says, you're worth it. They, they give that thank you right back to you. And so I think that just speaks volumes for the type of people that they are. Well, I'll, um, tell, the, I'll yeah. tell the you're worth it story because there's actually a story behind that. You know See, me. That's Everything what I love about comes Chuck. with a story. And all is a story. So, and Chuck is the uh, co-host of Kilroy's Conversation, which you can catch every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. Or is it 8 to 9 or 9? Eight, eight to nine. nine. Eight to nine. Yeah, that's eight right. Um, and there, we're going to be actually, we'll have some footage from today yeah, that we'll play over. Uh, this Saturday. Because we've so got some great, great interviews yeah. that we're going to be doing today. Be um, but anyway, so you can catch him there. And goodness gracious, you can catch Chuck just about anywhere around Denton County, Collin County, Frisco, Texas, Austin, Texas, you know, at times uh, for your work there. Um, just um, you're such a servant, you know, you served our country and then you came back and you serve our community and you pay so much respect to the Woody Williams and the different, different veterans of the, of the, um, you know, of the world that we've, we've got to celebrate here in our country. So thank you for that. And take it away with, with, uh, okay, we're going to so get a lot of Chuck Wright stories today. Fortunately, I got here <laughs> in time that I was able to cue everything up. Uh, so Nathaniel has us covered there. We are going to start, and we're going to do, it was an ABC um, um, news, whatever they call the little news pieces, and we're going to show that because what I want to do is I want to set the stage, and then we're going to bring on Ken Waterston, who's waiting on Zoom, to jump on. So, uh, Nathaniel, if you'll go ahead and, and run the lucky clip because I want to set the stage for Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas and what they do. veteran got a second chance after drowning his life in alcohol and drugs and now he's helping other veterans get the help they need this kevin reed why is it in miserable weather like this that even after a 45 minute drive from oak cliff to garland you can find someone in this good of a mood still coming from oak cliff <laughs> i am uh, because lucky lawhorn has seen a lot worse 
not that long ago, he was living in his car in Oak Cliff, searching for the next park to call home for the night. A Navy veteran drowning his life in alcohol and drugs. I thought about, you know, uh, dying and I thought about living, but and dying, dying sounded better. Until he found the Veteran Resource Center and Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas. Temporary housing, alcohol and drug treatment, job training, and now employed at the VA hospital in Garland, helping other veterans get the help they need. And, and it also, man, gave me a boost in uh, uh, confidence that uh, I can tell somebody else that it's possible. And the late R. Lee Army is part of this story, too, because the golf tournament that bears his name happens this Friday at Bear Creek Golf Club, a fundraiser to keep homeless veteran services of Dallas helping the next <laughs> lucky law. Obviously, COVID has impacted our ability to do outreach. And now that that is opening up, we're trying to make sure we can meet the needs of our veterans. But I'm blessed to wake up every morning, man. And I get up, I wake up every morning, man, at four o'clock. Rain, shine, sleet, or snow. I'm up, man, because it's the dawning of another opportunity. God spared my life for a reason. And I'm here, and I have a purpose. And my purpose is not just for me. My purpose is to help others. And to continue doing that, they'll accept all the help you can offer. In Garland, I'm Kevin Reese. And so if we can uh, pull Ken on. Ken is sitting in his office down at uh, the Veteran Resource Center and Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas, and I'm kind of mugging until uh, he's on the show. As we zoom in, the joy of modern technology. There's there he his is. smiling face. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Hey, good morning, my friend. Been a long time. Not even 24 hours since I saw you last. Hey, Ken. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, my friend. Uh, for those who don't realize it, Ken and I were both Marines. Yesterday was the Marine Corps birthday. I'll probably mention that about 20 times in the course of the day. So <laughs> and you may, and we welcome that. That will go on. And Ken, we just showed the lucky video from this year's golf tournament. Uh, it was an absolute great piece that our friend Matt uh, Olavola, um, retired Marine First Sergeant, uh, put together. He's now PR for uh, Baylor Scott and White Hospital. Uh Let's kick this off by talking a little bit about the, the story behind the creation of Homeless Veteran Services in Dallas and the Veteran Resource Center, and we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in this segment. Well, great. You know, first of all, I say, you know, thank you to Kathy, JP, and the crew, and, and VentureX for, for putting this on and what you do for our veterans and everybody. It's really appreciated. Um, Homeless Veteran Service in Dallas was started in, in 2004. And we, actually, we started as a nonprofit for the VA because they couldn't take uh, donations and, and um, to help our homeless veterans. Uh, since that time, we had split away from the VA, but we do have their support. We work closely with the VA. Um, in 2012, uh, the old National Guard Army down by three blocks from the VA was going to be tore down. And I, I talked to the director and I said, hey, we could use that building. And he said, what for? He says, uh, I thought for homeless veterans. He said, present me a, a business plan. And we did. And that's been uh, 10 years ago. And we have uh, half the building is set up for the, the Navy veterans, the homeless. The other half is services for all veterans. Uh, the only veterans we serve is the Arnold Discharge veterans. 
Uh, last year in 2020, we served 9,300 visits. We also, what we provide here is a place they could come in to do their laundry, take showers, and just be a service. We're not a shelter. We just uh, provide a daily service. We're open uh, uh, six days a week. Uh, you know, people talk about homeless veterans are getting windled down. It, it's not. If you look on the streets, we still have a lot of homeless veterans. And, um, and I can't say enough for, you know, Chuck Wright. Chuck has been our angel. You know, he, uh, he put together the Arlie Army Golf Tournament, which you look over my shoulder, you'll see Arlie Army's uh, casket flag. And without Chuck, we wouldn't be here today. We, we operate strictly on donation. We have no grants, but um, we continue carrying the mission. You know, Lucky was a success story. We've had several success stories here. But yesterday, we had a young lady call in here, and she was uh, an Army veteran, and she was suicidal. Mm. And by the end of the day, we were able to get her into the VA. We called Charlie and John with Stop One, and they they got out and got her picked up and got her into the VA. Days like that, you know, that's what you look for and, and work for is to be able to serve a veteran that's in need. And uh, it makes you feel good when the, you're able to stop that one. And that's why she runs is, is uh, suicide prevention, stop one. So we do appreciate, you know, uh, you uh, taking us on as a, as a nonprofit today. Um, if you'd like care to donate, you can go to hbsd.org. That's Homeless Veterans Service of Dallas. Uh, we would appreciate any support you give us. Jeff? Hey, um, since 2004 when you opened, how many veterans have you served, unique veterans? You know, I don't have that count in front of me. We're serving probably about, uh, about 10,000 visits a year, you know. Three years ago, we were serving like 160, excuse me, around 60 to 80 veterans a day for, uh, for lunch and for breakfast. Now we're down to about probably about 25 a day. And many are, are um, um, we have several uh, women in, in our uh, group. Today, we'll probably have about six down there in this, uh, this women. So I, I want to tell this one story, and I'm really proud of my son. Uh, he became an Eagle Scout last week. Uh, he fin We finally got that done. It, it has been a bit of a trek, but his project was originally it was going to stuff 50 backpacks for homeless veterans. Right, right. We got so much support that we wound up, and I had another friend of mine donated another 50 backpacks. We stuffed 100 backpacks, and then yesterday I gave Ken 10 more from uh, our friend Brian Wilburn at the mm. Veteran Resource and Outreach Center in Rowlett. Um, but you'd mentioned the female veteran. And Travis got to come down, and he got to hand out some of the backpacks. And inside of it, he had put a little journal. And one of the ladies immediately sat down. Of course, the first thing, it was like Christmas. And they're all going through, oh, yeah, what kind of cool loot do I have? Um, which is exactly what I would have done if somebody had handed me a backpack. Um, but she found the journal and immediately began writing. And it was the mm. thing that Travis took away from that that I think was the most impactful. 
you know, he knew that, and all the veterans, all the veterans that we had had, had met with that day were very appreciative. But to see this woman begin making notes, begin, and, and we didn't read it, you know, it's her journal, but for her to start journaling her life, to start sharing her thoughts, um, was just such a powerful image for Travis. Um, so it was, and I forgot, I meant to, uh, and I can, I can do it, and I'll do it during the course of the day. We'll do some pictures of it. Um, but I was reminded of that when you talked about the female veteran. Um, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, Ken, talk a little bit. So you've gone beyond just providing meals. Talk about some of the other things that a homeless veteran can get if he walks into HVSD. We provide many services for them. Number one, they can get on computers to do job searches. Um, we started a welding program and we partner with the uh, Dallas College and we uh, put a, a 10 week course on here, uh, 10, 10 veterans at a time to, to get a retool, get them a, a good paying job. And, um, and that program has been working out real well. Uh, we're in our fifth class right now. During the wow. pandemic, we didn't shut down on any of it. We went right on through it. And uh, it's been a great tool to get some of these veterans back into uh, a job society. But also, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's giving them hope. And, I, that, you know, when I talk to people about homeless veterans, when they go into the military, none of us are drug addicts or alcoholics. At some point, they experience something that they couldn't cope with or handle. And that led them to their addictions and to their homelessness. So if you see them on the street, they're not there by choice. It's something that they have seen and experienced and they can't get rid of it. We just need to be there when they hit bottom to help them out, get them going again. Just like Lucky. We couldn't hit, help Lucky until he, he hit bottom. Once he did, uh, you know, he, he seemed the, the way to get back. He had a family. And it, it was great. You know, about a year after... Uh, lucky left us here. I went down to the uh, Dallas Zoo for a Veterans uh, Day, and here comes Lucky in with his kids, his wife, and just happy as to be. That was wow. a payback, but it was really awesome to see him with the family. And you know, this this coming Friday and, and next two Fridays, we're going to be giving uh, heavy coats away. It's that time of year. Uh, we do have bed, bed rows here. We have some of that sleeps out in in the weather. Uh, we try to take care of them. Uh, there again, we offer two meals a day for them, a, a breakfast and a lunch, and a place they can come in and, and get out of the weather, but it's be a, a friendly place to them. So uh, we appreciate all the support we, we can get. So the other services that are provided down there, um, they have showers. It is an old Army Guard armory or National Guard armory, one of the two. Um, so they've got shower facilities in there so veterans can get cleaned up. They have laundry facilities, which for our homeless veterans, it's difficult for them to get their clothes cleaned. Um, I've obviously been down there uh, um, a lot. Um, it means a great deal to me. We are taking care of our most vulnerable veterans. And uh, you notice that I magnanimously use the, uh, the royal we. <laughs> <laughs> I consider myself part of the team, even though I don't you have are. a homeless veteran services in Dallas golf shirt. I, you know, it's just, 
And I work for golf shirts. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that was the that was the reason you volunteered was to collect golf shirts yeah. and, and coins and books. And none of those I have gotten. <laughs> Although, speaking of books, and this is just for Andrew White, who teases me about my autographed book collection, one of the board members, and shortly there will be a book focused solely on him coming out, is General Carey, and General Carey is is a Marine who fought in World War II, fought in Korea, fought in Vietnam. Uh, in fact, he is best known as he was the MU. It's called the MU Marine Expeditionary Unit. So when they were flying in 1975, our people out of the Saigon Embassy, they were landing on his ships. Oh wow! And but he. The, the part of the story that's truly close to my heart, he walked out of the Chosen Reservoir. He was a uh, he was an infantry enlisted man in World War II. He became an officer. He was a platoon commander uh, or a company command, platoon commander, um, landed at Incheon, went into the Chosen with the 1st Marine Division, and walked out. Now, he tells the story that he was looking up at the Corsairs that were flying cover from him, uh, for him off of the USS Sicily. And he said, you know what? I ain't walking anymore. And he got back and went to flight school <laughs> and became an aviator. Um, but he told my son, we were down there for the reunion of the uh, chosen reservoir survivors and we're trying to build, and Kent's been instrumental in this, trying to build a monument to them that will be dedicated um, at the Marine Corps Museum on Quantico, which is one of the finest military museums I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot. Uh, but my young son, he told a story, and in the cafeteria, there's a very famous painting from The Chosen, and we caught General Carey in the hallway, and he was complaining about his frostbite still bothers him. And I asked General Carey, and kind of imposed on him, I said, would you explain to my son why you have frostbite? And he got that frostbite walking out of the Chosen. Mm. Uh, but mm. where I'm going with this is there is a book, and it's one of the better books on the Chosen in the Korean War. It's called Give Me Tomorrow. It was a very famous, iconic picture of a Marine with that thousand-yard stare. And a reporter, the, the man who'd taken the picture, had asked him, if you could have anything, what would it be? And his comment as they were walking out was, give me tomorrow. <sighs> Almost like an alcoholic, just get through the next day. And yeah. that's how bad The Chosen was. And yeah. General Carey is heavily featured in the book, Give Me Tomorrow, and autographed the book, and I, I should have copied a picture of it, it was really touching, very personalized autograph, but it was absolutely great. Uh, very proud that he is one of the board members of Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas. Um, I'm very proud of the Arleigh Army Golf Tournament. We certainly have a lot of fun. Um, it didn't pronounce Arleigh. <laughs> it was, it's not Arleigh Army. It's Arleigh Army. You know what? But a lot of people make that mistake. Yeah. A lot of people make that mistake. For those who don't know who Arleigh Army is, I'm going to make it real easy. Gunnery Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> and his favorite goes, oh, yeah, like, I oh, know yeah. that guy. <laughs> so 
Ken does. Uh, it was always around the Armed Forces Bowl because Arlie would come in for the bowl. Um, and Arlie was the MC of Ken's stakeholder dinner. Now, a lot of nonprofits, um, they like to wine and dine and spoil their stakeholders. Ken is a typical Marine, and he feeds them the same food the homeless guys can. <laughs> so it is not the... Uh, it is not a five-star Michelin meal, but it is an important meal. Uh, and it is a reminder not only of who we are serving, but the importance of this mission. Uh, and along with some, I mentioned uh, First Sergeant Matt Olavola, who has joined our team, um, our friend Jim Darwin, um, 12th Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, Gene Overstreet, these are some of, and not to mention, I need to mention, so, um, and I need to take a break there. We lost Arlie Ermey in 2018, because it was 2019 we went to his funeral. Um, and speaking of wreaths across America, it was the day, his funeral was the day before they picked up the wreaths. So I'm at um, Arlington uh, Cemetery with all of the wreaths. Right. And it was very moving to see. Um, Kathy, we brought Kathy out for Reese Across America. Oh, she has a, a great golf shirt. Yes, I did. I did get a golf shirt. Um, fantastic it was organization. Size too small, but don't read anything <laughs> yeah, into yeah, that. Why would Chuck <laughs> do that to me? It was, you know, it, it was such. Um, such a moving experience and 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 we'll be you know we'll be talking more about Rees across America throughout the day if you ever have a chance to participate in that that whole process you know I can't say enough good things about it if you are involved in a school if you're connected with a school in any way suggest that they come out and talk to Absolutely. the kids there because it's all about you know remember, uh, remember honor, honor and teach. teach and and the thing is we, you know, and, and Ken, I, I'm sure you could chime in on this. We've got to be really careful because I feel like we're losing and and we've almost lost a generation of mm-hmm. of young people who don't have pride in their country, don't have any concept of what it is to serve your country in the military, and that you literally are signing up to possibly pay the ultimate price for your country, for your countrymen's freedom, we've got to be really careful that we make sure that we keep we keep service to country first and foremost and, and that we treat it. You know, I mean, I, I see the way we treat, um, you know, Hollywood celebrities and movie stars and musicians and this, that, and the other. And, you know, that, hey, I love entertainment. I'm, you know, I'm at a concert almost every month. But I tell you what, the, the real rock stars of our country – are, are servicemen and women, Absolutely. period, end of sentence. That, that's Absolutely. that's just it. Because without them, we don't get to go and do what we want to do. We don't have the freedoms that were provided in this country. And I know that today is Veterans Day, and this, yeah. this will touch to Ken um, as well, as his son-in-law is very recently retired, Dallas PD. But our police, our fire, um, and the amazing thing is, more. I, I, I would dare say, 
Close to half of them are all veterans. Oh, it's so many. They get service. So many of our friends that you and I have, Chuck, have, have been um, in the military and then come back and served in, as a first responder. And, yeah, we always, and we're, you know, on Kilroy's conversation and on J.P., Kathy, and the crew, huge supporters of our first responders yep. as well. Just, again, these are people like the military. When there is trouble, when there is danger, they're the ones running towards yep. it. We're the ones running away. Uh, thank goodness there's yeah. somebody who has that calling and we need to support them, you know, and, and we, you know, we started off the show with, you know, Hey, thank a veteran today. And we've even got that hashtag. Every time you see a veteran, if you see somebody who's got a ball cap on that says Vietnam war, doggone it, you better stop and say, thank you, sir. Or thank you, ma'am, for your service. Just, it, it, it just, it goes without saying yeah. in Absolutely. my mind. Yeah. And the, and the one thing I'm going to add to that, and, and we are notorious for tangents. And I've already oh, yeah. tangented from the point. I'm going to come back to it. Yeah, in just we're a getting second. back to you, Ken. Ken's yeah, like, we're oh, gonna I get back to you. Yeah, Ken's kind of like, where are you guys going with this? The one thing that I was told, and I, I, I have talked to a lot of our uh, first responders, but the one thing when you see a police officer, thank them for their service too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think this is a great day to start to embrace this. Um, there is an expression that my friend Jake Schick. Um, has used green side, red side, blue side. Uh, it really is a uh, trifecta of people who truly serve, and, and to that I would add our healthcare workers. So to come back to the point that I got off with talking about reasons across America, so uh, we are at Arlie Ermey's funeral. It gave us a chance to meet with his family. I met Jack Ermey, who has become a dear friend. I'm I'm hoping to get Jack Ermey on. He was also an Air Force veteran, Arlie's brother. Um, the family has truly embraced our golf tournament as well. Uh, they embraced the work of Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas. Um, and so those are things that are really uh, super important. Um, and Ken had mentioned, uh, it, it's a real, I love it. It's a very simple website to find. Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas, hvsd.org. And there is a donate button there. And the one ask I'll make is even if it's a small donation, make it monthly. Uh, yes, this mission goes great on idea. Let's push that, Chuck, 365 all day. days a year. Yeah, because I came on and I said, hey, if you can, uh, to, for the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, I, I you know, I do, I'm going to go back on what I said this morning. I said, if you can donate five, fifty, five hundred, five thousand. 500, So if it's five, and, you know, and I'm, I'm going to do this today. I, I'm going to go in and just make it where it's just, you know, 5, 10, 15, whatever I, uh, you know, determine yep. to do. And, and, and you can do that through their yes. PayPal account. Yes. So so let's do that. So even if it's $5 today, and God, y'all, that, that's just, don't go to Starbucks or don't go to, and Starbucks is like, what, what you know, what, hey, you know, if you want to sponsor us, come on, call. But if don't go get by a $5 cup of coffee, you know, um, that that's five dollars that Ken and his organization. Okay, not only are they giving people an opportunity, veterans an opportunity to have clean clothes. I mean, you think about when you're homeless. You know, we take we take advantage of the fact we probably run our wash machine. Oh, I'd say probably at least eight times a week, eight nine maybe times a week. Michelle just texted. This, she wants to know if she can run some wash over to your place. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. Well, we're you know, anyways, yes. Um, I'm real particular about laundry, but anyways, but we we run it all the time, and you don't even. You don't even give it a second thought when you put your clothes, your underwear, your T-shirt, your, your jeans, your socks into a wash machine. 
Well, if you're a homeless veteran, that's a luxury you don't have. You don't have an opportunity. Let's say you you see a help wanted sign, which there are plenty of help wanted signs around. But if you haven't been able to shower, shampoo, brush your teeth, and get cl- clean clothes, how do you go into a job interview? Yep. At a place where you're going to maybe be working in a kitchen or you're going to be, yep. you know, serving folks at the front desk. So Ken's group provides this. So, you know, why not make it, a, you know, a monthly donation? I think that's a great idea. I, I think it's that. a fabulous idea. Yeah. And another tangent I want to go on, and I'll bring Ken back in on this. Um, did you understand the one word text that I sent you yesterday? So there's an organization. Oh, achieve. 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 I was going to say, yes. wait a second. There were a lot of texts so, yesterday. Achieve. I had an opportunity. I met Tim Allen runs Achieve. And Achieve is, so Kathy, my co-host, my partner in crime, my, my dear friend, uh, used to be a special needs teacher. Yes. And so obviously she has a strong heart for it. And so if you look at it, it's basically it's on a bell curve. And we tend to run around with people that are, you know, let's be real candid, above average to, you know, they're on the far right-hand side of the bell curve when it comes to intelligence. Uh, and then you get the the peak where you're, I mean, the, the peak of the bell where everybody, and it's kind of average, and you got 50% of the people on one side of the peak and 50% on the other. And we also understand that there are those that are mentally challenged. Uh, we used to use the term retarded. Um, not whatever, anymore. Whatever not politically anymore. correct term you want to use. But it's those people that are at that other extreme. But between average and that other extreme is a band of people, and I don't know if they still use the term slower learners, and this is where a lot I'll of I'll get you politically correct after the show. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not using the right term. And, but it used Ken, to be. Ken's laughing. He's like, good luck with that, Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I say this because I used to be part of an organization that supported the Center for Slower Learning. That actually went out and what they did is they went out and taught the teachers how to teach to kids that are slower learners. So you're not dragging the entire class down. Um so I always had a strong affinity for them. You know, a lot of times as you start to understand a problem, you start to develop an appreciation for it. So long story short, there's an organization in town called Achieve. And what they have done is they have found a lot of jobs that a lot of us would consider menial. Uh, a lot of it is kind of manual labor. The example that I always like to give is you've seen the plastic um, – holders that have like potato chips or Fritos or Doritos or something like that, that are clipped to it. Somebody has to do it. A machine can't do it. Somebody has to manually put those on. And they take these people and they give them that job and they give them dignity. And I had met coincidentally through, and we'll talk later about the Fund for Veteran Assistance that I sit on, but we had supported them because they support a lot of veterans. And I think I've told Ken this story. So I go over to do the tour. Uh, a friend of mine had invited me to one of their lunches. And I'd met Tim Allen. And I couldn't remember why I knew his name. And I knew his name because he had presented to the Fund for Veteran Assistance. But as I'm there, somehow it comes up Homeless Veteran Services Dallas. 
and two of the people that had come through HVSD were two of Ken's success stories. I was going to say, let's throw Ken back let's up. Say, yeah, let's let that. Ken talk about you that. Know, yeah, that is great. You know, it, it, it is a success story. He's, he comes out here and works with our veterans every day. So, you know, the grants that y'all give them. And, and Achieve is, a, is an outstanding organization. You know, I, I went over there probably six or seven years ago. And I was, uh, you know, they deal with, they have people that have disabilities. And if Bell Helicopter needs uh, certain washers, size washers to put into a bag, that's what they do. And it gives them a dignity and, and it gives them respect. And it, it's really a, a great program. And, and I was glad to see a couple of our people go over there and have success there. Um, you know, how you measure success, you know, is really, is, is really something. And, you know, I, I couldn't do it without the help of, uh, people in the community and like Chuck, you know, I'm very, I'm very proud to have been able to been on a lot of different committees through the years. You mentioned the reach across America. I was on the original committee to help brought our national cemetery here to Dallas. And when I drive by there, my chest sticks out because, you know, look at the veterans that we're serving out there and how we serve the whole family. And it's such a, a beautiful place. And I'm, I'm glad to see them do the reach across America. When we first put that up out there, all the, all the government was going to let us do to put the avenue of flags up. Then they finally opened it up to little small flags and now the wreaths. And it's really uh, to show respect, you know, to our veterans and, and the family members that, that's incurred there. You know, in a, my boardroom here, I've probably got about 30 uh, folded flags. And they're the, they're the homeless veterans that we buried out there. Through the Dignity pro, uh, Program, uh, if, if they're homeless and we can prove that they have an honorable discharge, they will furnish all the casket and everything to bury them at the National Cemetery, no charge at all. Before that time, they would all would go into the county cemetery uh, and get the brick. So there's some great programs out there in the, in the, in the Metroplex, and, and uh, um, Achieve is one of them. Uh, you know, we um, we we ha you talk about personalities. We have uh, a lady comes in here daily. And you don't know, she has three different personalities. You don't know who she is here today. If you ask her a certain name, she said, no, I'm Miss So-and-so. Then you know how to handle with her. There's people like this that's not going to be able to get a job or get into a shelter. When they burn the bridges at home, nobody wants them. Um, we had a veteran that was pushed out in front of a car mm. um, and got hit at 2 o'clock in the morning. After he got out of the hospital, his mother called here and wanted to know how we could help uh, house him because they didn't want him back home. You know, the, the, bridges, the bridges are burnt. And so they can hit bottom and, and help themselves. Nobody else is going to be able to do it. And they can try to take them and put them into apartments. But, you know, I don't want to get into politics either. Years ago, when you were homeless, you had to go through a certain program to qualify to go into uh, housing in the community. And and about three administrations ago, that was changed to housing first, meaning they would take a veteran off the streets, put him directly into housing. And he hasn't, you know, worked on his addictions and 
it, you know, next thing you know, it was bringing it, their problems to our communities. And it still is that way. And in a lot of, a lot of ways, it's sort of a disservice to the community, but also to the veteran, because he's not getting the help that he needs to work on his uh, issues. But, you know, through the programs that uh, we have here, you know, they're, they're working pretty good. And, um, and like I said, I can't, you also can donate. We're on Facebook, the Thomas Veterans Service of Dallas on Facebook. Uh, you can go there and donate also. And if anybody ever would like to have a tour of the program, uh, our phone number is listed. You know, give me a call and be glad to show you what we do here at the uh, center. Um, during the virus, we still operate. We just had to do smaller groups. So, Chuck, I, I thank you for everything you've done for us. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Well, and Ken, thank you for your service and thank you for what you do um, for the community. Um, you know, just again, I, I think people, I think it's lost on people. You hear, yes, we've got a lot of homeless veterans, but then that's kind of that, it's a fleeting thought. And when you see somebody on the street, maybe pushing a shopping cart and, you know, and I, and you hear people, oh, there's, we don't have as many homeless people. Oh, it's, it's worse than ever. It's worse than ever. I'm, I'm seeing um, homeless people and you wonder, are they mentally ill? Are they veterans? Have they, been, you know, have they suffered some kind of, you know, post-traumatic stress um, issued? Have they suffered from a traumatic brain injury? You know, and you, you look at, you look at those people and I think, my goodness, is that somebody who, who went to war for me and now they're pushing around a shopping cart with the few belongings they have in, in a garb, in a, in a grocery bag so Ken's group, Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas, helps those people. And so if you know somebody who's in a situation like, like was, what Ken talked about, <clears throat> a lot of times, and God bless the families, it, it's just it's too much. It's too much because you have to have professional intervention and you have to have people like like Ken's organization who know what they're doing. So if you know a family who has a veteran who has somebody who served in the military and they're they're at the end of their rope, then Get in touch with Ken. Um, and Ken, do you have a, a phone number you could give out? Because um, we've got we've got your link everywhere. But um, you know, um, do you have a phone number that, or can just people go to your website? What's the easiest way to get in touch with you, and the quickest way? And what happens if it's after hours? I mean, do y'all have people who can help? Um, you know, answer calls or answer calls of distress on the weekend, or you know, at night or on the holidays, especially we've so, got the holidays Kathy, coming me, up. Let me jump into that yeah. real fast. If it's after hours, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm we're we're pushing this across the state, two one one, okay, two one one, okay, twenty four seven. Okay. Those phone lines are operated, um, and that is veteran or non-veteran, um, but it's the phone number we're trying to push. If you've got a suicidal veteran, two one one, okay, they will get someone the help that they need immediately. Okay. It's too difficult to remember. A long 800 number, but 211. But I'll let Ken handle the question, um, answer the rest of the question. Uh, yes, uh, our phone number here is 214 372 ring now, uh, 8822. And uh, my email is ken at org, And, I, and I'm, I'm by the phone 24-7. Um, our phone is answered uh, probably to five o'clock every day, but we do have a number outside that if it's an emergency, you can call us. We'll, we'll answer the phone. Um, we do have a lot of walk-ins. 
And we do have a lot of families that's uh, uh, wanting to drop their veterans off here, see how we can help them. There's still a lot of issues. You know what, what upsets me more than anything about the count, about the, the count of homeless is, is what they call zero uh, function. And what that means is, is that you can have uh, 3,000 veterans sleeping on the streets, but the government says that they have beds for that 3,000. So that's what they call zero function. In other words, they have the beds, but they're not doing anything to really to get them into there. So that's that's really one part that really upsets me is that that they call it zero. And just like right now, they said they only had like 300 veterans that, that's homeless here in Dallas. That is not a good count. That's not true. I, that's not, no. we know, we know that's not true. So, and one thing I want to, I want to use a little bit of confusion to talk about homeless veterans. Oh, oh services no, Ken, help me. <laughs> uh, homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, and it's also co titled the Veteran Resource Center. The center is not limited to homeless veterans. It's actually a resource center for all veterans. And Ken, talk a little bit about, because uh, I know um, um, Mingo Garcia, who's one of my favorite veterans in the city, is co-located co co down there. Talk a little bit about the Veteran Resource Center and that you are a center for all veterans. That's true. You know, half the building is for the Navy veterans, and the other half is for veterans that's the uh, um, needs, needs any kind of services. We partner with different organizations. We don't charge them nothing at all. Uh, we do screen them, make sure that they provide a, a good service for our veterans. Uh, you got Domingo, he's with Fear to Fear. You know, Charlene John, she's with uh, Stop One. We got VR Small, you know, she's with the Women uh, Veterans Help uh, Start Women in, in, in Jobs, I mean, excuse me, in Business. Uh, she's part of our organization. Um, but we do offer office space. They can come, come in here, file claims, or just, uh, you know, we have a computer lab here. We're fixing. In fact, that's, that's one of our biggest needs right now is that because of pandemic, we had to shut our computers all down, and now that they're all outdated, so we, we need to get some new computers to uh, open our lab back up. That's been a, a big uh, cry from our veterans is, is that they like to be able to reach back home and check their emails and also get jobs. Um, we're looking to put somebody in here right now to help our veterans get jobs. We have a lot of calls for that. And, um, um, and you know, they won't, they just want a chance of, of doing something. Not everybody wants just a handout. But, you know, we do uh, offer offices for organizations that can uh, provide good service to veterans. Yeah, well, Chuck, you opened up you opened up something a while ago. I think you need to finish up. You talked about General Kerry. Won't you tell everybody a story about the Tootsie Roll? Uh, oh no. <laughs> I'm not sure I know the Tootsie Roll oh, story. Oh, Ken, please you tell the story. Yeah, tell the story. Oh, I've got to hear this. Yeah. I'm not sure I know this one. <laughs> well, they there was in the uh in, you know in in the um uh, reservoir getting overrun and, and uh and they were getting it was everything was frozen and cold and and they were running out of ammo and and this is this is a true story too uh i've heard it several times and when i was in quantico i've seen the documentation on it so somehow or another they they sent a message back to 
uh, Speyside needing the, they needed Tootsie Rose. Tootsie Rose was a code word for ammo. Some clerk got a hold of that and and they got a hold of Tootsie Rose and uh, so they dropped a whole load of Tootsie Rose to all the uh, Marines out there fighting. And quite frankly, they said it was it was really odd, cause, but they had they were short of food too. And what they had to do to be able to eat the Tootsie Rose, you imagine like, a Tootsie Rose that was cold, frozen, they had to put them under, under armpits and get them thawed out. But um, when we went to build the, the monument in, in Washington, D.C. for the chosen few, the main donor was Tootsie Rose. Very and, nice. Uh, but Very that nice. was a true story. They, somebody, it was a cold word, and they needed Tootsie Rose. Actually, they didn't need the ammo. But somebody in the rear sent Tootsie Rose to them. So. Ah, typical. Some clerk didn't get the message. Uh, and I should, I should point this out. Uh, the, the strange uh, confluence of events that happened to be the coldest winter in Korea in Korean history, in recorded history, which I think only goes back about 200 years that they were actually keeping track of the temperatures. But it was a miserable, bitter cold winter. Um, and, and, and the cold was as big a threat as the Chinese were. The Chinese had sent 10 divisions across the Yalu River, and they snuck them in. And in one of, you know, everybody loves to praise General MacArthur, but in one of his biggest intelligence snafus in his career, he ignored the report that the Chinese had come in in strength. And basically what happened is they had three and a half Chinese divisions surround the Marine First Division at the Chosen Reservoir, and their goal was to wipe out the Marines because their, the Chinese belief was if they took out the Marines, the Army would turn and cut bait and run, which there's probably not a lot of truth to that. Um, but um, that was, that was kind of their thinking. They had every intention of wiping out the Marines, uh, and the Marines had to go out through Hell's Highway, which was a fairly narrow road, leading from the Chosen Reservoir to it's Wosan, I think is how you pronounce it, it's W-O-S-A-N, which was a city that's on the North Korean coast uh, for us to be evacuated back down into South Korea. And that was kind of the beginning of the end of the um, effectively stalemate, which uh, goes on to this day uh, at the 38th parallel. So we've got... Kathy's nodding. Oh, oh I'm okay. sorry. Oh, yeah, we've got Tristan coming on next. Oh, okay. Tristan um, is uh, our next guest. But um, so Ken, uh, we're going to try to bring you back after yeah, we, lunch. Yeah, we'd Tell like this to have again. Ken, Ken back on. And, and again, um, go to hvsd.org. Um, right away when you go to their website, it pops up. Donate now. You can donate. And what we are encouraging you to do here, um, here at VentureX and here at um, JP Kathy and the crew and Kilroy's conversation is to please make this a monthly donation, even if it's $5. And again, just don't get a fancy cup of coffee one day. Then that is going to help. And Ken and his organization will make sure that, again, that homeless veterans have an opportunity to shower, to wash their clothes. And again, you just, I mean, you just heard Ken tell a story about a woman 
who who was on the verge of suicide. And that's another thing, you yep. know, we'll talk about that as the day goes on. Too many of our men and women who have worn worn their military garb out on the battlefield for us come back and take their own lives. And that's not acceptable. Y'all, this is the United States of America. That's not okay. Donate to Ken's organization, to Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, and they will make sure to slow those numbers down, if not stop them. And not to go political, but we have no business paying somebody who's here illegally a half a million dollars. When uh, I already promised we wouldn't go political today. Tune back in tomorrow, though. We will be political. Um, but, you know, again, this is one of those things that we have got – we we need the nonprofit world and we need people like members of the crew who are listening today, who are watching this today, please donate because this is an organization that will help a veteran directly. There's no fancy money going off anywhere. This money is going straight to help homeless veterans. God bless you, Ken, for what you do and allowing us to partner with you today and donate to your organization. Absolute pleasure getting to know Oh, Ken. yeah. Go yes. Ahead. Yes, sir. Before you leave, I like you see a face for a veteran. This is a female veteran that uh, we hired her. She's working on her front desk. Won't take me a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I love his don't give up sign. She's an Army veteran. Uh, uh, she was she was staying at the Salvation Army. Yeah. And and she's in my boardroom. She's coming in here right now. Just just give me a face of, of a female veteran. And just, oh, just fantastic. You know, you see you see all the old people on the street. Uh, you know, there's young ones out there too. Yeah. And too many. So. Okay, evidently she, she's still tied up in the boardroom. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll try to have her on for the next uh, Yeah, segment. I was going to say, the next oh. segment, can you have her on? And then I love your sign that says, don't give up. And I, I think that's something, uh, you know, as we're raising money today, we're not going to give up. We're going to get some money in your coffers so you can keep doing the good work you're doing. And again, God bless you uh, for your service and for, for your continued service in the community and for helping out. We really appreciate you. Now, the one this thing. Is, uh, oh, here oh, she here is. This is. Yay. Megan. She's an army veteran. Oh, okay. Squat, squat yeah, come, down, come squat down a little bit. You're blocked by the. Uh... Hey, I, 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 she's got a gold, a gold spoon. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hear Ken in here dogging the Air Force all the time. <laughs> uh, there's her smiling face. Oh well, thank you so much for your service. We appreciate you. Thank you for your service, and God bless you. Thank you. Thank we you. we wish you all the best, and um, we look forward to meeting you sometime in the near future. Thank you. Likewise. All right. God bless okay. you. Thank you. Okay. See, that's awesome. Now, Ken, if you know marketing, you're a nice-looking guy, but she's got a beautiful face. We should have put her on at the beginning. There's a reason why the camera is on Kathy three times as much as it's on me. Ugly guys don't sell. Pretty girls sell. So when we when we bring you back, Ken, this afternoon, make sure you've got her waving in the camera hey, right off the bat. One thing I want to leave before Ken hops off, and we're going to jump over. We're going to talk to Tristan, who's another amazing veteran. Um, Ken has never taken salary um, from Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas. Oh, None Ken, of us are doing you. this to make money. Mm. Uh, this is our passion. This is our calling. Um, we do other things to make money. 
but this isn't it. So not, you know, there, there is some money that goes out for salary for certain staffers and things of that nature that has to go on, but none of it is going to us. We are not Wounded Warrior Project. Oh, sorry, did I let that slip oh, out? Oh, my God. Yeah, I can always count on Chuck to be politically incorrect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that, I think that is a good point. Again, this this money is not going to anybody who's already got a job. This money yep. is helping homeless veterans, period, end of yep. sentence. So if you want your five, you know, dollars $5,000 donation to have the most impact it can, this is an organization. This is an organization to donate to. So God bless you, Ken. We'll see you a little bit later today. Thanks, bro. I want to show you one little shot for you, lady. I'll take my camera and show you right over here. Uh, there you go. There Good looking is, Marine uh, Corps flag. The love it. That's it. Love it. And I love the cross and I love the American flag. That's awesome. Ah, uh, there uh, we go. Ah, yes. Wow. Wow. So that is signed. By Iwo Jima veterans. Mm. It's a very, very cool fly. It is. Wow. Thank you, Kathy. We appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. We appreciate you. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you a little bit later today. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And then we've got uh, Tristan is going to be coming on. And then, uh, Nathaniel, are you stopping and starting accordingly? Okay. Of course, and we've got... Nathaniel and Cade, who are producing the show, co-producing the show today, and um, yeah, I gotta say, we though, we've got to get them. better help. These guys, you can't get a word in edgewise with them on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, they're good. They're like, oh, oh, we've got talkers in studio today. <laughs> yeah. We we do we do like to talk, but we've got a great it's a great thing to talk about today. It's Veterans Day. This is our second annual JP Kathy and the Crew Veterans Telethon. Um, this year, we are raising money for the homeless veterans. Veterans Services of Dallas. You can go to HV, let me make sure I've got this right, HVSD.org pops up immediately a donate screen go to that and we're encouraging not not just to donate today now if you're doing like a five thousand dollar donation oh one time we'll take it but if you're doing a smaller donation please make it monthly please make that it monthly awesome. um again this this money goes to such a great cause and um you know we just we're so we're so honored to be able to celebrate veterans and thank veterans today and we should be doing that every day but we're going to make sure at least we do it on Veterans Day. So Tristan, who is and Tristan, um, do we uh, Nathaniel, do we have Tristan on Zoom or phone? We should. Cool. Okay, and that's and if, and if we can only do audio, we'll we'll take Tristan however we can we can get him. Hey, there he there is. You oh, got, there you are, Tristan. You got picture. I, I warned you. No, I love it. I love it, and I love the beard. Okay, Tristan, how do I say your last name? I want to make sure I don't I don't um, mispronounce it. So it's Viserys. I would have messed that up. Okay. So and I wouldn't have even tried. <laughs> there you go. I told people that for 15 years in the military, and they still messed it up. <laughs> okay. So Tristan Viserys, who who is is a military veteran who served in the Navy. Thank you so much for your service, and thanks so much for zooming in and hanging out with us today on our Veterans Telethon. No problem. Thanks for letting me serve. See, and I, hey, and I love that. You know, so, and he yeah. and I were texting earlier this morning, and I said, you know, since it's Veterans Day, I wanted to say thank you for your service, and that's exactly what he replied back to me with is thank you for letting me serve. And I just, you know, I just I continue to be moved um, by the humbleness of the veterans in America. You know, you you tell someone thank you, and they're like, oh, it's my pleasure. It's It's been an honor. 
you know, we need more of that. We need more of that in society. We do. That's true. Hey, Tristan, uh, two things. Yeah. Tell us what you did in the Navy. And then I know every Swabby out there has got a sea story. What's your favorite sea story? Share that with us right quick to kind of kick this off. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> okay, and remember, let's let's it can go R, but let's keep it away from X. <laughs> yeah, it can't be no, X. No, no. We're so, family show. <laughs> I have so many to choose from, but let me explain this. So I am not a special guy. We did irregular stuff, but I will leave all the crazy stuff to my brothers, the SEALs and the Rangers and everybody. So I was a riverine. I don't jump out of airplanes, but we rode assault craft laden down with more munitions than, than most countries get. And we ran the rivers and we took it, we owned it, we patrolled it, or we absolutely destroyed it. And so 750 riverines in the entire Navy, they're the guys that uh, actually have part of our history as the Blackwater Berets. We started from Vietnam and we were the modern day variant. So that's what I did. We ran the rivers in Iraq, the Tigris and the Euphrates. Very cool. Uh, and I didn't realize that that's amazing. I flew, I was a helicopter pilot, um, but one of my instructors, and it, it's kind of a long story, the kind you and I can share over a cocktail, uh, but he was with Hal One in Vietnam and Hal One was the Huey gunships that flew top cover for the riverines in the Mekong Delta. So part of a little bit of uh, your history. Uh, and the one part of that I will share, I got to meet his grandparents, starting with the second class at the Naval Academy, their family had had at least one member attend um, every generation. Kind of a cool Naval Academy story. But we're, so you were talking about the Euphrates River. There's got to be a couple of good stories in there. You know, I so I would like to give you one of those those cool stories. I mean, it's amazing and awesome running the river, you know, at night under nods and pulling off a perfect mission. Um, I can give you those, but I actually want to give you one that's going to hit you and hopefully a lot of the people that are listening a lot closer. Um, if you if you've got five minutes, sure. The show is yours. So, all right, that might so have been a mistake. <laughs> I had an amazing career. Um, 20 years, but I took some bumps and some bruises. Uh, they looked at my brain and they said, Hey man, you've got problems. So I've been maybe been blown up a couple times, uh, have definitely taken some hard hits. I was medically retired. They said, you can't do this anymore. And I mean, it felt like my life was over. Um, it was really, really a dark time for me. I was given, uh, I was actually taken to a guy who was an advocate who helped me. And he said, listen, let me explain all of this. Because of Rich's work, not only did I did I come out on the other side better, but I also, for five years after that, I joined an organization taking care of my brothers, the elite, making sure that they got what they needed. And um, taking a break, I've got to focus on my own little three men. But one of the greatest blessings in the world that I was absolutely terrified that I'd like to tell you about um, Rich forever was like, you need to go on a retreat, just go do something. And I said, no, I said, I have, uh, you know, I have my arms, I have my legs, I have my skin, I have my eyeballs. My brothers have, some of them have none of those. I'm not going to take someone else's place. And so he just left me alone. Well, finally it came to the point of like, you're going to go do this or we're not friends anymore. And he was going to stick to his guns. 
And so I said, fine, I choose one. It's the shortest one. I do it once. You leave me alone forever. Agreed. So this was when we were going to go to Las Vegas, and this is right before the shooting happened. Um, I told my wife, and I said, hey, hon, I, there's no way I can do this without you. Like, I am, I don't do crowds. I don't do lots of noises. That's just not me. But, I, you know, I got to go. Well, they called us, and they said, hey, the shooting has happened in Vegas. They might call this whole thing off. And I turned around, and I said, oh, my, thank God. Um, but they didn't. And Vegas poured out its heart for us. Um, we got there in airplanes. We had police escorts. And I mean, we ran every red light. It was amazing to red carpets where we walked. And, you know, some of us uh, humbled, you know, we, we, we walked a little bit slower than everyone else. But for a quarter mile, well, people cheered for us. I got to meet Gary Sinise. I got to meet Chris Angel. I mean, it just, it completely overwhelms you. And I was just like, I don't deserve any of this. One of the guys that I was paired with, um, he had his leg taken off in Iraq. And we were in the same area at the same time. And so they paired me with him because memory's not my strong suit. And I told him, I said, hey, bro, I'm so glad you're here. You know, I feel kind of uh, out of place, like I don't belong here. And he just looked at me and he said, hey, man, you're stupid. And I looked at him and I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, dude, he goes, yes, it sucks that I lost my leg. He goes, but I know where my car is every day. He's like, I can remember, you know, six sentences in a row. I can remember numbers past seven. He's like, everybody deals with, with things in their own way. You know, that's, that's really dumb thinking. And I mean, completely knocked me down a peg. And I was like, holy, I've been looking at this all wrong. And that's the message that I'd like to tell to people. You know, this veteran say, it's always the same thing. Hey, thank you for your service. Well, um, I think that we've been thanked. Continue to take the thanks, but earn it back. Mm. Vietnam, we completely mistreated, dishonored those people, and, and my Korean War veterans too. And instead of turning around like they should have, they said, okay, not on my watch. This will never happen again. And people like me and tons of others came into airports when we returned and we were greeted like heroes. Those people who were spit on and betrayed and dishonored and did everything that their country asked, instead of just being scorned, they turned around and they made it better for us. So this Veterans Day, when somebody shakes your hand and says, thank you, go find a Vietnam veteran and say, thank you. Thank you for showing us how to do it with class, how to do it with style. You set the perfect example for everybody, even when you shouldn't have. That's really all I got for you guys. Happy Veterans Day. Mm. What a powerful story. Thank you. Tristan, that, that was huge. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. And I and I think we do need we do need to remember that's you know, we had talked with Ken about this a little bit earlier, Tristan, and that was that um it, you know, we we've kind of lost a generation on people understanding how important it is to serve your country and, and what pride that people should take in that. Um and I think, you know, and somebody my age, you know, I, I remember the stories of Vietnam. You know, I've got a dear, dear friend of mine, Roger Mullen. He talks about how um, he and his um, his platoon survived 12 weeks in the swamps, literally living in the swamps of Vietnam. Um, every single one of one of them made it back miraculously. And, you know, that's a that's a miracle in and of itself. They got off of a plane 
back here in America and a protester threw a Coke can at one of his best friends and he ultimately died of a, a traumatic brain injury. Not in war, but doggone it, stepping back on American soil. And we can never, ever, ever, ever let that kind of thing happen again. That's why I was, you know, so proud. Like, you know, when, and I, and I took my kids when they were young, we would go back and the, um, the you know, veterans coming back and, and, and my goodness, I, they look like kids. They look like kids. You know, we would go with Congressman Sam yep. Johnson and Congressman Ralph Hall, and we would welcome home returning soldiers. Um, I remember that there was a soldier that came back, and she had a teddy bear sticking out of her backpack, and she didn't look much older than yep. either one of my kids. And um, but they 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 came to thunderous applause, and people getting up at four in the morning to welcome them back, and that's the way it should be. Um, and you're right. I, I, I think um, I think sometimes it is hard to look at a different pers- from a different perspective, especially when you come back with some type of traumatic injury. Um, th- thank you for your inspiration. Just uh, we really appreciate you. And thank you so much for being on the show and and helping us raise awareness for veterans and he- helping us raise money for the Dallas uh, Veterans uh, Services uh, today. So we really appreciate you, Tristan. I promise by the end of the show, no, you'll be able to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's my pleasure. It's, and the thing is simple. You know, if, if you're happy and you're comfortable and life is perfect for you, then this podcast or this show is not for you. Right. But if you have some things that you need to work on or if you know someone that needs to, to be better, the only way that we're going to figure those things out is with each other. And, and that's the truth. The things that you care about, people will invest their times in. And when people show up and they continue to do these things, it shows. That's true. That's true. Wow. Uh, what, what a powerful message. So, well, happy Veterans Day. Um, to all my brothers and sisters out there, keep rocking it. Uh, this is Orphan signing out. Hey, right. thank you so much, thank Tristan, you, for being on. That was awesome. Great to know you. Absolutely awesome. Wow. Uh, that's that's we, powerful stuff. We got America. Oh, love it. I, what, what a great guy. And see, you know, I just... Um, I, I think to hear his message, and, and again, you know, a, a, each veteran has a different story to tell, has a different message, and I think that is so, um, I think it's so important that they have platforms from which to speak. So if you've got, you know, a radio show, if you've got a podcast, if you've got so access to social media, and I, and I love it, you know, I'm sitting here looking at Facebook, um, you know, every so often, and people are flooding Facebook with pictures of family members or themselves when they served. And, and Chuck, I just think, I think that's so important that we, that we make sure that if, if the, if the media is not going to put stuff out there that, you know what, you take that responsibility yourself and you put, you put it out there, you put it, even if it's just, thank you to our veterans, anything, I think everybody, you know, young and old and everybody in between. And if you served or if you didn't serve, you need, you need to recognize your vet, our veterans Absolutely. today. And I, and I think, you know, when we, in our country, when we have a time when morale is so low, when my goodness, we just had, and again, not speaking politically, but we can't speak today without talking about Afghanistan and the, the soldiers who were just, kids that we lost there um 
you, Most of them were Marines. Uh, we've got, yeah. I, it, I understand. Uh, Kathy yeah. doesn't quite understand uh, the difference. Yeah, I do. No, I do. I do. But I'm going to let you recognize that because yeah. I, I did not serve. But, I did not there, wear the there uniform. Were, there were you soldiers did. involved. And, and were, they were, you know, I think the average age was 23 or something. Oh, I'm surprised it's that old. Horrible. I think there was like one 30 something year old that, yeah. that, that, that it, it is a reason that the, the average age uh, killed was, was 23. So you've got so many people in America where morale is low and people are upset and people feel out of control. You know what you can do today? You can thank a veteran. You can help donate. Go to hvsd.org um, and literally you can donate right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm, I need to just look up at the screen and read it each time. But, you know, it's one of those things. You can make a difference. You've got oh, a chance to I make a difference. You, I'm teasing you about that. Even though I run the HVSD Arlie Army Golf Tournament, it took me years before it would roll <laughs> off my tongue. Go. I had to stop and think or to picture the logo. And that's, I knew there was something wrong with our logo. We don't have the HBSD logo on it. Um, but that's okay. Um, go to HVSD.org. Check out the website. Um, there's a donate button on it. Uh, obviously, we're doing a telethon and trying to raise money today. Uh, so that's kind of our mission. But there are so many incredible organizations that are supporting our veterans. Um, there are so many ways to reach out and support the veteran community. Um, and I, I'm going to I'm going to go a little bit political. So if you want to know who your representatives are in the state of Texas, it's very simple, very easy website to find. Who represents and it will tell you who all your elected officials are. And let them know. Send them a note and say, you know what? I want to see your record on veterans. And in the next two years, we're actually going to have, um, working with our friend Matt Foster, uh, my buddy Jim Darwin, and a few others mm -hmm. who are kind of politically involved, you're going to start to see evaluations. You got service members or the families that want Oh, oh, Andrew's about to pop in. Oh, Andrew, oh, what, yeah. It, oh, what, yeah, yeah. Is it? Is he? Is he at the oh, turn? Wait. Oh, He's Andrew, at the turn. wait a second. Andrew, are, are you pulling yourself away from the beer cart at the golf course today? I, I am pulling myself away from the beer cart, <laughs> but I'm doing that for one main reason. I'm with. Can you guys see me? Or am I visual or only? Uh, we can't see you. Yet. Oh, oh Lord, no! We're not putting well, your we face know, on the screen. We know we do want to see him. <laughs> hey, we want to see I, you, I, Andrew. Going a little bit. <laughs> Kathy's not there. Well, anyways, with me right now, I've got Command Sergeant Major Thomas Capel over here oh, with yes. Troop First. Over here, we're at Bent Tree Country Club doing our annual fundraiser for veterans and other nonprofit area. Command Sergeant Major, you tell some of our listeners over here a little bit about. What you guys do can we get and hold on one second, Andrew? Can we get some? Because we want to put you on the screen. Do we have video for him? Uh, I got video. If you allow me video, I can do video. There we are. Look at us. Ah, oh, there you are, guys. <laughs> okay. Command Sergeant Major, take take the phone away Happy from him Veterans so we can keep Day. him off the. Uh, we don't care. We don't care about the guys <laughs> who are supposed to be working that are out playing golf, but we care about you. Yeah, we He's having fun out here, and I tell you, it's a great honor to be here with uh, Wright, Andrew Wright, and uh, having some fun here. But before we get started talking, I'd like to wish all your listeners a happy Veterans Day, and I hope them the best whatever they do. It's because of them the reason why we're sitting here having our freedom today, doing the things we love to do, and being on the golf, golf course, 
and I, I I'm gonna try to stay away from the beer cart. <laughs> but I work with Fred and Two Birds Foundation, and uh, we have four districts. We build houses up in Riverdale, Maryland. We got seven houses with veterans staying in there. Those veterans can stay up there for two years. And the only thing they have to pay is the uh, light bill, water bill. Uh, we got a service dog program. We call it 24-7 Ballot Buddy. Those service dogs are trained in the area of protection, service, and comfort. So uh, anything we need our dogs to do is pick up stuff, uh, provide space and protection for our personnel, or just to lay down to, to have a comfort person around, uh, not around them. That's what we do. Uh, we have uh, a program that kind of went away. It's where we used to take our veterans back to Afghanistan, the thing we call Operation Prop X. Operation Prop X will provide guys and girls who uh, was in Afghanistan. They got slowed up, got put in medical-induced comas, returned back to the States, either Germany or Walter Reed or uh, San Antonio. Uh, if we, it allows them to go back to the battlefield and return on their own and have memory of coming back like they did, like we carried them. And the last one is uh, Warrior Call. That's our suicide prevention program. Uh, we have 22 suicides a day, and that's too many for our veterans. We're trying to get that number down as low as we can, but we need all the help we can get to help do that. 22 suicides a day between active duty and veterans is way too many, and I know we can do better. But I want to say once again, it's an absolute honor to be on here and being able to engage on this trio to talk to the veterans and make sure that they're aware of what we need to do. On the 21st of November, it's already been approved through legislation that we'll do a national warrior call stand down day. And I ask all your listeners to pick up the phone and call those Dallas buddies, the guys and girls that was in the foxhole with them, the guys and girls they served with, the guys and girls they protected on the battlefield. Let's do the same thing back here in the United States. And thank you all for all you do and protecting our freedom and taking care of us. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, anybody myself, this, this is the man right here. Yeah. I, I was about our fourth general oh, and it never gets old. He is a true American patriot. What he does for the veterans, for the community, for the folks around here, and the organization is first class. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I did not mention where I am right now. I'm going to turn the camera around. You can see this over here is the Ben Free Country Club, them and the great folks over at Meridale Country Club sponsors event every year for our great veterans in the North Texas area, and it is a first-class event. Them, their members, um, it's outstanding. I wish I was in the studio with you all, but you want to what? when I get to be out here and the field with the troops playing a little bit of golf, and I emphasize words playing a little, not a lot, because Sergeant Major knows the way I hit the ball, you know, especially after going to the uh, beer car. It doesn't always go straight, so but we will have fun. We will have a lot of fun today. Oh, all right. Well, Andrew, we we miss you, but we know you're out there. Well, should we say working hard or hardly no, working? Hardly working. No, okay. We had work to we do still today. Love you. We bailed to play golf. <laughs> you know, Chuck is recovering from uh, Marine Corps birth and all that crayon he yesterday. <laughs> Oh, I love you guys. Y'all are so, you know, here's the thing. Besides thanking veterans for their service to our country and just um, God, God bless everyone who has ever put on a uniform and represented the the greatest nation on God's green earth. But you know what? Y'all are just fun to hang around with. I suggest doing volunteer work with veterans organizations 
because you don't have there's I mean everybody's busting everybody's chops everybody's having a cold brew it's a good time it's just a good time <laughs> absolutely it is a great time to be a veteran and serve this great nation we have done it for you know, interview yeah yeah Thank, you know I guess we have another <laughs> great veteran out here this is my good buddy over here, Jason Lee. What is up, my people? Happy yeah. Veterans Day. Hey, now, happy Veterans guy, Day. I, I kind of call him. He's, a, he's my inspiration, especially in the golf course. One of my heroes. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't say it to him, but I've got the absolute world of respect for this man, what he does, things he's done, bringing me from where I first started off in the uh, veteran community in the DFW area. He doesn't realize how much he inspired me to do things I do. And you do do that for me, Jason. No, I and it, I appreciate it. And he's a great man, uh, great American, great veteran. So we're out here. These are just some of the things we're going to be doing today. I will be calling in throughout the day to talk about other veterans that we've got out here. I've got Patrick Martin out there. You see, that's the love veterans have over here. And another great veteran, I've got Patrick Martin with Microsoft. So this is the kind of brotherhood and camaraderie we have here in the veteran community. You don't get it in any other uh, sense, but inside the uh, fabric of our nation with the flag behind us, and all the great activities troops do. It's a great time to be an American, even a better time to be a veteran. So, Chuck, I'm going to let you roll with it because I see the beer cart lady getting ready to take off. I'm going to catch her before she leaves. So, um, no comment. I will call her a little bit later on, and you guys have a great day, all right? We love you, Andrew. Have a good love one. Love you guys, too. You, too. Bye now. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment with with uh, especially when Andrew and Chuck are involved. And and again, um, we're today we're um, out here um, raising money. Our second annual uh, JP Kathy and the Crew Veterans Day Telethon, and. If you want to make a difference, we're asking today that you donate money to HVSD.org. That's the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas. And um, they will they will get this money to the right folks. They will help people. Um, like Chuck and Ken were saying earlier, um, they, they don't take a salary. They do this. Um, out of their love of country and their love of their fellow veterans. So we're asking today, even if you make a five or a 10, maybe a $25 donation, make it monthly. Boy, talk about make not getting monthly. a salary. I can't even get a golf shirt. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I think- What is Ken, wrong with I think, this picture? I think within 24 hours, Ken is going to have you a golf shirt. <laughs> oh, all right. So do you want to talk a little bit about, um, we've got several other veterans who are coming in today and we'll be Zooming in. Um, we mentioned uh, flat, uh, Rees Across America. Do you want to talk a little bit about that right now, Chuck, and um, and, and let people know, and, and we need to put, as a matter of fact, if, Nathaniel, if you can put the, um, uh, the link up on our screen for Reads Across America. And if you want to, you can just go to DFWreads, so go. two Ws, dot com. Um, or you can go to our Facebook page, which is the same name. Um, in fact, yeah, I was actually pulling this up um, real quick so I can see kind of where we are. We are also raising uh, raising wreaths. So I have hit 55% of my personal goal. Love it. Um, that we've only got three weeks left before the deadline. Uh, and I know that the... So there are, let's talk about the National Cemetery at DFW. Uh, there's over 45,000 veterans interned there now. Um, and it is growing. They do, I'll have to ask Ken, I think he's got the, the numbers. Uh, 
But um, and you can see the uh, our website, as I said, it's DFW Reads, is the Facebook page and uh, oh, our Facebook go. page. We are running with Mary Bush, and she is an amazing story. She was on our committee to build a Gold Star Family Monument in Frisco, and we'll talk about that uh, this afternoon a little bit. But she is the one who actually. Now Ken talked about him being part of creating the DFW National Cemetery, uh, which is much needed here. And I do have to say this. This is one of the prettiest spots in Dallas. Um, and if you've ever been down into the Oak Cliff area, it's this south of the Trinity River, rolling hills, although I think the DFW National Cemetery is actually north of the Trinity River. Um, I'm kind of trying to visualize that because it's a little bit uh, towards the west side. Um, it's the mountain. It's it's right off Mountain Creek Drive. It's out by the old NAS uh, uh, Dallas airfield that's now used by our reserves. And it is the foothills of Dallas Baptist University. And I was on the SMU campus last night for the PenFed um, veteran uh, pitch meetings, which were phenomenal. Um, and the lady who won, uh, what a great niche she has. She designs women. I mean, designs clothing. Excuse me, she designs women. Designs, she women. designs women. That's a whole other topic Sorry. for a whole other day. Freudian slip there. <laughs> yeah. um, Somebody get Chuck some more coffee. <laughs> yeah, really, I need more coffee. Um, for women five, nine and up. And oh. I thought, oh, my gosh. What a brilliant, and I mean, you walk in, you think it's a women's basketball team, and a lot of them are. They that is brilliant. a huge number of WNBA basketball yeah. players as clients. Uh, but that's who she caters to, and oh, I was like, genius. brilliant. Yeah, genius. You have found a niche that is incredibly underserved, and you go and her plan is to go narrow and deep with it. But anyway, I'm on the SMU campus, and it's an extremely pretty campus. But if you've ever been, or, or if you have never been to the Dallas Baptist University campus, one of the prettiest small college campuses uh, I've ever been on. And in the hills that fall away from DBU uh, is the DFW National Cemetery. I don't think they could have found a better location. And it is amazing how many funerals we are having. The veterans in the DFW area, um, it's one of the largest concentrations, not just in the state. It is the largest concentration of veterans in the state. And that surprised me coming, uh, going to high school and college in San Antonio. Yeah. But one of the largest in the nation. Um, so it's an absolutely beautiful cemetery. Mary, uh, it's Mary Corsi Bush, and her son was Peter Corsi, who we honor with a, with a road and a building in, in Frisco. We lost him in the global war on terror. Uh, and he is interned in the prettiest section uh, there, it sits at the highest point and overlooks the rest of the cemetery. Uh, and she put together the Reads Across America program. So, as your listeners are starting to find out, and those from Kilroy's conversation already know, everything with me comes with a story. Yeah. And this is part Sh of wait, the story. Shock. Okay, this is this is breaking news. I'm, I feel like I'm back in my radio days. This is breaking news. Chuck Wright 
has a story to tell. I have a story to tell. Please continue, Chuck. Absolutely. <laughs> I uh, love you, Chuck. <laughs> he knows we, we love busting each other's chops. That's just part part of it when you get Chuck as as a friend. Um, but Chuck, you've got you've got some stories that when I've sat in here and helped produce Kilroy's conversation. They'll bring a tear to your eye. I mean, you, you've you've got some very moving stories and um, and some fun stories and funny stories too. I always try not to be one of those stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we try to keep the stories about Kathy uh, private. Off the air yeah, and, uh, <laughs> don't read anything into that. <laughs> but um, oh. so I got involved um, about ten years ago. I started to get involved. I used to be very very involved in politics. Uh, and quite frankly, as much as it's extremely important and it's as much as it, uh, we've got to have good people get elected, and that's kind of where I focus my work now, it was not very satisfying work. I did not feel fulfilled with it. And I started working with veterans, which eventually led me to meet Ken um, and um, get involved with projects that he was working on uh, but one of the first things I got involved with was the leadership for the Iraq and Afghan veterans of America. Uh, and one of the things that I found as I was working with some people in that organization, they tend to generally lean, let us say opposite of how Kathy and I tend to think. <laughs> um, but they were doing a lot of good. But the one thing I love about working with veterans is we can keep the politics for the most part on the side. Now, IAVA's problem was um, they chose to follow a highly political path, and they basically, for all practical purposes, ruined the organization. Does not have the reach, does not have the impact that it once had, and it's a shame because they were truly building the 21st century model uh, for a veteran service organization. But out of every dark cloud comes silver linings. And the thing that I, I and actually I should go back a step, uh, the first thing I was involved with was an organization here in Frisco. Um, and again, it, it taught me the lesson. It was a great organization and it had a great vision. Um, now I'm not going to go into names or anything like that, but you got, always got to be careful. And anybody who's been in the nonprofit space is going to appreciate this. Uh, unless you're one of them, in which case I don't really care. Uh, Kathy knows where I'm going with this. But one of the things we talked about was Ken does not take a salary. And I certainly yeah. don't take a salary for the work that I do with HVSD. Uh, in fact, I, it's actually where Michelle and I's personal money goes, uh, where we donate every month and why we ask people, you know, hey, become a sustaining supporter. But for those who are doing it either to create a salary or if it's about your ego, Odds are your organization is going to fail. It's going to fail. You have to serve. If you're going to be in the nonprofit world, I don't care what you're doing, veteran, non-veteran, doesn't matter. You have to be serving a cause that is greater than I. And that is Woody Williams' line. Uh, we'll talk about Woody more in a minute, but just an absolute incredible Oh, and American. let's break in. We do have uh, John Albers is in the waiting oh, room. Oh, there he is. So, All right, cool. All right. So... I get to introduce a Marine who I've actually never met in person, but it's very appropriate. I just said Woody Williams. I met John, uh, and I'm going to have him tell the story of Albert Zare. But <coughs> I met John as he flew Woody Williams down um, just before Armed Forces Day this year, where Woody dedicated two 
Gold Star Family Monuments. And then along with uh, the lovely Miss Kathy Ward, who, who led the pledge. Um, and that was an honor. Thank he, you. My he goodness. teed off the uh, Arley Army Golf Tournament. And it's appropriate because she was wearing that same red, white, and blue scarf. I was going to say, it was, it was it. One, of my, one of my political scarves, which I, yeah. which I love to break those out. Um, and, you know, meeting Woody was just literally one of the highlights of my life. And just what an incredible individual. And you Absolutely. would never believe his age in a million years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. We'll talk about Woody here in just a second. But uh, is... Do we have video on John? We have video, audio. Is John able to speak? Oh, here we are. Ah, there's John. There he is. Outstanding stuff. Happy Veterans Day, and thank you so much for your service, sir. Super fine. Happy birthday, brother. Number five, happy birthday. So, John, tell us uh, what you did. Obviously, John's a Marine. Tell us what you did in the Marine Corps, and then share the Albert's Air story. Albert's Air. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, one, thanks for giving me an opportunity to, to chat a little bit with you guys. Thanks for what you're doing for veterans today. It's awesome. Um, the uh, So I spent 24 years in the Corps, retired as a colonel, uh, fortunate enough to do that. Still waiting for the commandant to call and say they made a mistake uh, and demote me. But um, I was an aviator, test pilot uh, guy for the Marine Corps, and, uh, and then at the end helped the Marine Corps by, uh, you know, work with Lockheed and Sikorsky on the 53K and just doing all things aviation. So had a great, uh, great experience, a combat tour in Iraq in 07 uh, with a bunch of great Marines, MAG-29 reinforced. Uh, so very fortunate career. I got to, I'm one of those guys who got to live his boyhood dream. When I was young, I wanted to be a military aviator, and, and I got to do it, and do a lot of great things. So anyway, great, great tour there. Uh, started Albers group when we relocated after retirement to, um, to McKinney about a year after we, uh, moved there, um, worked for Raytown for a little bit. And so we're doing all things aerospace and defense. Cause I'm kind of silly about airplanes, but uh, we had the privilege of, of flying Woody down. I'm on the board of a foundation called state funeral for world war two vets. That's how I got connected with Woody. Um, the mission of that nonprofit is to um, uh, have the last World War II Medal of Honor recipient, when he passes, have a state funeral, recognize the sacrifice of that generation as a um, as basically a spokesperson, if you will. Um, so we've been working with um, with folks to try to get that done. Woody is uh, so anyway. We have a charter company as well. We were able to buy Woody down for the event uh, that, that was uh, referenced there, and just an honor. Um, I wasn't in the cockpit. I'm not qualified in that particular plane we have, but um, great honor. My team was there to greet him and treat him like the hero that he is. Uh, but I love Woody's demeanor, his um, sense of purpose. He is, a, you, as you mentioned, his age. You can't, you can't believe the guy's 90, what, 8, 7, 98, just turned 98. Yeah, he looks, yeah. Like he's, he looks like he's 72. Yep. I mean, he looks like, good night. Guy looks amazing. I'm in my um, mid fifties, John, and he was moving around the golf course easier than me. Like, what vitamins you? do you I'm, take? <laughs> I know I'm right there. This guy was amazing. So I, I love. Uh, he is. Um, he's a great American, of course, um, and a great representation of of what that sacrifice. Um, and he was a ball Marine Corps ball speaker several years ago. I first heard him and was just amazed. So anyway, were, real were you for at, us. Were you at the Collin County Marine Corps League Ball? Uh, not this one uh, here. I'm actually talking to you guys from Minnesota right now. I, it's a longer story we can talk about later, but hockey is a big part of our life. My boys are all ice hockey players. 
Love it. Couple of them go go Dallas Stars. Oh. Go Allen Americans. Come on. <laughs> got to be local. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got some great relationships with some former Allen American players. Uh, I love hockey. But anyway, we can save that for another day. So, um, yeah. The uh, the Woody Williams thing is a great uh, a great piece of our little tiny you know history and story at uh, the Albers Group and Liberty Air, our our charter company. But um, yeah, super fun. So, so what I, else, I, I need what to else go back. Accomplish today. I have a yeah. I have a couple of questions here. First, you own a charter air service, but there's an aircraft you are not rated in. What mag CO <laughs> would allow that to happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah called cost man it's called cost <laughs> uh, um so yeah i still fly actively um a couple of different citation uh type, type ratings and a couple of different citation airplanes and then the, we flew uh woody and our learjet a lear 60 that we have and um uh i just haven't gotten around to it i, I probably will honestly Jeff. <laughs> i probably will i'm uh I'm stupid about airplanes and, and in the other part of that stuff. question you talked about the 53 kilo were you a 53 driver? No, I wasn't. I was a C-130 guy uh, okay. by trade. Uh, um, but, the you know, my experiences in the back half of my career, the Marine Corps recognized um, that some of the skills I had could be applicable there. I was the right guy to fill the job at the right time. We're, we're just a bunch of great Marines and, and civilians that are there trying to get that thing done and, and out. It's doing great work right now for the in operational test for the Marine Corps. And, uh, 53K is going to be a a big game changer for us in the heavy lift, uh, rotary wing space. So. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, so I'm an old 46 driver. Um, uh, yeah. so that's kind of my connection to aviation. And then you'll appreciate this. I'm an air force brat. So I know too. about having wanting to be a pilot in your DNA, um, from a very, very early age, because in the air force yeah. pilots are, and that's like the pinnacle. Um, and yeah. I got to be a pilot yeah. and I, in, in, if I get my pilot buddies with a couple of drinks and them, they all admit it. It's uh, it's cool, but it's not as cool as they make it out to be. And it's like you know, yeah, it's and it's a great thing to do, and it's a lot of fun, and you know, I certainly had a blast with it. Um, you know, but it's uh, there's some airline pilots that have got a little too much ego. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, we want to be we want to be complimentary to people today, so yep. we're not going to talk. Uh, well, I'm not talking about the veterans. About <laughs> no, we're not. We're, <laughs> you know, we're not. We're not speaking ill of any veterans today. <laughs> no, no. Well, hey, aviators, that's what we do. We talk. We bash. We bash oh, yeah. people. It's part of the game. That's uh. what we do. Um, so actually, uh, I had the privilege. Um, so up here in Minnesota, I went to a Marine Corps birthday banquet last night with the Marine Corps League uh, Detachment 1409 in Alexandria, Minnesota, and. Uh, sat next to a Vietnam era Marine 46 guy who knows who flew was in squadron uh, in the flying tigers with general McCorkle, Fred McCorkle, the assassin. Uh, so um, uh, Roy Priggy is his name, the Marines name. He uh, last time he was a ball was 50 years ago. And uh, he was a uh, 46 driver. We had a great time sitting around talking to him. Okay, you're you're and, not going to uh, believe this, but I was a flying tiger. No way. And All we right. are, I'm leaving. Wow. So I'm emceeing our ball on Saturday. Then I'm flying Sunday morning and I will spend just over 24 hours at our uh, reunion. And then I have to be back on Tuesday because I'm speaking at a luncheon. So yeah, awesome. it's uh, yeah, going to we be were, cool. Uh, flying Tigers were next to us. I was a BMGR 152 guy. My okay. first tour in the fleet out in Okinawa. Uh, so Flying Tigers right there next to us. 
Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah, so I was the last cruise that came out of Kaneohe because the Tigers were or ba- were based in Kaneohe. Yeah. I think they're based in Okinawa now. I'm not – I yeah. lost track of it. But we were the last cruise that came out. and So I spent a year of my life uh, deployed aboard Navy ships, and that led to some fun experience and stories too. And I still have to get over to see you – uh, when you're back in McKinney, I actually have a goodie bag for you as a thank you for bringing Woody down um, some stuff from our golf tournament. Um, so give us a little bit. What's the vision of Albers Air now that you've kind of uh, um, transitioned to being what I call one of the veterinary tribes, um, the veteran-owned businesses that are helping make Texas and America great? What's the vision for Albert's Air? And then talk a little bit about your uh, program um, to support our World War II vets. Sure. Um, and again, thanks for the opportunity. You know, you, you basically asked me like, hey, what are you doing to continue the mission and, and Veterans Day? Obviously, today is a day uh, born out of Armistice Day, right? When uh, the great veterans of the, of the past uh, and a lot of those who sacrificed uh, their, their lives uh, got us out of that war and uh, it's turned into a recognition of us, you know, Memorial Day is its own thing, right? Then Veterans Day is for those of us who are still kicking. Um, And it really is a special day. Um, It's an honor to have served like you. I was an Air Force brat, so, you know, got liquored up in that. And and so, so many of us, some people go in for different reasons. Um, One of the things I've become very passionate about is, is the veteran transition piece because um, the military does a fantastic job of taking the American citizen and turning them into um, a, a warrior, right? A Marine, an airman, a soldier, a sailor. Um, what we don't do very well is turning them back into civilians um, and helping them retain the great traits and characteristics that they learned as military members and the things that make them powerful citizens on the other side we, we send them to boot camp. We do all these very highly intensive things to give them identities and their roles in the service. But, and there's a program, but it's not very good. And I've been on the Hill to talk about it a little bit, but um, we don't do that that well. And what has come to my mind, what God has shown me in the last couple of years, we're like foreigners, man. We're like foreigners. We have our own culture, our own lingo, our own dress, our own hairstyles, right? We have all these things that make us like a different people group. And when we come back, we're not very good because we've been so uh, molded and shaped where we struggle as a people group to reintegrate, I think, into society. And we are fortunate that we live in a time where society, uh, the American culture accepts us openly, but I still think there's a barrier there. They don't know, they don't really know what to do. And we're not very good at um, helping our own do that transition. So one of the small ways that we are, um, we at Albers Group are trying to make a difference is um, we have, we down, I'm, I'm a little partial to Texas A&M, haven't been a graduate. Um, we have a guy that I, I um, he's, on, he's a company employee and he spends his time, he's a classmate of mine from Texas A&M, spends his time, all of his work down at the Veteran Resource Center at Texas A&M, helping those veterans. There's 1,400 veterans going to school at Texas A&M and trying to help them in one small way to understand who they are, their talents, their strengths, um, the things that, that they are just naturally um, made to be flavored with their military experience and how they can go back into the civilian sector and just be freaking amazing. And um, 
you know, I got to retire as an 06 and my transition program was supposedly good. My son-in-law is an E5 in the Air Force, TACP guy. Um, and I realized after I retired, I'm like, that, that was a terrible transition. That was just terrible. And, and so I've got to do my part to, um, to try to help make it better. So we're just, you know, it's one small slice, uh, Chuck, that we can, where we can do this. But um, that's what we're really passionate about. And then the World War II, you know, the State Funeral for World War II Vets, that nonprofit, um, Lee McNutt out of Dallas downtown, He's, um, he was the one who founded it and has been really passionate about doing it. And, uh, you know, Woody's, you know, Woody's backing it and uh, Woody's going to be the guy if we can get it done. So, so real quickly, you've mentioned Woody. We've talked about Woody, uh, but we really haven't told the Woody story. Uh, tell our audience, tell our listeners uh, about Woody Williams, who he is, uh, why he's so significant. And, uh, and, and, and we're going to ask everybody to throw up a prayer for him. Uh, he took yeah. a very bad fall. He fractured some bones on his pelvis, fractured a couple yeah. of ribs. Uh, fortunately, they didn't have to replace his hip, uh, but he is still yeah. in the hospital. He is getting better, released a message yesterday, uh, yeah. appropriately yeah. on the Marine Corps birthday. Uh, I claim that Brent pushed him. Brent's his grandson, an 82nd Airborne vet. Um, and that's a joke, by the way. Brent did not push him. <laughs> but oh, we were yeah. talking about we're good. always giving each other a hard time. And Brent is awesome, but please share the Woody Williams story. It'd be great coming from you. Sure. Um, well, so Woody uh, was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions uh, on the island of Iwo Jima. Um, he was a, a, I just drew a blank on the, what we officially called the fireman. Basically, you know, he's blowing flame torch. Um, flame torch. Thank you. Um, what what Woody? Every one of those veterans that went onto that island, which is a very strict. We needed to take that in the battle. Um, it was a strategic location. Um, those guys just faced, I, it's a, just amazing that they did it to me. And, and Woody just, you know, he went and he knocked out pillboxes and, um, and basically uh, laid himself out there um, at the, you know, high probability of loss of life for his uh, fellow Marines to advance uh, the team. And um, obviously, he survived that and was recognized with the Medal of Honor for his actions. Um, so having been on Iwo Jima and walked the island and walked up to the top of Mount Suribachi there where the flag was raised, uh, you just look at that and you're like, holy cow, I can't believe that that those guys just went because there was no place to hide, just no place to hide. And so uh, tremendous. It, it tells you what kind of person Woody is. And then he's demonstrated that in that role. I will say this, the, the Medal of Honor recipients, they are – there is a, a high price put on them, not only for what they did uh, in in, uh, in becoming the recipient of the award, but they now have this prominent role that they've got to live up to, right? And it, that's a challenge. I mean, I, I certainly can't, I can only empathize with it. I can't, I don't know it myself, but Woody has just worn that so well. Um, he's, you know, 20 years younger in his in his act and in, in the way he moves around, Um He's, he's just got a smile on his face. He's about helping make America better. Um, and he does a fantastic job articulating that message. Um, he's an inspiration to, uh, to me personally. Um, and so through, through Lee and, and, um, and that, uh, Lee McNutt and the state World War II um, state funeral piece, that's how I got interested to Woody. And they said, hey, we're trying to find a place, a way to get him down to, uh, to Texas because they don't want to put him on the airplane with the whole COVID thing and everything. And I was like, dude, forget it. I will spend the money. Let's just send a jet up there and get him. And, um, that was, 
it was great. It was great for our team. I had about nine or ten of the folks from the company there when he landed to to uh, to greet him. Uh, one of the pilots was a, a retired Navy officer who was a P3 pilot. Um, so we got him. We got him greeted, and there were some other Marines there in the company that met him. Um, you know, he just got a beaming smile on his face. Um, very kind. Uh, I, I would have uh, assumed that uh, Jason Julian would have been his pilot. He, well, so Julio's not qualified in the Lear either, but he was there when he landed. Ah, um, there we Jason go. Jason was there. Uh, Jason and I go way back. Um, and uh, so Master Sergeant, retired Master Sergeant Tim Garofola was uh, was there. Um, who else that was uh, a Marine? Well, we had Dave Thompson. We had our, our token Army guy there. So it was great. Just a great uh, – and unfortunately, just the way my schedule keeps working out, I'm never there. But it doesn't matter. I, I want other people to enjoy who Woody is. And um, and see that just the vibrant, the, you know, vibrant city throws off. He's a he's a tremendous American, uh, great Marine. He he is incredible. I'm gonna I'm gonna share part of the story, um, and I, uh, to visualize Woody Williams is five foot four. When he first tried to enlist in the Marine Corps, he was turned down. He was too small. And as the war went on, and we got into 1944, the the requirements were reduced. Um, he probably weighed, when he was on Iwo Jima, 120 to 30 pounds. He's about a 140-pound guy, but those guys lost weight like crazy. It was hot. It was miserable. Uh, it is, I've been there. We, in fact, my first operation in the Marine Corps was actually on Iwo Jima. We did a simulated landing on Iwo Jima. It stinks to high heaven of sulfur. It is the tip of a volcano. So Woody is 5'4", 120, 130 pounds. That flamethrower that he slapped on his back, and oh, by the way, he's got to carry a couple satchel, satchel charges too, mm. 75 pounds, more than half of his weight. Uh, mm. Absolutely incredible. He took four riflemen with him. Uh, they had orders, and it was just knockout pillboxes because the pillboxes were blocking the tanks from rolling through. Um, but Woody is America's last surviving World War II Medal of Honor recipient. Um, yep. And I, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, he was with me when we dedicated the Gold Star Family Monument in Frisco. I was honored to lead that uh, with another one of our my Marine Corps League buddies, Noe De Leon, um, and several of our Gold Star family members. Uh, we've talked about Mary Corsi Bush. We were talking about Reese Across America just before you came on. Um, mm. She was one of them. Um, my friend Jennifer Hansen, uh, another Marine mom, Evelyn Holland, uh, Cindy Wagler, and um, I'm missing my uh, – she's in Plano. I'll come back to her name. Um, but she was uh, an absolute dynamo. But So Woody was there for that. Um, I have gotten to know Lee from, um, from Woody and from, uh, from um, the Gold Star Family Monument Project. Friday he came out and did the benediction uh, and was the star, despite the fact that Commandant Neller was there. Woody was certainly the big star to tee off the early Army golf tournament. And then yeah. um, Lee had the sheriff from Ellis County uh, take him down to – I think it was Corsicana, where they dedicated yeah. their Gold Star Family Monument. And then the night yep. before, he had gone back out and basically did a rededication for the Gold Star Monument in, in Frisco. So he was, I mean, excuse me, Keller. Keller, sorry about that. Um, 
So Woody's just, and if you've ever met him, you're instantly one of his best friends. Yeah. Uh, he is Absolutely. the grandfather that everybody wants. Yes. Um, Kathy threatened to leave her husband for him, but that <laughs> went over like a lead balloon. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't, Woody wouldn't let me on the plane. Yeah, it, like, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talk a little bit um, about where you see Albert's Air, Albert's Air going. I know that McKinney is looking to become a full-blown commercial site as opposed to an F, FBO is an FOB, uh, private FBO. air site. Yeah. But what, what do you want to do with Albers Air? So, well, we're, you know, we're building um, more than just uh, the charter company is a subsidiary of ours. We, we do engineering, manufacturing. We fly airplanes, uh, and we have some on some government stuff. We, we got unmanned capability now. I'm really trying to build something special, Chuck, because the the you know the the privilege to continue the mission, if you will, be involved in helping the national security, helping our our warriors out there. Um, having the latter part of my career, seeing how things are done, I want to do things better, cheaper, um, where we can. Just bring real value. That's one of our things. Inspire others, deliver value. That's our vision at the Albers Group. Um, and and I've got a tremendous team uh, of folks. Uh, behind me, we've had great growth. So our vision is to go, to go in that direction and just bring value in, in, in all things aviation, if you will, uh, at, at McKinney, um, you know, we're, we're looking at, we're expanding into the re maintenance repair and overhaul. Uh, there, you know, smart people than I are saying that's where, you know, the Metroplex has grown up that way and that McKinney is going to be the next Addison in 10 years, 12 years. So we're honored to be on the field there. Um, I did it when I, we were a one man band. That's why I tell everybody part of our story. I was a one-man band for three years, just trying to make it go. And uh, so I, I got an office. I told my, my wife, I said, uh, I can't I can't work the house with kids. Blah, blah, blah. This is, kids are obviously grown up now. We still got one at home. But um, so I, I went and got a little shack in a hangar there at the airport because I wanted to open up the door and look at an airplane and just get excited because airplanes do that to me. And uh, that's where it starts. And now we're we're in a big, much bigger hangar and got a bunch of office spaces in there. And, and um you know, just trying to help make a difference for people. And, and, uh, it's fun for me to, to wake up in the morning and, and know I got a great team that I can, um, uh, to try to work with and lead, um, to do, do great things for, for the country. Right. And for our community there, McKinney, um, love that place. My wife's the one that picked it when we retired. So she gets the credit for that. But really we, we work with Congressman, uh, Van Taylor. Uh, I want to be supportive of him and his efforts. He's another great American. Happens to be a Marine. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, John, he's going to be our um, closing guest on the show today. Um, you know, he's okay. a, as a, as a, a Marine, he has done so much as a state representative, a state yeah. senator, and now as a congressman um, to help his yeah. fellow veterans. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him. Yeah, he's our he's our final guest. Yeah, Van is that's fantastic. Yeah, Van's a great uh, great American. I'll text him when uh, we hang up. Tell him not to not to screw anything up, but he's, uh, um, no, he's, he's, he has been the same. I, I found, you know, I found him right when he got elected, I was able to, uh, meet him and, and he's just been a great advocate for us, just being supportive and, um, encouraging me and my own uh, mission, you know, being a, a veteran, uh, being a business owner period is hard. It's really hard. Um, and I think, uh, like I told you about the transition, you know, the veteran, uh, veterans have, they learn things along the way that can make them very successful, but, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard to take those things and not be, a, you, you can't be a Marine in the civilian sector, but you can take the qualities that the Marine Corps or the Air Force or the Army taught you 
um, and, and the Navy, uh, and bring those things into your communities and, and be a better citizen, help those around you be better citizens. Um, that's really what, uh, um, what I think those of us who are veterans that check your lead in a great effort. I mean, we, we need to be ambassadors for ourselves to help each other, um, reintegrate and go make our communities better. And, um, I'm really passionate about it and, um, want to, you know, whether it's hauling somebody around like, like a great American named Woody Williams, you know, a small thing we can do, like whatever we can do, the veterans down at Texas A&M, I want to, I want to do it, uh, because I think it's my responsibility. I think it's all of our responsibility who, who've already done it. And I'm not going to say I'm successful at transitioning, but, um, cause I got, I got beat up pretty good, but, uh, and I mean that figuratively, of course, the, um, uh, you know, it's, we just, we owe it. We owe it to those young guys and gals that are, that have gone there behind us. And, and, uh, I'm really passionate about that. So thanks for your time, uh, today on your show to, to honor the vets and, and, uh, do something special. Well, Great. thank you. We appreciate you for your service and thank you for your time. And, um, when, when you're here, uh, locally, come on the show, we'll talk some more, come on in okay. studio. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, Absolutely, and I'll, I'll reach I, uh, out and I'll find time to run over. I'm actually going to try to bring my uh, my 18 year old with me because he's kind of sort of thinking about going down a uh, an aviation path. Um, he's got a he hasn't quite made the move to say, "Yeah, I'm going to go be a marine." Um, I was a marine. Uh, his uncle is still in 06. He's the uh, chief of staff at Quantico. Um, well. So uh, his son just, we went through January 19. Uh, in fact, he's in Okinawa right now. He went through January 19, went through boot camp. Um, so Travis got a chance to go out there. We pulled him out of school for that. And, uh, That's awesome. Got a lot of yeah, family peer pressure, I'm, I'm, but yeah. So <laughs> yeah, anyway, no pressure. Yeah. Um, gosh, thanks well, for what you do. And I got to see, and, and the word transition popped up, and you talked about all the growth. Why do I get the impression that most of your employees are veterans? There's a bunch of them. Um, there are a bunch of them. Uh, there's a joke. You got to be an Aggie, uh, a C-130 guy, or a Marine. One of those three. If you're all three, you're guaranteed to get a job. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're any one of the three, you got a high probability of success. But no, we um, we've got a great Chuck. Uh, when you come out, I'll show you. We got a wall up on the on the off. Offices there that has the, the different platforms, you know, that people were attached to when they were on active duty. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to create a little bit of the squadron environment and um, all the good parts of it, <laughs> uh, you know, there at the at McKinney Airport. We got folks around the country. We're, we've, we've really grown a lot in the last three years. We're um, working on another deal. We're, gonna, we're you know, call, we're 120 something people now um, and going to be. Uh, 170 something. So wow, just awesome. real thankful to the Lord for, for the growth we've had and the opportunity to, uh, to make a difference for folks and, and, um, whatever I can do to support you guys, I'm all about it. We so, gotta take so care of each other. that was a hint that I shouldn't wear my Texas Longhorn shirt when I come <laughs> over. Right. Yeah, yeah, so what? that's what Chuck takes from that. I, my, what I take from that is if you want to know what you can do to help us out today, we are asking people to go and make either a one-time or preferably a monthly small donation, even if it's $5 a month, to the um, Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, um, hvsd.org. We're, we're pushing to make money for them today. These are folks like Chuck, like Ken, who we had on earlier, who do not take a salary, um, literally just saved a female veteran's life, someone who was suicidal 
suicidal just I mean just in the last 48 hours um, they provide opportunities for veterans to come in wash their clothes shower up um, all all kinds of things to help them. Like you said, there's that, I, I think so many veterans, and, and this is again what I love about the veteran community, even though I'm not part of it, my goodness, I'll support it with all of my whole heart until the day I die, because y'all do feel that camaraderie to still help your fellow veterans when you're on, you know, you're back in the civilian world. And I think that Part of that is a transition. Some people, and, and they're very fortunate, some people like yourself, you know, like Chuck, make that transition easier than some. Um, and so I think especially the ones who are having a hard time transi- transitioning back into the civilian yeah. life, we've got to help them. And um, homeless veterans, uh, you know, the, the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, as Dallas, they they are a group that does that yeah. um, with their whole heart. So, yeah. We do, oh. Yeah. We have an ethos of not leaving our own. Yeah. Uh, Ken was a right. Vietnam era Marine. He was the 2007 right. National Marine Corps League Marine of the Year. Um, part of that for his uh, work in founding HVSD. Uh, but mm. uh, yeah, no, and, and I, I joke about that because I was on the phone and I can't remember the Colonel's name who is running the uh, Veteran Entrepreneur Program down at AM. And I was on the phone with him a couple of weeks ago talking about. Jerry Smith. Oh yeah, yeah there, there we go. Um, talking about how we can support across the state and you and I can talk about that later. I'm fairly involved with the Texas sure. veterans commission, um, trying yeah. to support our veterans and, and we'll talk about, it. thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, oh yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you for, for flying Woody. in. it was obviously worked out very well for me personally. Um, is we had him at two events and I know Lee, uh, Lee is, Lee and I have promised you uh, an evening out for some good steaks, so we'll uh, make that happen very shortly here soon. I'll let Lee pay. He's yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we, yeah, we both will. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you a little bit, and uh, thanks for making much of Veterans today. Um, again, um, I'm excited to do a very small thing and, and uh, look forward to trying to help do more. Thank you. and Thank you. And again, God bless you for your service. We really appreciate you. Thank Simplified you. Simplify, brother, and happy birthday. I love Simplify, it. Chuck. <laughs> yep. You guys have a great day. Ken, thanks for what you're doing. We'll see you. Well, take care. All right. Um, uh, we are going to, we're, because we are doing several different, um, oh, I guess, what would I, what would I say? Um, venues of um, social media and different ways that we are podcasting and um uh, on video and audio today on uh, several different platforms. That's the word I'm looking Platform. for. So we're going to put um, our, our logo, our telethon logo back up, play music for a couple of minutes, and then come back on. We're going to stay oh, so live. But we're, yeah, I was going to say, that way we can take a real quick bathroom break and grab another cup of coffee because Chuck and I need more coffee because we need our adult ADD to kick in a little bit more, right? <laughs> So anyway, so please, 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 we're going to leave the information up. Um, we are we are broadcasting live from VentureX Studios here in Frisco. Would love for you to come out and visit with us. So we're going to keep that up. We're going to also keep the website up for the um, organization that we are asking you. Please, please, please donate and donate generously. And that is the Homeless Veterans of Dallas, the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, hvsd.org. So um, please uh, take this five-minute break to donate to them. And um, Chuck and I will be right back with more coffee and more adult AD kicking in. (laughs) We love our veterans. Happy Veterans Day. We'll be right back. 
All right. Welcome back to the second annual J.P. Kathy and the Crew Veterans Day Telethon. And we are just so excited that you've chosen to spend your day with us. Again, we are raising money for the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas. No. HVSD.org. You got it right. Beautiful. Yes. Without without reading it off a prompter somewhere. It's a miracle. Awesome. So we want you to donate. We are trying to raise money today. Um, we've had the donor the the studio space has been donated to us by VentureX Studios. Of course, VentureX is a co-working workspace here in Frisco, Texas. We'd love to have you come out and take a tour. This is the home of JP Kathy and the crew and a number of other podcasts. We would love for you to come out here, support them. They're going to have a Veterans Day happy hour this evening from 5.30 to 7.30. Several veterans will be speaking at that as well. Of course, we've had veterans on and off of our show all day, and we are trying to raise money for a group that is really in need, and that is um, our homeless veteran community here in the Dallas area. Ken, who was on our show earlier, Chuck Wright, who is co-hosting with me today from Kilroy's Conversation, um, they don't take any any money. They don't take any kind of percentage or anything off the money that they raise for this fine organization. These are people who need help getting back on their feet. Um, you know, they can shower. They can wash their clothes. Um, you know, just the other day, Ken was telling us about um, a, a, a female veteran who they were able to save her from suicide. And we know that we've got such a such trouble in um you know, just unacceptable. You know, for, for as great of a country as America is, it's absolutely unacceptable that we have any of our veterans committing suicide. So this is an organization that can help. If you know somebody in need, and as Ken so eloquently earlier, Chuck, put on our show, he talked about how you've, you've just got some families who, because they, do, they aren't professionals, they don't know how to help their soldier who has come home, who's having difficulty making a transition, they can help. They can get them to the right resources and the right people to help. So um, instead of spending $5 on coffee one day a week, let that money go and donate it monthly to the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas and help them, help them out. I know I'm going to do that. Um, Chuck, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I love it. We're, yeah. we're, um, and yeah, and everybody's well, like, oh, great. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, that's just what Chuck and Kathy, who are adult ADD people, who we go <laughs> off, we're like, squirrel. Um, that's just what they need is a break so they can get more coffee. Um, but we're really excited during our break. Um, a um, veteran who we're really excited to have on the show has come in, Kelly Kellogg, who was 82nd Airborne. He came in from Oklahoma today. So, Oklahoma, yay. All right. So, he, he made it across the state line to get over here and hang out with us in Frisco, Texas. First of all, happy Veterans Day. Thank you. And Thanks thank you so much for your service. Oh, can we get, um, they're going to tell me, pull your mic a little bit closer. And it's almost like you have to be kissing your microphone. There you go. And uh, you may, can we get it angled up, angle it up a little bit? There, perfect. Can you do a check? Like there, much better. Is that better, Nathaniel? All right. Well, we've got Kelly in studio with us, and he's going to be hanging out hanging out with us this afternoon. We're so glad that you've come to join us. So let's talk about your service. And um, I know Joanna has, is like, and Kelly's very humble. He doesn't want to talk about himself. So we want to know about your service in the military and how we can thank you. And then if you've got any organizations, I think you also have started a private sector company as a veteran. And let's talk about all of that. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so I was born and raised in Laramie, Wyoming, and uh, 
did all my growing up there. And then in 2001, before, you know, 9-11, uh, I enlisted in the Army when, when I was 17. Didn't ship out till uh, June of the next year. Did all my training, ended up at uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina with 82nd. And uh, in 2002, got there. Then 2003 through 2004, I spent in Iraq, and uh, which was quite a wild ride. And uh, 2005, I did search and rescue for Hurricane Katrina, then got out in 2006. And, and, let's, and I want to go back to something you first said, and that is... 17? Yeah, I had to get, yeah, my parents had to sign a waiver. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, did you just, were you just driven to serve? Did you think, hey, um, this is the best place for me? Yeah, what? I kind of always, my dad was National Guard for okay. over 20 years, so I was kind of around that growing up. But I hated school. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a better option than going to school. So yeah, that's why I chose to do that. Wow, and God bless you. I just, I... You know, now I'm going to age myself. At age 17, I was, you know, singing Go-Go's and Madonna's song. And, you know, wow. You know, I just. I thought I, you were going to say wearing Go-Go boots. Well, <laughs> no, I, you know, it, 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 think of um, what it was it a Madonna Like a Virgin album cover. That's how I dressed back in the 80s. Uh, you know, so that's I'm thinking when I'm 17, there gosh, it just it just to, to have somebody. And there are people like you who choose to go into the military either early or right when they turn 18. And, it, and I always have so much respect for people like that. I I would have never in a million years been mature enough to do something like that. So God bless you for choosing to serve and choosing to serve early. Um, so let's talk about your, your lineage and a little bit about each of your areas of service, because I'm also fascinated. You did search and research, uh, search and rescue in Katrina. Yep. But let's go prior to that, you know, some stories from when you first started serving. And then um, let's talk about Hurricane Katrina, because there are so many people who ended up, you know, from Louisiana area here in mm -hmm. in in north texas and so you know i've now got friends who are survivors of her hurricane katrina um there was so much devastation i can't even imagine that but let's talk about your service prior to that um like i said uh initially i went to fort leonardwood missouri to do my basic and ait then i went to fort benning georgia for airborne school and then got sent to bragg and uh ended up with the 307th engineer battalion which is Sort of funny, when I was um, getting in-processed into the uh, unit there, I was sitting down, and they said, okay, what's your, you know, emergency contact number? And Wyoming is a 307 area code. I mean, that's the only one that Wyoming has. So I was going to say, isn't that y'all's only yeah. area code? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it was the guy in-processing me was, I didn't even realize it till he freaked out about it. And so that was pretty cool. And then... uh Back at the early portions of Iraq, we uh, had to take all of our vehicles and equipment to port, and then it would get put on a ship, and then right. all the way to Kuwait, and then which takes a while. But once it was there, we'd go to Kuwait and get everything from the port, and then we staged in Kuwait, and then we'd you know convoyed up from Kuwait into Iraq and. And then the same on the way back down, we brought all, well, what was left of our equipment. Yeah. We brought that stuff back down, which on, you know, later they found out that if you just leave equipment there and rotate units through using the same equipment, you know, assume the equipment that was 
they're from a previous deployment or however that works. It's just, it just saved a lot of logistics and everything. Okay. And but but being in the 82nd Airborne, all of our stuff is as light as it can be. We didn't have anything that was armored or you know nothing. We we were rolling around in Humvees without doors on and just a canvas roof, you know. And that was a unsettling thing because there's you know the only armor we had was our helmet and our vest so i can't even imagine so you you have no way other than what you're wearing mm -hmm. to protect yourselves yep. i mean talk about that that's I, I i i can't even fathom that you don't have a roof you don't have a wall you have nothing no just just air <laughs> and you know my home view it only lasted three days over there so um but yeah it was you know and after we were there for a while everybody would you find all kinds of scrap metal and stuff to strap to your vehicles and try to get you some sort of protection. So wow. it looked like a bunch of Mad Max stuff going on over there, you know. Yeah, and and for those of you who don't know Mad Max, it's on, I think it's on Netflix or something. I highly recommend that movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so and so then what was next for you? Um, like I said, I, I was there 2003 through four. Um, in, on September 8th, 18th, 2003, we had a uh, four-vehicle convoy with 12 of us on it. Well, there was more of us when we traveled from Ramadi to TQ to Cottom Airfield. And on the way back, it was only four of us vehicles and 12 of us. And we, we ended up going through multiple ambushes and... Uh, long story short all 12 of us made it back in the one remaining vehicle that was uh and, and three what, out of the four vehicles were disabled and we so had so had what was that one vehicle it was a humvee oh my gosh and so it was 12 a humvee, so 12 of y'all are in there mm -hmm. yeah it was pretty tight oh my gosh i can't even fathom that just can't even fathom oh, was, that yeah i mean we had to we had to throw out all you know a lot of stuff out just to even get us in there mm. Mm. okay and, and so let, let's talk more about um before we get into talking about some of your other areas uh, the 12 of y'all who made it back home how, how has everyone fared since then because i think one of the things you know kelly we want to really want to make sure people remember on veterans day is it's not it's not always easy for everybody to transition back into civilian oh, life no. and we, we've been talking about that on and off you know it was, for me it was really difficult you know? yeah and uh i mean do you mind sharing some of that with us no i don't mind you, at know, all. I, I mean, you might be helping another vet out yeah, who's watching no, the show um getting out was it was really difficult it's just such a big change and you know for me i never really experienced life outside of high school before i went well, in, i mean you know? I, I mean you were i mean literally and i you know and I, I say i don't say this with disrespect you were a baby i mean i looked you oh, know yeah. my son literally just turned 18 last week and i'm like I, you know i just i can't even imagine you, know, you don't think you're a baby but you look back at it later and, on and you're like wow, and you're like yeah. i was young oh, yeah. i mean you know you, yeah you're right at the mm -hmm. time you're like oh I, yeah, i'm you know i'm bulletproof and yeah. all this kind of stuff yeah, i turned 20 in iraq <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's, I mean, most 20 year olds are trying to get a hold of a fake ID back, back in America, <laughs> yeah. you know, on their 20th birthday to try to get into a bar or a club or whatever. And you're over serving your country in Iraq. Mm -hmm. 
describe that? I mean, it. Like I said, when I when I enlisted, the world was a different place until you know. Yeah. The whole Twin Towers thing. And and let's let's talk about um, so when um, when nine eleven happens, you know. So how old were how old were you then? Seventeen. So well, so you were you were seventeen when okay that's right mm-hmm. okay so you're seventeen that's right mm-hmm. so um, you know, did you did you and did fellow soldiers who were young did y'all think this may be World War Three this may be it I mean what what were your thoughts or or how do you I guess what I want to know is how do you prepare after, um, you know, American lives are lost, over 2,000 American lives, innocent civilian lives are lost on American soil. How do you prepare in the post-9-11 world to go off and fight? You know, I mean, that's what your training's for. Yeah. It gets you ready. Yeah. Gets you mentally prepared. Tries to get you mentally prepared anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're, a lot of things happened to me that I wasn't prepared for, but you just got to work with what you got and roll with the punches, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and so that's, and I would imagine some of the things that, that you had to deal with were maybe some of the things that made it difficult to transition back into civilian yeah, was, life. That was difficult, but just, you know, being in the army surrounded by everybody else and you're all working to do the same thing and you got buddies around you 24 seven, you get, you get out and you feel kind of alone especially yeah. when you end up back in Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not and like North Texas where you've got a bajillion folks around you and you've got all right. these, you know, different, uh, you know, military veterans groups that are networked, you know, like Ch- Chuck's, uh, you're a part of, my goodness, how many groups that are networked veterans to help each other? Well, and I think where Kathy's going with this, and I was going to uh, ask you about this. So, when you're in the army, you've got all your brothers and sisters kind of shoulder to shoulder. But as we're talking about transition, you might be surrounded by people, but you're not surrounded by no. and brothers and sisters. And, you know, you feel isolated from everything that you've been through and everything like that. And then you're just, you know, when I got out, I was like, oh, I'm going to work smarter, not harder. I'm going to go to school. I went to school and I couldn't do it. Um, like I said earlier, I don't like school anyway, but just being surrounded by a bunch of, you know, snobby 18-year-olds and professors that are younger than you, and it made it really difficult, and so I tried to get back in the Army two different times. Oh, wow. So I just felt the, you know. You wanted to be around your brethren kind of horrible. thing. Well, and, and I'm going to, and so you're going to want to stay tuned for the rest of Kelly's story, but I know somebody who Kelly is a big supporter of, I'm a big supporter of, Chuck is a big supporter of, Greg Gadsden is, he's, he had several speaking events, so I told him whenever he, whenever, I was like, Greg, whenever you can get on, we will take you, sir. So we've got Greg Gadsden who is coming on via Zoom link. Do we have audio and video for Greg? Oh, perfect. Okay. So we're going to give him a second and, um, and then, then we're going to come back. Kelly is, like I said, he came in from Oklahoma today to hang out with Chuck and I in studio. And so, so we're going to continue to talk about your story and thank you so much for being so honest and sharing that it was tough to come back. I think, I think a lot of soldiers are afraid to talk about that. If we don't talk about it, then we're never going to get help for each other. You know, let's face it too. The VA, 
isn't oh, fun to deal with when you get out either. So. That's that's why we're trying to help groups <laughs> like today. You know, we're raising money for the for the you know homeless mm-hmm. um, veteran services of Dallas. And I can fully you understand know? why there's so many homeless because of yeah. the way it is getting out, it's just such a big change. And we and and after Greg's interview, we want to talk yeah. about that with you because it, it's got to be shocking. It's got to be shocking. So Nathaniel, if you let us know, do we have do we have Greg? Uh, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm here. there's yeah. Greg. Greg, do we have video on you? Video on you today, sir, on your handsome face, or do we just have um, audio? There he is. I knew, and he does have a handsome face, ladies. I told you. <laughs> All right. Well, Greg Gadsden, my goodness, um, I'm I am going to literally turn this over to you and let you talk about your story because I know you're on a tight timeline with with all of your speaking engagements today. Thank you so much for being part of our JP Kathy and the crew second annual Veterans Day telethon, and we're proud to say, um, sir, that we have been raising money um, since this morning for the homeless service. Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, great organization here locally, and they're helping our homeless veterans get get back get back to the business of living. And um, and actually, um, Ken, who's the gentleman who's in charge of this organization, this fine organization, just was able to report that they were able to save a female veteran from suicide in the last forty eight hours. So. Um, the, the money raised today goes to a good cause. And um, so, Greg Gadsden, um, let, let's talk about your service. And if, if you'll share, most people know you and know your story. But if but if you can share your story in case we've got some folks who are watching or listening today who, who haven't, haven't, haven't had a chance to hear about you yet. Okay. Well, uh, uh, JP, Kathy, and my friends, um, um, our crew and the crew, uh, thank you for having having me uh, uh, on on your show, and and uh, and I thank you for uh, for focusing and reminding um, us of uh, 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 us the service of veterans um, every day. Um, you know, first I want to say that uh, just. Uh, you know, kind of generic, or we think of Veterans Day, and, and it's not the only day we should, um, you know, as a nation that we should focus on our veterans. Um, um, we should focus on them every day. It's a, it's, it's a priority. Um, um, so many men and women and families have made sacrifices uh, for our freedoms, and, and it's, uh, it's, we, we take this time to recognize this on this day. But as you, you know, and as you're discussing, uh, many of the challenges that um, our veterans and their families face are lifelong and, and complicated, and and um, and we really need to pay attention more to it than uh, just one day a year. But I I, um, I appreciate the the opportunity to kind of share that. You know, um, my story and um, you know is. Uh, I say it's complicated. You know, I was I was wounded in Iraq during the surge, um, but and I and I'll talk a little bit more about my injuries. But but my but my story is uh, is often, in my opinion, not my story. It's the it's the story of of amazing amazing soldiers, amazing service members that um, that really came to my aid that um, that allowed me to be here talking to you all today, and so. Um, that, that's what my story is, but I, I was wounded on May 7th of 2007, ironically, after, uh, attending a memorial service for two young men that were killed in my brigade. Um, 
First Lieutenant Ryan Jones and Specialist Sunson. Um, you think about um, these families, think about these families today. I know we have Memorial Day, but I'm reminded of their uh, sacrifice. These young men paid in full measure, their families um, paid in full measure. And I, you know, we can never repay uh, them for their, for their, for their sacrifice. Um, um, after attending the memorial service, um, I was heading back to my headquarters when my vehicle was hit by an improvised explosive device. And, and, um, and ultimately those injuries, um, uh, cost me both my legs above the knee and in normal use of my right arm and hand. Um, that's a, that's a life changing event. Um, not only for myself, but, but really my entire family, um, it, it, it brought us to our knees and, um, and we were fortunate. I say we were fortunate and blessed to have, to have a nation, to have an army, to have a support network, um, that, uh, softened the blow and allowed us to, to regain our footing and, and begin to figure out, um, how to, how to continue living a life, how to, how to continue making the most out of life. Um, you know, through, uh, and, and through that journey, um, you know, I, I accidentally, I say I backed in or figured out that, uh, that I had a voice that I had, a I had, a uh, a level of, uh, experience and, and maturity that, um, you know, that I could communicate and that I could communicate effectively on behalf of, of, of people like me and, and our families, um, in such a way to, to, um, uh, in, inspire others and to inform others and, and, uh, into action. And, um, and so Kathy, I, I, I thank you for reaching out to me. I know it was through, um, Joanne, Joanna um, Arnold, our dear friend. Joanna, yeah. Yeah. Is being part of, uh, this coalition of, of the willing, what, uh, of citizens and, 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 and businesses and organizations that feel the obligation uh, 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 to give and to serve those that have given. And, and Kathy, uh, it was great talking to you last night, but just uh, you remember me. I'm humble, but I mean, that, you, you, you heard me speak literally at the, at the very beginning of my journey, and so fourteen and, and years I'm, later, and Greg, I'm Greg. I'm so glad you brought that up because it was over ten years ago, and and I lit, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a, a U.S. Chamber event in D.C., and I had no idea until you told me um, last night that that was that was one of your first official what turned into a professional speaking career, and I just remember being just so blown away because y- you were just such a genuine person, um, just, um, first of all, a patriot through and through. And you just, unfortunately, you don't see that like we used to. You're somebody who served our country, but you were so humble and you were such an inspiration. Literally, the folks who I had traveled from Texas with, we didn't stop talking about your speech even when we got back home. So um, to have you on the, on our podcast here, you know, over a decade later, it truly is an honor, sir. It really is. And, and um, this is Chuck Ryan. I'm just going to throw in Kathy meant no offense with her blown away pun. 
Oh, golly, Chuck. Okay, Chuck's a Marine. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Chuck likes to bust my it. chops. Absolutely, Chuck. That's awesome. I love it. Oh, Great. Obviously, you have gone on to have a phenomenal career. I wanted to yeah. ask you how much talk – can you talk a little bit and a little bit of a different inspiration as I'm targeting some of our young men and some women that are getting out – but can you talk about your transition from coming back from all the rehabilitation? Uh, I, I have several friends who have gone through that or something similar. I'm sure you know Jake Schick with One Tribe Foundation, uh, and, and there are others. Talk about that transition from at some point you had to be down. It was like, good Lord, why me? To doing this where you are now – leading and motivating the entire country. Well, thank you. Yeah, I don't know about the entire country, but thank you. I, I appreciate the, 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 that. Oh, you didn't question. know Kathy and I are your uh, uh, Greg for president team. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, we've got pla we've got plans for you, Greg. Don't worry. I'm, I'm getting ready to text you after your spot. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I'm up for anything except running for public office. I don't want to learn something. He's too so. smart. Yeah, he's entirely yeah. too intelligent he'll, for that. He'll go Damn to, it, we've lost yeah, another good candidate. He'll, he'll go to Hollywood. <laughs> wouldn't be in a movie but doggone it keep me yep. away from public service you know public <laughs> office but yeah but talk about your kind of that that part of the transition we'll kind of, i want to get into the ugly right. part of it so um you know it's you know no one at least uh, i will say no one most of us never imagine that anything uh tragic ever happens i mean that's not uh that's typically not a great way to kind of approach life, but, um, and so you don't um, necessarily appreciate, um, um, you know, what happens when you're here. And, and so uh, Chuck, what I have to say is that, you know, my recovery, um, me working through this is, is uh, first about my faith, about my family and about my friends in that order. And, um, uh, you're right. There, you know, when when something like this happens with you, believe it or not, it's so I've, I've talked with so many veterans, but there's this amazing guilt you have. Like you did something wrong. Like like I remember waking up in my uh, hospital room and and feeling like I deserted my soldiers, even though I'm missing half my body. I mean, it's just um, it's an amazing. Um, it's an amazing amount of emotions that, that you're, that you're fighting through all at one time. Um, but you know, my faith has told me that I will never understand everything that happens to me. And, and, uh, and, and I, and I literally had to, I literally accepted that on faith and, and what it did and what it's done for me is this unencumbered, it's unencumbered me from having to worry about what if or why me or any of that, because I don't need it. I don't need an answer. And guess what? What? Yeah. The answer is someone was trying to kill me and, and they weren't successful by the grace of God. And so I am not, I am no longer diverting that energy. I'm no longer struggling with, with that energy on something that I can't change. I've accepted it. My faith has allowed me to accept it. And so that 
truly was the beginning of my transition. And that was because that acceptance, that acceptance is what has allowed me to move forward. Outstanding. Yeah, and, and I'm so glad that you're talking about your faith um, today, Greg. Um, you know, we're, we're talking a lot today, and we've got Kelly Kellogg, um, who is 82nd Airborne. He's a, a veteran who he, God bless him, 17 years old, got his parents to sign a form and signed up and went to serve, serve, um, serve our country. And we're talking about that it's now yours was a physical, obviously a drastic, drastic is an understatement, physical change in your body that happened. Um, a lot of a lot of our soldiers come back and it's it's a, a TBI or it's some kind of emotional something that happens, some kind of trauma that happened that prevents them from assimilating back. But let's talk a little bit more, Greg, if you don't mind. And then again, cut us off when it's your time to go for your next next speaking engagement. But. I think your faith in God, and that's another thing that I remember about um, when remember when I saw you speak in in Washington D.C. over a decade ago. Talk about how how faith can help your fellow veterans succeed when they're back in c- civilian life. Right. Well, let me uh, first acknowledge my airborne uh, battle buddy there, Kelly Kellogg. Uh, <laughs> how you so, doing, uh, Greg? He, he and I know each other. It's good to hear you. Good, good. Yeah. I'm glad that you're on here, Kelly. Thank you for being that example. <laughs> Thank um, you, sir. <laughs> and, uh, they're born. So, um, 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 again, um, I guess going back to uh, my faith, Kathy, it, it is, um, um, I, I, I will, maybe I, I don't know how much, I don't have a whole lot of time, but, but look, when I, the last thing, I'll tell you that that ID blew me out of my vehicle, uh, mm. um, Kathy, mm. and I was laid there on the ground, and I could not move, and I knew I was in trouble. And the last thing I said was, "God, I don't want to die here." Mm. That was my prayer, and it wasn't very wasn't very clean. And uh, and my men, my soldiers, found me. They took care of me, and. And eventually, I would lose my leg. In fact, I would actually make the decision to give up my right leg mm. because it was never going to work again. I made that decision. But I, I'm just telling you, there was a special piece uh, over me that, that allowed me to make the decision. I, I Again, I was already thinking about transition. I was already thinking about moving forward. And so... I, what, what you, you know, people will come to me and say it was a miracle. It was a miracle that God saved you. I go, yeah, it was a miracle. I can give you a, a list of five medical miracles, but but the real, but God, I say God not only saved me, God healed me, and and, and what I mean by that is that my my prayer was to save me, and and He healed me by by taking um, all that all that emotion, all that, and just, and, 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 and unencumbering me with, with any hate that I, and, and, and let me share this with you. I knew that I was already moving forward because you could have put the man in front of me that, that blew me up and you could have given me a loaded weapon and I could put it down because I, I'm at peace. I've accepted this. And I, I don't have to even any score. I'm unencumbered by anger or anything to even any score. That, that's how I knew 
I was moving forward. Mm. Uh, that that's powerful. I, you know, there are so many people who hold on to so much hate and resentment. And, and, and again, I'm not a veteran, so I can't speak for veterans, but I, but you hear of a lot of anger oh, yeah. and resentment that people yeah. hold on to. And Greg, sometimes that's what ultimately takes that soldier's life. It does, the person who harmed you, who injured you, who took your arm, who took your leg, who, who took part of your brain, whatever, you're right. It, it's about forgiveness and peace for yourself, for yourself. Absolutely. That's what sets you free. That is what sets you free. Ironically, the hate and anger that you have in life for anything or anyone only affects you. Greg, I, I cannot begin to, to, I guess, harp, and that's not the right word, but you, you are so right. We, it's so, and unfortunately, hate um, and divisiveness are such powerful emotions, so easy to yep. slide into. And you talk about using your faith to continue to move forward. Hate's backwards. Hate is moving backwards. Yep. But you talk that about is. moving forward. It's such an incredible message. This is a message that America needs. It needs today. Boy, we need to get focused. Yeah. Um, it's part of what we're trying to do here. I hate to harp. I don't mean it to be a political statement. I mean it to be a cultural statement. But I wanted to, it was interesting, something Jake Schick said, something that you said, Jake Schick tells the story, please, God, don't let me die in front of my Marines. Get me on the helicopter. You can take me then. And then the negotiation gets to the helicopter. The negotiation becomes a little bit different. But that same thing yeah. that you were saying, that your first thought, and I don't know how many veterans of Travis Mills, who lost both arms and both legs, uh, an Army veteran, another incredible story, but his first thought was his people, his soldiers, not himself. That is just so incredible. Yep. And that's what this day is about. It's about self-veterans is equal to is equal to selflessness. It's about serving. It's about serving. Yes. And you know what? That's what our that's what our faith's about, isn't it? It's about serving. That's what Je Jesus served, didn't he? He, that yes. was he got a whole book of example of him serving and giving, not taking. Yeah. So that's just an incredible message. And I'm over here as usual. My macho credentials are intact, because, so I can start crying on the show, and by golly, all, tears up. rolling down yep, my face. Yep, that well, is just amazing to hear. What what a what a wonderful message! And and you know what, um, sir, I think there is there is somebody uh, who's watching now, or who's going to watch later, or going to listen later, and you just don't know. You just might have saved saved a, a fellow veteran's life, you know. Um, and so if, if people want to follow you, I mean, my goodness, you're an actor, um, you know, a speaker. You're, I mean, you're out and about all over the place. Um, how do people follow you? Are you on social media? How do people, if they want to, if there's a fellow soldier who, a veteran who wants to get in touch with you and just needs some words of inspiration from you, how do they get in touch with you? Um, I, I guess I, I do have a, I got a Twitter account. It's uh, I am Greg Gadsden, no breaks in it, I-A-M-G-R-E-G-G-A-D-S-O-N. -G -G I am Greg Gadsden on, on Twitter. I'm on, um, so that's probably the, that's probably the best way um, to, to get a hold of me. So, 
Excellent. Is it, so, do you have Do you have uh, a website or anything that we can promote on the show? Um, I, I don't. I, I'm I'm really a, 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 a social media uh, uh, throwback or something. I, I try to avoid it. I know I got to have some of it, but I'm working on a website. I'm actually working on a book too, and um, fantastic. And, uh, I'll get that. I'll, I'll hopefully uh, get some of that stuff out there, but. Um, um, no website. Um, I mean, if you Google me, there's a couple of speakers bureaus that can, um, that, that they can find, or, you know, just like Joanna, you know, I'm, yep. I'm around and, and you got me through Joanna. And so, um, you know, the, um, that, that seems to be pretty effective. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she's, she's good at connecting folks. So we also got Kelly in, from Oklahoma here today um, from Joanna. Well, um, uh, sir, just thank you, Greg. Thank you. Um, what an honor to have you on our telethon today. And, and what a strong, strong message that you are providing um, to veterans. And we appreciate you so much and God bless you. And um, just hope that God, uh, you know, has an abundance of blessings for you and for your family and friends, because you sure are an inspiration to so many. And thank you so much for what you do. Well, thank you, Kevin. Uh, thank you for having me on, but I'm, um, I'm going to, uh, I, I need to kind of sign off and get prepped for my next, uh, next event, but safe I, travels. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, ma'am. Oh, th- take, take care. Good seeing you, Greg. Yep. Absolutely. Good to see you, Kelly. Wow. Um, just, Talk about somebody who just is, and again, we talk about veterans who come back and who are so humble. He's such a humble individual that you just, first, he's very likable. um, And just, um, you know, and and like he said, he, on, on, I think it was his right leg. So I remember him telling the story the first time I heard him. So he chose, I mean, he could have, he could have, you know, tried to save it and everything. And he, in his story is such that he, he decided, hey, you know what? Let's move on with life, and um, I, and again, when we get back, and then Kelly, I want to start, want to get back to you, and I, I love it that y'all know each other and y'all got to say <laughs> hi and everything. Yeah, it was good I think to that's, see him. that's awesome. Um, so, um, I, you know, I, I think when we're talking about these transitions for veterans, um, any way, and again, you know, we're we're promoting homeless veterans service of services of Dallas today. Um, HVSD.org. Please go in, make a monthly donation. Um, you know, or make or make a sizable one today. Ken's going to be like, yeah, don't turn down a big old $25,000 donation, Kathy. We'll take a one-time ginormous donation or we'll take a small to medium-sized one monthly. Um, you've, you've got, you know, and, and we talked a little bit about this, Kelly. You were starting to talk a little bit about, you know, that the VA, the VA can't be the end-all be-all for everyone. No. It just, it, it, you know, the government is not the answer to every single problem out there and every single issue we have. So the VA can't, they can't tackle all of the issues that our veterans have. And there's such each veteran that comes back and, and has trouble transitioning. Um, and I don't even, is that the right word, Kelly? Am I transitioning back into civilian life? Is that, am I, yeah. is that the right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a, the, and I want to make sure I'm using attempting the, to transition or attempting <laughs> to transition. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure we're, uh, I'm I'm not Chuck. I want to be politically correct. <laughs> Chuck's like, oh, I don't, we don't have to be politically correct. But um, um, I'm just busting your chops, my friend. But when I look at um, the need out there, and there are physical needs, emotional needs, mental needs, spiritual needs, um, tangible, just life skill needs. So, you know, 
we we have we have to support these organizations and these nonprofits like like Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas who can truly help out somebody in need. So you were before Greg came on, we were talking about kind of your transition and you said you a couple of times tried to get back into the army because you miss your brothers I, and yeah, ours, you know. The, probably the best phrase to put it is fish out of water. Okay. You know. Yeah, okay. You're just yep. just like like that you're you're out yeah there's no kind of taper down before you get out you're just out and then you got to deal with you know you got a angry combat veteran around all these people that don't know nothing about you know what we've gone through right and that doesn't help well, <laughs> you, and, you know, know and, and kelly you're, you bring up a really good point um I, I have no idea. I, you know, I, I heard stories from my grandfather back in the day from other family members who served. I've, you know, supporting the veteran community. I've met a lot of people and heard some of their stories. Hearing somebody's story, you can never fathom. Right. I, I can never fathom what it's like. Like mm-hmm. you said, you have no shelter. You've got a helmet and a bulletproof vest. You know, I mean, I'm without electricity for an hour and I lose my mind. You know, and I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just saying... I. It, civilians who have never walked a mile in your shoes have no idea mm-hmm. what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've had to do, what you've been through. So where did you reach out for help when you got back home? Well, I, I kind of isolated myself, to be honest. Right. Um, cause I felt comfortable with myself. I didn't want to reach out to anybody. Okay. Also, there's the whole, uh, I'm too too strong to reach out thing, you know, or too stubborn to reach out, which I found that you, you do need to reach out, you know. And, and it's not, and, I mean, uh, I think it takes more bravery sometimes, especially coming from the military, to reach out for help mm-hmm. than it does to suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. And being around people who have done similar things. And yeah. um, there was this guy that uh, helped me out a lot. His name is D.C. Faber. And uh, he's a he's an army vet as well, but he was helping a bunch of us veterans out in uh, Wyoming up there, and he he really worked hard on trying to help everybody out, and he'd travel around and do talks and everything. But he got burnt out on it. He don't do it anymore. But one of the things that you know, after all of us were together, is we found that it's hard for us to look forward in time to figure out a plan to get better or anything because we're so much living in the present. And just, just like, you know, we just don't try to ask, survive. Ask me what I'm doing tomorrow or next week. I don't know. Cause I'm, okay. I'm living today. I'm living for today. Yeah. So, and is that something And Chuck, you, I mean, you, you know, you, you served, is that something you can speak to that sometimes when you're in the military, you just, that's your mindset. Get, get through the next five minutes, the next hour, well, the next day. One of the day. things about the military is that everything is so structured. Uh, they put a plan out, plan of the day out. It's probably gone all the way back to George Washington's day or further back than that. And so you don't have to worry about, um, we talked about being shoulder to shoulder with fellow soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines. Um, you don't have to worry about that. Everything's very structured. Somebody's always got your back. Somebody, oh, 
That, I'll tell you, that uh, might be the single biggest that people see when they get out. Now, mm-hmm. uh, you talked about fish out of water, yep. and that certainly makes a lot of sense. I talk about veterans being in transition being groundhogs uh, in that, or prairie dogs. And they, you know, they, they get out and they are burrowing their hole and they're doing their own thing. They don't want anything to do with the military, and it might be six days. It might be six weeks. It might be six months. It might be a couple of years. But they pop their head out of their little prairie dog hole and they start looking around. And the problem is they can't find that group. And, True. and you were talking about your, your friend that helped you a mm-hmm. lot. People like that who are out there that people can connect with. And I talked about Jacob Schick and the One Tribe Foundation. Uh, organizations like that that are a little bit more visible, that will allow somebody to reach out. You know, because unfortunately, and I, I know that um, the Marine Corps League tries to change that, the VFW tries to change that, the American Legion tries to change that, but these are perceived as 20th century organizations. And I had mentioned IAVA before in that they were trying to be a 21st century veteran service organization, but there's just a lot of veterans are reluctant it's a bit of a negative connotation to the traditional VSOs. So they're looking around. They don't know where to go. One of the reasons we were talking about homeless veteran services in Dallas, one of the reasons it's important to mention the fact that they are the Veteran Resource Center. And there are four or five of them in the DFW area, and it's just a huge area. So for our listeners who are not familiar with Texas, which is a very large state, extremely large state, um, uh, But let's talk about DFW. DFW is the size of Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Delaware combined. Our GDP. Yeah. I mean, people, I I talk to... We are densely populated. Our our home office is in New York, and for them to travel to another state is literally no big deal. Right, yeah. When I was living in San Antonio, I could get out of the country faster than I could get to another state. I'll I'll never forget my son when he was, uh, he went to a Boy Scout... uh, trip and oh gosh you'll you'll probably remember it's in the mountains um here in texas but he said mom we i was like how was it he goes mom we drove and we drove and we drove and we were still in texas yep. he goes and then we drove and we drove and we, we drove, drove some more and we were still in texas you know i used to have a car like that oh sorry <laughs> That's a kind of a oh, shot at Texas but no you know and it's 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 critical and that's why we ask our veterans, find an organization, reach out, kind of open your eyes. And, and I'm very proud of the work the Texas Veterans Commission does in this state. Um, that's one place. Uh, they do a lot of work with education. They do a lot of work with employment. I was with last night. There are people that are working on that. We have a program for entrepreneurs. That's what John Albers and I were talking about in his segment. Uh, the people at A&M are running a veterinary program. Uh, the University of Texas at, at Arlington runs the, um, gosh, now I can't remember what they call it, B-O-A-B, I believe it is. They have an incredible entrepreneur program. Patrick Alcon, who's a uh, West Point graduate, uh, more energy than I have. But that's one of the problems is you're looking around in the fish out of water. These civilians don't have a clue. I hate to say it. I know they care, and they try hard, but they don't have a clue. We, we don't. Yep. We don't. I mean, I'm a civilian, and I will tell you, I have, 
I support our military. I support our veterans 110%. Any, I mean, you know, my goodness, Chuck, anything you said, hey, Kathy, can you volunteer for this? I'm there. JP and I have promoted veterans, you know, till the, as long as the day, the, the day is long or whatever that saying is. I have no idea. I, 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 can't, I can't fathom. That's why I have to say thank you so much when we do have a Kelly Kellogg in, in studio with us on a show like this where we're able to talk about, you know, transitioning with veterans. And I know we're going to – and, Kelly, you, you can stay with us for a while because we've got um, Rob Altman who we're going to bring I'm going to hop in. up and oh, okay. let my friend Rob Altman oh, sit down. Okay. Oh, uh-oh. So You're about to take the co-chair seat, Rob. Rob. And then uh, uh, <laughs> we'll let Rob talk for a little bit, and then we're going to kind of come back and we'll bring Ken back on because yeah, we want it definitely. for our listeners who didn't tune in early, and we're gonna we're gonna share the lucky story again, um, but uh, we want to oh, share no. the story <laughs> of the why behind why we're supporting HVSD. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll bring us. Uh, uh, All right, Rob, come on over and. Oh and God, another egg. I forgot about uh, that. <laughs> Rob Altman, meet Kelly Kellogg, eighty second Airborne. I'm going to slide out. You guys jump in. Y'all get to see behind. And, and Kelly, if you want to stay on with us, please do. Oh, thank you. Kelly, what brigade were you in? Uh, first and third. First and third. Okay, great. And Nathaniel, and did you just reboot, restart it for us? What's that? Fantastic. They're changing, they're changing into to have four on Bragg right when I was getting out. Okay, all right. So yeah. I was in third brigade, uh, 82nd, a long, long time. Oh, nice. So... Hey, Kathy, howdy! How are okay, you? I want to make I want to make sure we're back because we're doing every so often we're rebooting and going live again on some of our social media feeds. So, sure. Nathaniel, are we back up and running? Okay, excellent. Okay, so um, Rob Altman, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, I ha my haven't friend. haven't seen you in a while. Or I see you. I know you're out and about. You right. and I miss each other sometimes on some of sure. these uh, these events here in the community. So um, let's talk about your service first of sure. all. Thank okay. you for your service, and we uh, appreciate you so it. much. Absolutely. And you know, and see, and again, here's here we have somebody else saying you're worth it. You know, an honor to serve. You know, I mean, I just. Um, it's for somebody who cannot thank people who have served enough, it, right. you know, the, the humility that comes, I think from probably being in the service that, um, you know, the graciousness, boy, I think we've, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, we've got a, a younger generation out there that a lot of this is lost on. And that's another reason, you know, we're, we're, we do this veterans telephone for one thing, it's for the veterans and it's for those who, um, who are in need and and today we're helping um, raise money through uh, the homeless veterans uh, uh, services of Dallas right um, go and donate hvsd.org uh, make it a monthly donation make it one big donation however you can get the money to them um, because they need that money and then I think that we also need to make sure anybody who's listening today and if you're a veteran yourself first of all thank you for your service um, if even if you're not if you've got young kids at home need to go home and you need to talk to them about veterans maybe they need to see um, a couple of movies that are based on true stories maybe they need to read a few books um, you know when I see a lack of pride for country and a lack of pride for service it breaks my heart and so you know it's it's up to those like gentlemen fine gentlemen like yourselves and 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 civilians like me to do anything we can to make sure that that it's not lost on a generation. 
Well, thank you for that, Kathy. And I wanted to ask my friend here, uh, did you participate in the program down in Dallas? Or is that how Chuck roped you into this? No, actually, we know each other through Joanna, yeah, another okay. mutual yeah, friend. Right. Well, we brought him over from Oklahoma today. Oh, great. <laughs> well, good to have you here. I, I just want to say uh, with respect to the, the efforts in Dallas County and that yeah. homeless veteran, uh, the, the welding training and that, that program, uh, well, let me back up. I'm sorry. I don't want our listeners to, to misunderstand, but there is the, the Homeless Veterans Program, but then there's also one of those side efforts is the uh, welding certification program. I was just over talking at Frisco Lakes to a lot of those great veterans over there. We there's, They still have a World War II veteran over there. Yeah. And Mike Martin was telling me about his efforts, and I know Chuck's involved, but Chuck Wright's involved, but the, the effort to get some of our veterans certified and and completely spun up and educated on being a welder. That what a wonderful profession! I remember being in college at A and M as an enlisted man, and my neighbor was a welder, and he was apprenticing. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing his his status in life expanding and getting a whole lot better. And he was making a whole lot of money. And I thought, man, I need to be a welder. <laughs> I need know? some of that. <laughs> anyway, it's just great, and I really want to say thanks to the folks in Dallas that have done a lot to help our veteran community and. It's, you know, the veteran community that you're talking about in the younger generation. I think it's, it's all about serving others. I'll never forget when I was, uh, when I was a young private in the 82nd <laughs> and, and still hadn't had all that, you know, arrogance beaten out of me yet. I had a squad leader. You know, we were, we were doing a training operation. And anyway, I got in trouble. I did something wrong. And he's, he basically said it's not all about you. And it just it shocked me, and it made an impact on my life that, what I was doing, uh, everything I did as an infantry rifle platoon soldier in the 82nd Airborne in 3505, uh, it was about my brothers. It was about my sisters. It was about the team. It was about something bigger than myself. Right. And so, uh, man, it's, good. it's always good to meet a fellow Airborne. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the current stuff that mm -hmm. you're doing. Um you're very active in the Frisco community, which is yes, where VentureX, and, I, and I'm going to give a shout out to VentureX um, uh, while you're in here because I know you're big in the community. If anybody's looking for co-working space, office right. space, especially if, you know, your office has been shut down, your physical office has been shut down, um, this is a great facility. It's the home of J.P. Kathy and the crew and a number of our podcasts. Um, we really appreciate them, the owners, and I want to give a shout out. Oh, and Perfect timing, Leon. Um, Leon Chastine, who's one of the owners, they have donated today's. So they are making zero money out of off of um, the studio space today. So um, they have donated the space. They donated um, Cade's. They're paying for Cade and Nathaniel's services today. So we really appreciate them. They've got a, uh, not a fundraiser, a um, happy hour today from 530 to 730, where some other veterans are going to come and talk. Um, the owners, the leadership here at, at, at VentureX, they get it. They understand Absolutely. how important our military are, and they donated this this space today so we could host this telethon. And so we could we could tell people, please, instead of going out and getting a cup of coffee, instead of going out doing you know some kind of food delivery service tonight, go donate your money to the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, um, hvsd.org. The first thing that's going to pop up is a donate page. And um, if you can make that a monthly donation, it's all the better. You know, um, it was great last year, Kathy, yeah. when I got to come 
to the very first, yeah. well, my first telethon with you and, and uh, JP. JP, yeah. And it was because Coralie Randolph had invited yeah. me. Yeah. And so I met Leon last year. Leon gave me his card said, hey, I want to help you out, whatever. We're still kind of navigating what's going on with the COVID world. And so I was finally able to connect Leon uh, and VentureX with our American Legion. So we have uh, our American Legion is a group of mostly elderly folks, and they were able to come and meet at VentureX for a while, free of charge. So, Leon, thank you, sir, for doing that. That's wonderful, 100%. VentureX is awesome. I know yeah. folks in the community that are working here. Yeah. The VFW, we've held our officer meetings here for some time. And so Sheena Lawless, and yeah. she's doing a great job with Fantastic the Frisco VFW job. 8273. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So, and I'm just really excited. And so glad you walked in, sir. Thank you so much for your support of our community. That was a God thing. Perfect timing. Absolutely. God's good Absolutely. that way. 100%. Well, so let's talk about some of the stuff you've been doing in Frisco. Yes, Again, you know, I'm always so amazed at those who are in the military who serve and then come back they've served in uniform and they come back and out of uniform they find a way to serve and right. you know rob you're one of those well thanks kathy i liken it to needing to continue to have a purpose in your life right and so one of those things when people talk about veteran transition what are the things that we need we need educational resources we need community resources we need you know, all those things that when you don't have to move around a lot, you sometimes take for granted. And if you can present that to a veteran who's moving into town and help them get connected, but also that sense of purpose. Okay, where is it? What's your niche? What's your passion? How can you plug in? And I, I want to thank my friend Chuck Wright. He does such a great job with trying Bravo, to, Chuck. I know we bust yeah. his chops a lot because oh, he's... Well, it's fun. Well, he's, he's Marine, it's, so. it's, yeah, it's, and it's fun to Happy bust birthday. his chops. You know, it is. Happy birthday, Maureen. <laughs> um, but, you know, it. but I tell you what, there is not a veterans event in the DFW North Texas area that you do not see this man pouring his heart and soul into. Absolutely. And he'll tell you what works, what hasn't worked. And even if it didn't work before, if you've got a good idea, Chuck will help you try to figure out how to make it happen. And so with respect to my personal transition coming into Frisco, I met folks like Chuck. I met folks like Fred Rogers and John Keating. And we just jumped right in head first and said, okay, what can we do to make the community better? And it's like being a teammate on, you know, your squad or your rifle platoon. And in the 82nd, you just, you just, they have this little funny little saying in the airborne. And I was also in the 101st too. And that was a wonderful experience for me, but they call it uh, little groups of pissed off paratroopers. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? The LGOPs. It's the role of the LGOPs. Okay. So see, y'all got your own language. They they both said the same (laughs) thing under their breath. I'm like, wait, what? Well, it comes from. When we jumped into World War II, everybody was so scattered about. You didn't know where your unit was, so it was little groups of paratroopers that grouped together to continue the mission. And so that, and that's a term we'll just continue to use. Yeah. So he's right. The leaders and the generals were like, "Hey, if anything goes wrong, we've got the LGOPs that'll take care (laughs) of us." Little groups of paratroopers. It worked. (laughs) There you go. And so, in that fashion. When I landed in Frisco, I'm, and, and J.P. Hogan, I forgot to mention him, you know, you find each other and very quickly figure out where you fit, and you just line up your efforts and, and say, okay, this is going to fill a void in my life. Because when people ask me, what do I miss about the service, there's an element of, there's an element of you deployed overseas, and there were some 
there were some combat experiences that you're never going to replace. And I'll have to tell you about another organization that's doing great things. Yes, please, please do. Please uh, do. Promote anyone you want today. MVP, Merging Vets and Players. Okay. And so my friend, Robbie Bryant, who is a former NFL wide receiver, played for the Baltimore Ravens, the Falcons, and played a lot in Canada. Recently, with the Cowboys organization and Coach McCarthy and uh, Coach Quinn, who supported it when they were in other places in the NFL, we were able to bring a bunch of veterans and then former football players together. You talk about two groups of people who have had intense experiences and they've been in combat and they've played football and now all of a sudden that's removed from your life. That's a psychological adjustment. So there's one more organization that's getting together, folks are working out, and then they're talking about what they're dealing with in life. And they are working on helping veteran transition. So we've got a whole bunch of groups working to help veterans. I'm really excited uh, about the uh, the fundraiser for Veteran Services of Dallas. That's such an awesome organization. But me personally, uh, recently, I don't know if you heard about this, Kathy. We, we worked with Leadership Frisco 24 on right. the Veteran Memorial Refresh. Right. And I think I may yes, have talked I, about that on the Yes, I was going to say, I, you, came, you came in studio to talk right. about that. So update. It funds was raised. amazing. All of the funds were raised. It was, yes. they exceeded the goal, and it. the park was refreshed in Frisco, and it looks beautiful. And I just want to thank John Keating, the Frisco CDC, JP Hogan, Chuck Wright, who worked with us on that on FAC, FVAC, Frisco Veterans Advisory Committee, all leadership Frisco 24, all of the people that donated to that. And they also, it was really great because Chuck had a huge win when we got Woody Williams down here and got the Gold Store Families Monument. If there's been any name that's been dropped the most today on the telethon, (laughs) it's going to be Woody. And and, and, and I don't know. I just found this out today. He he took a fall. um, And so he's he's still in the hospital, did not have to have a hip replacement. But we are asking for prayers for for him, for Woody. He's just an amazing individual. you would never believe his age. And and then when you hear his story, and we we talked about his story earlier, just such a stellar individual. Well, I think that, Kathy, it's all about giving back. It's yes. all about service above self. When I was talking at Frisco Lakes just a little over an hour ago, I was using some of the Reagan quotes from his first inaugural address, and he was talking about there was a gentleman by the name of Martin Treptow who in World War One volunteered, left his barbershop, whether it was Wisconsin or Michigan, I can't remember anyway. He went and served with the Rainbow Division in World War One, Then he was killed delivering messages in World War One. But they found his diary, and in it he said, I will fight, I will save, I will do whatever I need to do uh, to, to win this war as if the, it was all dependent upon me. Yeah. And President Reagan used that quote, and then he goes on to say, you know, we can have hope. It's, why shouldn't we? We're yeah. Americans. And so people ask me why I'm so positive, and I think that it was instilled in me as a veteran to stay positive, to know that you can always accomplish the mission, whatever it may be. And in this case now as a veteran for Frisco, Collin, Denton County, North Texas, you know, whatever it is that we need to accomplish, we can find a way to do it together. Right, right. Well, Rob, we just, we appreciate you and um, your, first of all, your service. So yeah, happy absolutely. Veterans Day. God bless you, you for your service. And thank you for coming in studio. I know, yeah. I know you're, you know, you're one of those folks that's super busy. Um, and I'm so glad that you and Kelly got to meet each yeah, other. Absolutely. What, what was El, sure. Elga, Elga, say it again. LGOP. 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 Okay, there you go. Okay. Well, that's Learn something new today. To, to meet a former 
uh, another airborne brother. So, uh, yeah. Kathy, it's so good to see you. Please uh, love tell, you, my friend. Take love care. Love you too. Tell JP I said I will. Hey, he's he's with his dad in the hospital. Okay. So prayers prayers right? for his dad. We're hoping so. We're hoping okay. so. He's all you right. know having some ebbs and flows and stuff. So we're just we're hoping he gets. Well, he JP, gets if to you're going to look at this, I'm praying for you, and I really appreciate your friendship. And uh, Leon, thanks again for all you do. Hey, supporting. I want to chime in here just a yes, second, sir. if you don't mind. I want to I want to make an introduction to you. I need. Do you still have my card? I'm sure I do somewhere. Well, Kathy, Are you cool if I text <laughs> yeah, him your please, cell phone number? I'll hook y'all up in I text. Make, I want to make an introduction to you. There's a guy up in Salina. They have a charity called Grace Bridge. Okay. And Carter Morris runs it, and it was originally birthed out of Prestonwood. And Charlie Loper, okay. they uh, have in Africa, they probably they have. A, I know they have a hospital, a school, and a lot of the efforts that they do from they have a couple resale shops. They help support their stuff in Africa. But what's going on here in Salina is they have a food bank. They also, they will go in and if somebody that, let's say for an example, you have a veteran or somebody that passed away and they need help taking everything out of their house, they'll go and actually unload the house oh, go wow. and then repurpose it and give it back away. And so it would be a great connection for you to build a relationship yes, that could help veterans as well. And, uh, and so... We have a new project on our farm out here in the outside of Salina. We're building a new 5,000-square-foot barn, and we want to wow. get with you. It's going to be central heat and air conditioned. And so if you decide you want to do an event next year for wow. veterans, we'll donate the barn for just the cost of cleaning it up and the event insurance. And we also left you a check from Salina Miracle Farms. For five hundred dollars just now, so to oh, the wow. association. So we wanted to say pop in and say we honor you guys and love you guys, praying for you, and so we look forward to speaking with you later on. Leon, thank you so much, sir. What a, what an honor! I'm so grateful. So that that's amazing. Yeah, and so that's for my wife and me from Miracle Farms, and we left you a check, and we just want to let you know. Thank you. I hope you guys are Oh, thank, you, thank you so much. Well, and, awesome. and I know Ken's still listening from the um, Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas. He's going to be thrilled about the money. And then I'm telling you, anybody here from the Frisco area in the veterans community, this barn they're building, it's, and this is, a, this, is a, this is a project that God put on their heart. And wow. um, this is on Leon's personal property. And, and you'll want to take them up on that. Yeah, it's a amazing. great opportunity. A, there's so many ways that can be used. And I... Uh, I can't wait, and whoever's listening, I know their wheels are turning. So, Kathy, thank you so much. It's so good you to see bet. you, my friend. And love you, my friend. You yeah, take care you of yourself, too, and, and thank you again for your service. I'll, I'll make sure that uh, I, we we touch base and real quick. And thank Definitely. you for that. So, All right, take care. You. Good to see yeah. you. All right, we're going to move Chuck back <laughs> in. Yeah, man. Um, right. We're actually um, thanks, Rob. We appreciate you, sir. Um, we're about to move Chuck back in. We've got and and let me know if you you will when Cindy is in um in um. Oh, okay. If we can go ahead and let Cindy in, and I'm going to bring Chuck back on with me because this is a this is a unique topic. So do we have Cindy? Do we have her in? I'm going to go ahead and introduce her segment. Um, so you know we're we're sitting here we're talking about veterans. And we're sitting here, you know, either via Zoom with, you know, folks like Greg, um, John, with, you know, any number of folks we've had on today. We've got Kelly. We're so blessed that he came over from Oklahoma to hang out with us. Um, golly, do, do I sound more Texan when I say the word Oklahoma? <laughs> I mean, doggone it. I, I am I 
born and raised. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm even going, wow, you sound Texan, honey. Um, so anyways, um, but, um, you know, it, it's so great. So we get to see Kelly in studio and we got to have Rob, you know, we've got Chuck who's been with us and then Andrew and the folks who are out raising money um, on the golf course today. Of course, yeah, we're like, we're the one, he's hardly, you know, he's hardly working today. But we, so we're talking about veterans and veterans transitioning back into the, the civilian life or like Kelly so eloquently put it, attempting to, you know, and, and, and sometimes that is just such a hard transition. What about our veterans, our, our soldiers who served? I'd be willing to. And they didn't, they didn't. They never came home. They didn't come home and they're still missing. They, they're, the loved ones didn't get the dog tags. They didn't get, um, they don't have any, any DNA to like, they don't know what happened to their loved one, to their, to their husband, their wife, their father, their son, their daughter, their mother, their uncle, their brother, their friend. I, you know, and, and um, Joanna, when she um, introduced me to Cindy, and I think you and, Cin- you and Cindy actually have, it's one of those six degrees of separation or Kevin Bacon or whatever they call it, where I don't, I mess all the, all the phrases up. I mess them up. So somebody correct me on social media. But um, I think y'all know each other because she's done work with Woody as well um so um so she'll she'll talk about that she she thinks y'all might know know each other have corresponded but um we've got cindy and i want to make sure it's stonebreaker um and her father and actually i'm going to look this up because i do not i do do not want to mess up the the um how many years her father has been gone y'all give me two seconds on this um just give me a second because i want to make sure i do this right because this is something i think we do not talk about enough when it comes to our um military and our military family so okay so cindy stonebreaker and she is um the daughter of oh and Cindy, I'm going to have to let you correct me on this if I'm wrong. I know. Well, Cindy, she is. You she, tell the story. She is. Yes, yeah, Cindy. Going to mess it well, up. Cindy, she. I know she is the daughter of a, a Vietnam um, soldier. And Cindy, your father is it 51 or 53 years that he has been missing in action? Uh, last week marked 53 years that my dad has been uh, missing in action over North Vietnam. And he is Lieutenant Colonel Kenneth Stonebreaker. U.S. Air Force, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, and yeah, C- Kathy Cindy, doesn't understand the difference between soldiers I, and airmen. I and do. I, a little, a little, a little bit, but that's why I have Chuck here to correct me. Um, and Cindy, thank you so much for coming on. I know we're, we're catching you in between speaking engagements, but, um, you know, when I spoke to you and, and then when Chuck and I had a follow-up conversation, I just thought, okay, on Veterans Day, you know, like I said, I've, I'm, I'm very blessed. I've been surrounded by veterans all day, and I've got, you know, two handsome veterans sitting right across the table from me. Your father didn't come home. Yep. He's still considered MIA. So talk about that, and what can we do to help, gosh, to help to help, to help help have closure? I, I don't know how else to, to say that. How, how do we have closure with a loved one who is still missing how do we do that? Well, I'll share a little bit of my story. Um, like I said, I'm the daughter of Lieutenant Colonel Kenneth Stonebreaker. He was stationed at Udorn Airfield in Thailand in um, October of 1968. He left on a night reconnaissance mission over North Vietnam, and he just never returned. 
Um, and as those who served in Vietnam know, that was an era that this was never talked about. So for about 45 years, I felt all alone and like nobody cared and that my dad had been forgotten. And we didn't talk about it at home, and it wasn't something we definitely didn't talk about out in the public. And I started on a crazy journey about eight years ago when I was driving from Kentucky into Tennessee, and I stopped at a rest stop, and there were seven Rolling Thunder members hoisting the POW MIA flag. And once they got done hoisting that flag for the very first time, I walked up and I said, my dad's still missing in Vietnam. And they embraced me. Um, which was really scary at a rest stop um, with a bunch of bikers. <laughs> but they told me that my dad hadn't been forgotten. And Did we lose audio? We lost audio. Oh, there we go. I'm sorry, Cindy, can you repeat that last part? You said, you know, you were embraced by all these bikers at a, at a, at a rest stop. And then can you, your audio cut out for a second. So can you repeat what you just said? Uh, they were, they told me that it was me and families like me that is the reason they kept their mission going and that my dad hadn't been forgotten. Mm. Um, that, that rest stop visit literally changed the course of my life. Because of that, I was invited to attend an event mm -hmm. in America's Georgia um, where I had the ability to meet seven other MIA children seven other people just like me and for 45 years I had never known anybody like me so that that put a course that changed the course of of my life and um it's it's an honor to be able to be here and share a little bit of my dad's story with with you all well, and we appreciate that, and we know we know you've got a small window of opportunity. How, so, so tell me, have you do you get notified when they think maybe they've found the remains of your father? I mean, how does how does that whole MIA POW MIA how does that work? Well, the original notification that came in 1968 basically said that my dad left on a mission and he never returned back to base. Um, I remember at that time we were told that not to worry so much about it. Um, you know, chances are he might show up here in the next couple weeks. And here we are 53 years later and still really don't have a lot of answers. Uh, part of the journey that I've been on has led me to um, spend some time in Washington, D.C. in right. 2015. I was elected to sit on the board of directors for the National League of POW MIA Families in DC. And that got me very much acquainted with the issue. Um, growing up, I didn't know anybody was still looking. I didn't know this was an issue that that anybody was still working on. Um, I've had the ability to did, so, spend some time on an estimation. Well, and let me ask you this, Cindy. So did lab. you, Cindy, did you, so did you think that, you know, you're sitting here and feeling the heartbreak of missing your dad. And you said, like, and, and, and this, I guess, is something that surprises me as well. But I, I guess I can understand. And I, no, actually, I can't because I, because I, I, I can't understand. I haven't been there. Um, your parent, your family, your family didn't talk about it. You said when, when your dad was is considered MIA. 
And so did you feel like the country had forgotten about your dad? I mean, did you feel very abandoned? Oh, very, very abandoned. Um, none of the none of the kids I went to school with had dads that were away at war, and definitely no one that was missing. Um, you know, my mom moved us to a small little town in Northern California, and half the town didn't know we were at war, and the other half was against it. So it wasn't anything that you could talk about. So it wasn't until the last eight years or so where this has been something that I've been able to meet other people like me, um, been able to meet with some of the government and military officials that are still working on this issue. And, you know, just to get to honor my dad. And I'm finding out through my work with the Woody Williams Foundation that the nation still remembers and my dad will never be forgotten. And and, and amen, Sandy. And I'm I'm so so mm-hmm. honored that you came on our telethon today, um, because you're right. We we won't we haven't forgotten your dad. And and you know God bless you for what you're doing for your father and for your father's memory. Because I mean you know you're not much older than I am, so you were very very young when when your dad went missing in service to our great nation. So you right now are helping educate other people who had a family member who was MIA, and we appreciate that. Can people get in touch with you, or is there an organization that you can tell us about that people can reach out to um, in order to, if Um, if somebody else has has a family member who was missing in action and they don't know where to turn? They can go to the National League of POW MIA Families. They can do a search for that. And that they can get, get connected with other families like them. And um, DPAA.mil, um, that's the Department of Defense's POW MIA accounting agency. If you go to DPAA, you can keep up to date with all of the most current numbers. And right now, just from the Vietnam War, there's 1,584 1, that are still listed as missing um, from Vietnam. So um, DPAA is a wealth of, of resources also and helps connect families to getting their military records and connecting with other families and updates on their individual cases. Cindy, I, uh, it's Chuck Wright. Uh, I, thank you for being on. Uh, Kathy and I both worked with POW Sam Johnson, who was a U.S. congressman, had a world, a ton of respect for him. I was an Air Force brat, so I have a question, and then I'm going to share a quick story. What did your father fly? I'm guessing F-105s. Uh, he flew, he flew uh, RF-4C is yep. what he was flying when he went down. When I got my dad's record several years ago, I found out that the 10 years prior to him switching to the F-4, which he had only flown for six months, the previous 10 years, he had flown the B-47. Oh, okay. Okay, so um, um, as I mentioned earlier, oh, that was in a, at our breakfast when I spoke this morning. Uh, I'm a bit of, a, of an aviation nerd, and I was a helicopter pilot um, in the Marine Corps, but uh, I'm an Air Force brat. So I tell the story, and you were talking about the kids at your school not being able to appreciate what you went through. So most kids get called out, especially in elementary school, you get called out of class to go to the principal's office, and it's tee-hee, what did you do, all that stuff. We didn't do that. Uh, I went to school on the base at Kadena. 
because it wasn't uncommon. That child didn't never, you never saw them again. They were immediately flown back home to the U.S. Uh, Kadena is in Okinawa for our listeners who don't know where it is. Um, but it is something that has been, and I have met with and heard briefings from the guys who actually go on the hunts uh, to try to find the wreckages, to try to bring back the remains. Something I always post online when it happens. Just never forget. And um, earlier we had Rob Altman on. And Rob and I both sit on the mayor's veteran advisory council here in Frisco. And one of the things that we got done, and it was a push by our friend Fred Rogers from the American Legion, and we now fly in Frisco the uh, POW MIA flags. We didn't do that beforehand. Wow. And so we want to make sure we never, never forget and never stop looking yeah, at it. Is one of the odd byproducts every time we go to war with somebody we wind up being really good friends with them. You know, the Japanese are one of our strongest allies. Um, we are now developing strong relationships with Vietnam, and they have a, a strong anti-affinity to China as, as we do. But one of the gratifying things about that is they are allowing more and more the searches to go out and find that. And I had mentioned this when we were talking about you being on the air. Um one of the problems is the jungles over there are just so dense and so thick. It does make it difficult. Um, and then the, the Woody, Woody Williams connection, I had to share this with you. I led the Gold Star Family Monument Project in Frisco, and I've been, I've been showing off pictures here in the studio. Well, and I think Ken wants to jump in. Ken's still with us from the um, Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas. Ken, did you want to say something to Cindy or chime in on I'll this be, bet important does. conversation? Vietnam vet. Yeah. Yes, uh, Cindy, you know, my heart goes out to you. You know, I was in the Offshore Valley in 68, and we were been overrun uh, several days trying to get out of the valley. And them F-4s come right down on top of us. They put their lives on the line. They saved a lot of, lot of, lot of veterans and Marines. I just can't say enough about the air cover that we had. And without them, the death count would be a lot higher. Um, you know, when they come in at the pretty top level, you can see their sunglasses. When that yeah. napalm come off that floor, you could get hit in the top of the treetop. Uh, they, you know, they wouldn't know 200 yards up. They was down there with us. So I can't say enough about the air, air power that we had in 2000. 19, I made a trip to Hanoi. I'm, in another lifetime, I'm also chairman of the Valor Veterans. And, you know, it was sort of uh, disappointing to see all the wreckage up there that they had compiled. But at the same time, nobody visits that. You know, it, it's just a different atmosphere. Now, I sit down with a general around a round table, which I felt very uncomfortable in the room because had pictures of Gaddafi over here and Arafat over here. And I, um, I quite frankly had a lot of anger, still do. But uh, the general was trying to locate 200 troops that he lost outside of Saigon. So we have a relationship back and forth. But the issue is that we dropped so much, <clears throat> excuse me, ordinance over there. There's still a lot, a lot of live ammo. And it's difficult to uh, re reclaim a lot right, right now. So. My prayers are for all of you. I, I have 
had the ability to travel uh, to Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, and Thailand myself. I was on a delegation trip with the National League of POW MIA families and the Department of Defense. And you're right. I mean, we were, I got to spend some five days on top of a mountain in Laos up in the jungles on an excavation site. And there were two complete Lao villages working alongside our American team on, on that site. So, um, you know, growing up and not thinking anything was happening and to see all of the hard work and dedication being done to, to, uh, uh, get our unreturned veterans home, um, it didn't give me closure, but it did give me a peek. And, um, you know, I got to look in the face and the eyes of the guys up there doing this work, and it it, it touched my heart. You know, um, when I went, uh, we took, actually, we took a POW back to Hanoi on that trip, as well as it did. And it was an experience that I, I wasn't looking for closure. But after I got home a few months later, my wife told me that I laughed more now than I did in the last 20 years. So I guess, you know, it does help a little bit. Again, uh, prayers for, for you all and your family. Thank you. Well, thank you, Ken. And, and we're going to have Ken back on again to talk about how we can help out with the Homeland Vet, Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas. But, um, Cindy, so, again, if you'll anybody who is still suffering from a loved one who did not return, what who do they go to? Where do they turn for information and for support? Uh, they can turn to the dpaa.mills website that will help them get connected to their branches of service and and gather um, information on their individual cases. There's the National League of POW MIA families. And then feel free to reach out to me at the wittywilliams.org. Um, um, you know, I'd, I'd be help, happy to help with anybody connecting them with anything that they need. That's part of what the Woody Williams Foundation does, along with uh, building the monuments. I know you've, you've gotten some updates on from, from your area. I wish I could have been at your dedication. Um, but working with the Woody Williams Foundation and being able to connect what we're finding is we're connecting a lot of Vietnam families around these memorials when they're put in a community. And a lot of times the Vietnam families have felt like they've, you know, kind of been pushed aside and seeing families in communities that may live a block or two away and not know the other Vietnam families in their community has really, really made a big difference in my life is making sure there's not another family member that feels all alone and like nobody cared like I did growing up. Cindy, very Cindy, much. Working with Woody. Thank Cindy, you for what you're doing. Woody, oh, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, working with Woody, do you know uh, Barney Barnum? Yes. I, I served with our, uh, Barney when he earned his medal. 65. Both of them are great role models. Barney's a great individual. Cindy, I'm going to leave you with a Woody quote, but it's clear that you embody this quote. Uh, and it, it is it is something he says often, the cause is greater than I. And thank you so much for what you're doing. And tell Chad and Alex that uh, I said hi. I, I absolutely will. We're all going different directions today, as you can imagine. 
Um, but, but I will make sure they get the message. And I thank you all for the opportunity to be here and share a little bit and um, help bring awareness to the 1,584 that are still listed in, as missing in action in Vietnam. We will never forget. We, we, we won't. Thank you, Cindy. God bless you. And it's such an honor to know you. Um, I think, um, thank you, Cindy. Um, that's, that, that's, I think that's really important that, that Cindy was on today and I'm so honored that she was on. Um, Have you still got the lucky video? Oh, that's fine. I was, I was about to ask him the same thing. And Nathaniel, do we, should we start restart or should we, can we, do we have time to go ahead and play this and interview Ken for a little bit longer? Okay, perfect. Then I'm going to let you go ahead and take over with Ken. Um, I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad that we, um, had Cindy on and I've got to thank Joanna for the connection there. Um, I, I think this is something and I would imagine probably on Kilroy's conversation, y'all could have a whole entire show with Cindy yeah, um, and discuss awesome. this, you know, because again, I am, it makes me very blessed to be sitting across from two fine veterans like you and Kelly um, to be talking to other veterans today, Ken and everybody. There's a lot of folks, I mean, over a thousand people from Vietnam who the loved one didn't come home. Well, and as bad mm. as that is, it was worse than every other war. Um, and mm. it's just so many. We just don't know what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, and fortunately, we don't have, we no longer fill the tomb of the unknown soldier for, for post-Korea wars yeah. because of DNA. Yeah. We now know who they are. So right. they, they at least have a name. Yeah. And that's the truly sad thing. And I'm not going to go into that. Because I'll get all choked up. But let me set this up. We're about to show a video, so we're gonna we were gonna come back to what our telethon is about today, um, and it's I'm gonna set up a video of one of the success stories of homeless veteran services of Dallas. Uh, this was set up by my friend, a fellow Marine, retired First Sergeant Matthew Olavola, who now works with us. Um, ABC did this for us. And with that, uh, Nathaniel, go ahead and hit play, and we'll let it, we'll share the lucky story. He got a second chance after drowning his life in alcohol and drugs, and now he's helping other veterans get the help they need. This is Kevin Reed. Why is it in miserable weather like this that even after a 45-minute drive from from Oak Cliff to Garland, you can find someone in this good of a mood. You still coming from Oak Cliff? <laughs> I am, man. Because Lucky Lawhorn has seen a lot worse. Not that long ago, he was living in his car in Oak Cliff, searching for the next park to call home for the night. A Navy veteran drowning his life in alcohol and drugs. I thought about, you know, uh, dying and I thought about living, but and dying, dying sounded better. Until he found the Veteran Resource Center and Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas. Temporary housing, alcohol and drug treatment, job training, and now employed at the VA hospital in Garland, helping other veterans get the help they need. And, and it also, man, gave me a boost in uh, uh, confidence that uh, I can tell somebody else that it's possible. And the late R. Lee Army is part of this story, too, because the golf tournament that bears his name happens this Friday at Bear Creek Golf Club, a fundraiser to keep Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas <laughs> helping the next lucky law Obviously, COVID has impacted our ability to do outreach, and now that that is opening up, we're trying to make sure 
we can meet the needs of our veterans. But I'm blessed to wake up every morning, man. And I get up, I wake up every morning, man, at four o'clock. Rain, shine, sleet, or snow. I'm up, man, because it's the dawning of another opportunity. God spared my life for a reason. And I'm here, and I have a purpose. And my purpose is not just for me. My purpose is to help others. And to continue doing that, they'll accept all the help you can offer. In Garland, I'm Kevin Reese. As we head to tonight. And uh, Pete, we've got some breaking news out of Collin County. This is a live look from HD Chopper 8. Plano firefighters are battling a two-story house fire. This is happening near West Park Boulevard and Custer Road. There you see uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, firefighters there on the scene trying to take out this fire. It, it's happening just west of 75. This is in central Plano. Oh, we had to wake him up. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> oh, I need to repeat my question. So, Ken, um, we just ran the lucky video uh, uh, that we had from last year from promoting the golf tournament and promoting Homeless Veteran Services in Dallas. But talk about your inspiration to found the Homeless Veteran Services in Dallas back in 2004 and what you've been doing to serve our most vulnerable veterans. Wow. You know, um, my journey actually started uh, probably about 25 years ago when I was commandant of the Big D Detachment Red Corps League here in Dallas. And, and about a week after I was uh, elected, I was asked to go to Flagpole Hill to speak at a Marines uh, memorial. And... When I got out there, I, I didn't do nothing about the brain, so I started reading a little follow they had on him. And I uh, come find out I served with him on the same gun in 1965 outside the name Vietnam. And the difference was, is I sat there with a red jacket on, had a Marine Corps cover on, and a clean, high and tight haircut, and he was a bucker. We had with a different world period. I didn't recognize, you know, the pictures now. And after the memorial service, they started, the rest of the bikers started getting on me. They said, Waterson, where you been? McAnally has been kicking the door down to VA about PTSD and, and veterans issues. And, and truthfully, I was, uh, I was farming at that time and I, I was not involved in none of it. So at that moment, I sort of set my goals to kick the, door open, not down with the VA. And I can say that in the last uh, 20 years, we have made a lot of progress with the VA to make it better. Still a ways to go. 
But that's really, that's really what got me involved into what we're doing here. In um, 2007, we started receiving a lot of KIAs from uh, coming in. And um, I was asked to see what we could do to help them when they got here. So we uh, we created a service that would go out and pick them up, take them to the to the uh, funeral home and then to the final resting place. And then we started having a lot of serious, severely wounded uh, veterans coming in. So we set up a, ba- a band program that will go out and pick the Iraq veterans up and bring them to the VA. One thing we found out at that time that they didn't know how to reach out for services. And um, so that's that was really the birth part of uh, uh, the Veterans Resource Center is to be, be able to provide services to the veterans that needs it. And that van program went for about four or about, about five years, and it was tremendous. There were handicapped vans. There were severe wounded veterans that we served. And um, now then the VA does that themselves. They'll send a, a van out to pick them up. So there's been a lot of things changed. But at the same time, I've seen there was a great need for the homeless and, and also for all veterans. So that was um, the... Uh, idea behind the Veterans Resource Center. During one of our meetings at the VA, they talked about tearing down the old National Guard armory three blocks down the street. And I mentioned to the director then, I was like, we can use that building. He says, what for? I said, for a homeless veteran. So he asked me to put a business plan together, which I did. And uh, we've been very successful. That was over 10 years ago. they're my landlord, but they don't come down and, and, and tell me how to run the program. Um, we've been a great partnership. Um, we're a nonprofit, 501c3. We're not connected to the VA. But um, just this, this, this past year, we had over 9,381 visits. We served over eight, no, right at 9,000 meals and about 1,400 showers. So that's what we do here. We provide a place that they could come in and not be harassed. We serve two meals a day. They could do the laundry. They could take a shower. Uh, we have a computer lab that would bring them back up again so that they can uh, uh, reach out and touch back home. This is sort of unscripted. Um, I had a, uh, a short of time, Chuck. We're good. We've got a Got about another five minutes before we're going to take a break to do some technical stuff. So you've got a five you know, to ten minute window to just keep going. Okay, about uh, <laughs> over a year, about two years ago, we had a veteran here, Army veteran, and I won't mention his name right now, but he uh, he was uh, been homeless on the street for about eight years, and we brought him in and we had a good talk with him, and he wanted help. And my father-in-law's house was grapevine. He just passed away. It was empty. And I didn't want nobody to destroy it. So I talked to him going over and staying in the house. But we had to have make sure that, you know, he didn't do any drugs or anything. And he got a, he later got a telephone. And he got with his mother in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And she wanted him to come home. And he called me yesterday. And he celebrated one year home with his mother. Let me see if I get him on the line. And uh, I was just uh, tickled. Please leave your message Uh-oh. for me. He's not doing it. But there's 
so many success stories out there. And, and you know, if you just touch one, that, that's, that's what today is all about. Yesterday we touched a young lady that was uh, suicidal, and um, my wife was here. She was here and helped me, and she took the original call. And she's never, she's never been around that. So it touched her it, it's emotionally uh, to listen to somebody like that. But when we do connect, it's really worth the while and the time that you put in. So I, I want to share yeah. a success story right quick. Uh, my son had done uh, his Eagle project, which was stuffing backpacks for y'all. Um, and I had acquired 10 more of them stuffed uh, by another group, a uh, veterans group here. And so Ken and I, after our Marine Corps birthday lunch yesterday, I was transferring from my car to his, and Ken gets a phone call. And I won't mention the gentleman's name, but it was a Marine who had called in because we Marines tend to call each other on our birthday and wish happy birthday and, and flaunt our Marinehood to people who will appreciate that. And I'm having I'm having fun because Kelly's sitting here as my 82nd Airborne friend going, oh, God, I can't get away from these Marines. But Ken got a phone call from one of his success stories to say happy birthday, to say thank you. That was a Marine who about a year ago had come through Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas, and Ken had helped him, and the organization had helped him get back on track. And I was just standing there almost dumbfounded. I can't imagine how many of those phone calls you get a day from some, some veteran saying, dude, thanks, you saved my life. Uh, certainly lucky from the video we just saw. We talked earlier about several veterans who have gotten jobs uh, that have come through HVSD and have gotten jobs at organizations like Achieve. This is another organization that gives back to our and, – and it's it's funny. I don't even know what to call them now. Come on, Kathy, you got to help me out here. We used to call them slower learners, and that was an acceptable term back okay. then. Okay, well, I, um, just a special needs, or special well, needs. I, you know, you can say that because that kind of encompasses everything. It kind of depends on if you're talking about somebody with autism or with a, um, you know, delayed mental uh, capability. Right. So, um, special yeah, disability. Yeah, special disability. So, uh, you know, and, and, um, yeah, the great thing is, I She's love. She's trying to get me to be politically uh, uh, correct. Yeah, it's just not working. <laughs> it's it's not an easy job, Ken. You've hung out with Chuck quite a bit. You know, it's tough to make this boy be <laughs> politically correct. And so, it's actually not fun when he's not politically correct. <laughs> yeah, really, that's true too. It's it's so much more humorous when I can I can go off and have some fun with my stories. But Ken, I wanted to is we're kind of reintroducing to the afternoon crowd uh, for today's telethon. Uh, talk about some of the things that Homeless Veteran Services does that will actually help a veteran kind of starting with the computer lab and the showers and the laundry facility, but wrapping up with some of the job training we're actually doing on site. Um, and then some of the partners that we're working with, because you, you talked about and Lucky talked about um, alcohol abuse. We don't actually do treatment there that is done by professional counselors no. so but but kind of talk no. about all the things that that hvsd provides well sure, thank you and we're not a 211 and i'm not knocking 211 but you know we actually have hands on here we have staff here peer-to-peer -peer, um 
personally, you know, HBSD or, or, or the Veterans Resource Center, we don't get into that. We try to bring partners in to do it. That's what the, this program is about. Half of it is for our needy veterans. The other half is a, uh, a you know, they can walk in and file their claims or go peer-to-peer. Uh, stop one. That's a suicide prevention program. They come in here and have classes, and and, and what a great tool that is also. But we also started a, a year and a half ago a welding program, and this was part of the business plan that we put together went back 10 years ago is to have a, a welding program here. And it took a while to get all the, the wiring done in the building and, and the, the uh, welding booths and, and ventilation. But we started right there at the beginning of the pandemic. And and the class is, uh, is nine weeks. Uh, we partner with the Dallas uh, Community College. They're the one that provides the instructor. We provide everything else. It's been a great program. And in the nine weeks, they, they, you know, they pass the certification. They're certified welders. Um, and can a, a, a certified yeah. welder ballpark starting salary? It's around twenty twenty five an hour starting. Wow! And, yeah. and, and 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 but there's you know it's such a need. Um, you know, I had uh, Air Gas, one of the big uh, companies in welding, and they're one of our supporters also. And they, and they uh, they spoke to the first and second uh, group that graduated. And, and they hit it right on the head. A welder is just a, they start into this uh, this big program or this big group, just like the Marine Corps. You go up in it, you know, they have salesmen, they have everything else. It's such a huge uh, industry that you can start at the bottom in welding and, and just go right on up. And it's a, uh, um, you can go all the way out to the aircraft industry where they use uh, different kind of welders, but it's in about every industry is you need a welder and it's, it's a it's a program that not only gets them off the street but it gets them uh in a well-paying job that they can raise a family and that's that's the goal of it and it's been working very successful and we're in our sixth fifth fifth class right now and we just started it and there again we was able to work around the pandemic to get uh stay going with it We've actually had um, this class, and we have one female veteran in it. And the last class, we had two female female veterans. And uh, it'd be I'd be truthful with you, they're better better welders than the men are. I don't know why that is, but they are. Attention I to detail. love it. I, I can tell you, probably it's, is it's, attention uh, to detail. It's the exact not, same reason when you go to the the rifle and pistol range why women are better shots than men are. Because women so listen to the go. instructors. True story. You heard Every it here range live I know. from Chuck Wright. Yep. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> mark this date and time. <laughs> well, the other thing That's with guys, guys played with guns as kids. <laughs> exactly right. Kelly we'll, just nailed it. You develop bad habits. Finished. It took me forever oh, to break a couple okay. of those habits. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Huh, yeah, that makes so. sense. That makes sense. But anyway, sorry, went off on a, giving my props to the girls out there. I got to tell you a story. You see my coin uh, rack over here? You can't my see it real case, well. So. Ken has a, over in this case that's behind Ken over his left shoulder, he has an extensive collection of oh, challenge coins. Wow, wow. In, in that, the framed well, my, case right there? Oh, yeah, those he's got all, the framed case up above. Those are all challenge coins? Yeah. Oh, wow. Actually, so anyway, I, that's, sorry, that's interrupting the story. Go ahead. 
That's actually my second one. I got one at home, filled it up, so I brought another. Got another that's one here. So great. That's not. That's not the. Uh, <clears throat> that's not what I want to talk about. <clears throat> right above it, you see that picture frame. That's a target. Yes. About about six months ago, my, my son-in-law was with Dallas SWAT, SWAT, so he invited me out to the shooting range. And there was a Navy SEAL there that was running for office. I don't remember his name. But they tried to get a little competition going between, you know, the Navy SEAL and, and the Marines, which, you know, I have bad eyes, and they get watery quite a bit. But they had the weapons laid out there, and there's a 100-yard target. So I laid down there, and I, got, I had a scope. So I put it there, and I shot around. And the spotter, he says, you know, you're one inch at 5 o'clock. I, I was surprised I hit the target. <laughs> I and love it. When he, when he told me I was at one inch at 5 o'clock, I knew I'd just raise it right on up about an inch and go left. And I put the other two right in the bullseye. So I'm not taking, I'm not getting rid of that picture. But uh, you, you never lose it. Just like riding a bicycle after all. This. And, and, and the end of the story the uh, Navy still he wouldn't get down and shoot. So, <laughs> but you know we do a lot of good things here, and we, we have a lot of people. They're they're really in, in bad need. Uh, some of the stories we hear here were just uh, tear you out, and you can't really get connected to the stories because it just uh, it, they're sad. Um, you know, I left here yesterday, and I looked in the driveway down the street. There was a a young lady wrapped up in a blanket, and I had to stop and be just thankful that she wasn't a veteran, but we did call the police to come help her out. Um, you know, people sort of uh, resent where we're located at. We're down here in South Dallas. It's not an easy territory, but, you know, we're down here where the, where the needy is, and that's where you, you find a lot of your homeless at. And when they come down, you know, they would try to get VA services here. Um, we have people here that will help connect them with in their services. And as I mentioned a while ago, if, if one is having trouble with the VA, we're able to fix them problems so they get service. So, you know, we're, we're, um, we're here to serve. That's what we do. That's outstanding. It's a great mission. I have really enjoyed being part of it, um, uh, doing what we do. Uh, for our listeners, uh, the, our Veterans Day Telethon is – is fundraising for HVSD. You can find us at hvsd.org. Uh, there is a donation site there. It, uh, and it pops right up. When you when you do a Google search or when you uh, type in hvsd.org, literally you can't miss it. The donate button pops right up. And, and like we talked about earlier, now Ken's going to say yes if you want to make a ginormous one-time donation. We'd appreciate it. But if you can only do $5, can you do $5? you know, 12 times this year. Can you do $20 12 times this year? This is, Ken doesn't take a salary. When Chuck does the big old golf tournament, and that's a, I mean, that's a 90 hour a week job for a few weeks there. Um, You know, and, and again, everybody's so happy to serve and they're not taking a paycheck. So this money that you donate is going to go towards the things that Ken talked about. He talked about, um, you know, a, a way for them to uh, clean their clothes, to clean themselves, to get ready for um, a, an interview, to use a, use a computer, things that, that we take for granted every day, y'all. This is something that a homeless veteran will get help with. And then again, I'm going to go back to Ken talking earlier today about a female veteran who she reached out to Ken and his his fine organization 
and she's still here. This was somebody who could have been another one of those 22, 22 yep. which there, there's too many. There's too many. So when you save one, it's huge, and we should all cheer and, and celebrate that. Now, yeah. I'm going to say something that's going to shock a lot of our listeners. We have this tendency to think that the suicide rate is highest among our younger veterans. The reality is it it is not. It is highest among our Vietnam-era veterans. And I don't You're have right. a good logical reason why that is, although I think part of it is, is they're hitting retirement. They are losing others. Um, I just turned 65 and, and was going through Facebook and realized how many people have passed on. And I was stunned. Now, I appreciate my wife because she keeps me young and nobody most people don't guess my age because your wife it looks hot and young <laughs> well she hey she helps your street cred my friend i love she your wife my hi michelle cred a lot. she totally helps your street cred <laughs> but but i realize and, and i am blessed with a great community um but we lost one of our veterans who recently committed suicide was part of my Gold Star Family Monument project for a while. Uh, and, and I knew he was struggling in life. And he was having a difficult time being retired. He moved to Frisco to be with family. But, you know, it, it kind of didn't work out. It's never quite what you think. He went back to his home state. Um, and eventually it got to be too much for him. Um, and Kelly talked about it earlier, feeling a little bit isolated. Um, and I think that happens. You, you retire from work. You kind of don't have a reason to get up in the morning. Um, we couldn't get Ken out of the Veteran Resource Center office if his life depended on it because he has a purpose. Yes. And he goes down there and he serves every day. Doesn't need, he's not doing it for a paycheck, doesn't need it for a paycheck. It's really funny. And I talk about it in my day job. I'm actually a retirement income planner. Um, and it's I talk to people, and the number one thing I tell them is make sure the number one thing in your plan for retirement isn't money. Money's important, don't get me wrong. You make sure you have a reason to get up in the morning. Um, you've got to have that sense of purpose. And when you lose that and that isolation starts to set in, and, you know, and then you, you, you read Facebook and, you know, somebody posts that, you know, hey, so-and-so passed away. Um, and, you know, it, it, it sucks because I've realized I've, I've hit the age where it's starting to become more common. Um, more common than not. I mean, and then I'm just going to have to suck it up, Buttercup, because I generally don't go to funerals. I, d I did go to my friend Jim Dolan's funeral, and that uh, – that, quite frankly, sucks so bad, I, I skipped the next three. But I'm going to have to start showing up. Um, although I don't know why those guys aren't going to be at my funeral, so screw them, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, you know, my. Chuck's <laughs> right. You know, he runs in three. You know, I'm, we've been married 53 years, and my wife retired in January. And I didn't want her to sit at home and grow old. So she actually... Uh, I got an office next door to me here, 
and she does all my thank yous, all my paperwork, and I couldn't do without it. But you know, Chuck is right. We don't have any grants. You know, when you put, when you put down that you're a volunteer organization, most of your donors will not donate to you because they say that a volunteer operation is not sustainable. If you don't have a paid staff, they won't look at you. And that hasn't stopped us because the last 12 years we operated and we've been very successful. Uh, all of our resources come from donors of such as yours and, and the DSO. They mentioned Frisco Lake. They've been a real big part of our welding program. Yep. So it, it does take a community and a village. But go back to my experiences, Chuck, about the, the uh, uh, people our age committing suicide is that a lot of the guys that suffered a lot of trauma in Vietnam and but they was ashamed to admit they had PTSD, but they've been successful putting it, hiding it, and working all these years. Now that they're retired, they'll sit back and watch a, a, a movie at 2 o'clock in the morning and Iwo Jima, fans of Iwo Jima, and it takes them back to that time. Then they start, it's like a genie coming out of a bottle. Then they start having issues. They can't sleep. They can walk on the floors. And uh, it, uh, it's what they call delayed PTSD. And, and that's what we're seeing a lot in, in our Vietnam veterans is that they've been able to handle and, and hide it, but now that they're retiring, it's, it's coming out. Ken, I want you, and let's wrap this segment up. Well, uh, actually, we've already started the restream real quick because I know Kelly's got Kelly's got puppies at home to take okay. care of. So, um, Kelly, again, thank you so much. Now, you've got a Ken, if you don't mind holding on just one second, sir, because we've got we've got a, a soldier we've got to get back to Oklahoma to his dogs. That's something I do understand. Um, first of all, what kind of what kind of dogs? Two labs. Oh, oh, and that's one thing. Next time, bring them. <laughs> that I'll have to say for sure has helped me with this getting out of the military has been the dogs. Are these service dogs in particular, or just no. just good dogs? Nope. Just well, good they're dogs. Labs, I mean, they're labs, yeah. so they're great they're dogs. dogs. <laughs> they're great dogs. Well, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that, and that's something that. And Kelly, will you join us for our um, third um, annual telethon next year? And I think Chuck, that's something we need to bring into the discussion next year is these military dogs, these dogs, service mm -hmm. dogs, non-service dogs, who help our veterans. Yep. I, I, I have seen it. Um, I've seen it with so many folks. Uh, Jason Morgan with Rue and, right. and, and, and uh, you know, just so many. Th that's a huge, th they are a huge help. Well, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Wow. For real. Wow. That's awesome. Wow, that's a yeah. powerful statement, stories. my friend. That's a powerful it's statement. A, it's, a, it's the truth of it, though. Yeah. Well, then God bless those dogs. What are their names? Uh, Bear and Kelman. They're brothers. <laughs> I love it. Aww. And I had Killian for almost 14 years. I had to put him down. Oh, that's, that's Killian was ago. dead, correct? Killian was the dad of the other two, yes. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I want to I want to Facebook friend you because oh, we can sure, we can try. Yeah. I'm all about the dogs. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the dogs. Um, but you do, you've also got um, a business. You're, you know, yeah, so we want to promote veteran businesses. So well, how before, do folks get in touch with you? Before that, I'd like to uh, promote this event in Wyoming. Oh, please do. It's called, yes. It's called the Wyo West Warrior Foundation. And you can find them on Facebook by searching Wyo West Warrior Foundation. Um they're working on getting a website set up right now, um, but you can get on there, and I think there's a way you can donate um, or get a hold of somebody for that. But but that event is just – I've been to a lot of events, and that one is just – it's the most genuine one I've been to. 
Mm. And uh, it, what it is is once a year, it's like the first week of September, um, they bring out a bunch of us veterans, um, Gold Star families, and also first responders. And we get to do all kinds of fun activities and be around other you know people like ourselves. And yeah. it gives you a time to punch your time card out and lose lose what's going on in your regular life yeah. there for a little bit and it and it's it heals a lot of people well and when will you um will you come back on or even you could even zoom in and and uh, you know hey maybe even once a month just drop on our, our regular yeah. jp kathy sure. and the cruise show and maybe even Hillary's conversation and help help promote this event yeah. because oh, yeah. people don't know about that. it yeah Give me the name of the organization again, because I'm not able to pull it up. So it's W-Y-O space ah. West. And, and, and yeah, we'll Warrior share Foundation. that too. And West stands for um, Warriors Empowered Standing Together. Okay, okay. Very cool. Gotcha. So, awesome. Well, found yeah, it. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So we. Okay. And you'll. Yeah. And there will be a web page coming up here that they're working as, on. As soon as y'all get the web page, mm -hmm. that's a reason for you to come back on and promote this Absolutely. event and just talk about what it's done for you. And if you zoom in, then you can have your puppies in the Zoom <laughs> yeah. background with you, so they yeah. can be on the show too. But um, and, and then we want you to promote your private sector company. Yeah, your, I just paying gig. Yeah, I just started a business called K3 Solutions and. Uh, what it is, why I started it was for the eradication of invasive species and predators in Oklahoma and Texas. So if you got a, a hog problem or coyotes or whatever, um, we can come in there and get rid of them. That's that's, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, and, 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 that, you, and it, it's crazy. Even out here in, you know, in densely populated areas like oh, Frisco yeah. and Plano, coyotes are mm -hmm. big problem. Bobcats? Yep. You know, you hear all the time somebody's little... Don't ever, goodness gracious, don't leave your little little dogs in, in the even, backyard. Even bigger dogs, too, you know. Oh, gosh, oh, we're talking about hogs, yeah. Well, hogs and the coyotes. So but, scary. But, yeah, you can get me uh, on uh, k3solutions at yahoo.com. So that's K, the number three, solutions, all one word, okay. at yahoo.com. And if you'll text me that information, sure. then I'll put it in our feeds for today yeah. as well, too. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, Kelly, God bless you for your service. You are just a, a delightful, it. fun individual. Next time, stay longer. Bring the dogs so we can grab a beer with you afterwards. <laughs> yeah. um, if, if that's your thing. If not, we can grab coffee or dogs soda. Dogs like beer, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, thank you for your service. We really appreciate you, Kelly. And thank you so much for coming all the way from Oklahoma to support our efforts here today. Well, glad to serve for patriots like yourself. Oh, Thank you. That's so nice. Mm. God bless you, my right. friend. So nice so glad to, to know you. Yep. And we'll see you soon. Yeah, and then we'll you've already it. got an invite for next year. Good. There yeah, we we'll go. keep in touch. Absolutely. Cool. Right. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Kelly. Yep. We appreciate you. God, that's just that's good stuff. This is the reason Kelly is the reason why we do something like this because we want to make sure that veterans know. You know, you may come back from from serving and everything's a okay, but you know what? The reality is most people come back from serving and 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 you need some help. Yeah. And, and like he said, you know, Absolutely. it's and especially and he's he's a younger man. And it's one of those things that a lot of times it's, um, you know, it's hard. You, you, you don't want to. Oh, I don't want to. You know, I don't, I don't want to talk about this because I don't want to seem weak. It's actually the strong man like a Kelly Kellogg who if you're brave you're going to get the help you need so you can survive and thrive like one, he's doing now. One of now. the things that I, I didn't mention, or maybe I did and just hit it briefly, part of the ethos is, unfortunately, 
There is an element of macho. It was part of the joke that I told earlier. Um, I love to use the line from um, Tom Arnold uh, in the movie True Lies, which was absolutely hysterical uh, after Predator, Arnie, Arnie's best movie. Uh, but it was a hysterical movie. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. But when Tom Arnold looks at, at Arnie and goes, you got to get in touch with your feminine side. But we're bred in this macho ethos where you don't ask for help. That's a symbol of being weak, and that is completely wrong. So one of the things that I talk to people about, reach out and ask people. Now, if you do it too often, it does get a little bit annoying. But sometimes it's just, hey, can I get a cup of coffee with you? Can I get a beer with you? Although, and obviously, if they're struggling with alcohol, a lot of us self-medicate. Uh, I know I certainly did when I was in the military because uh, you were isolated. You were alone. Even though I was around all of my buddies, I didn't have family. I didn't have – a lot of it in my case was I didn't have a girlfriend most of the time I was in the military. And, and face it, that's, that's part of our social world. Um, are those relationships? In fact, I'll, I'll tell this story right quick before we go back to Ken. Chuck has a story. What? I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked. Um, I remember we were standing on. I believe we were on the flight deck. We were pulling in uh, to Hong Kong, and I'm standing with the CEO, who I still keep in touch with, uh, Dave McSorley, uh, and uh, his phone number in my phone is Skipper. He was the skipper of the squadron, but. Um, I said, you know, we'd been to Hong Kong on a deployment before. It's a phenomenal city. It's one of the most amazing cities in the world. Um, but I'm pulling in, and I'm kind of like, it's just, it's like kind of so what? Other than some shopping we were going to do, you know, you always got custom clothes there. Uh, you could buy custom suits better, cheaper than you could buy them off the rack yeah. in the States. Um, but he said, yeah, it's it's." You know, you're at a point in your life when you're looking to share it with somebody else. And, you know, obviously you're not sharing it with anybody in our squadron. And I said, yeah, that's the truth. But and then I, but I also understood why, uh, why guys on deployment would fly their wives into places like that. And, and so it's shared experience. But ask them, if you don't want to ask if they're okay, take them out for a cup of coffee, take them out for breakfast, just let them talk. So that they know somebody's there. So we're going to bounce back to Ken. And, and, and on that mental health, which is kind of where we left Ken, Ken, would you share the story that you shared with me uh, <laughs> shortly after you came back from doing your trip to Vietnam about how that left you feeling? And, and you were just talking about the 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 mental health issues that had been buried and buried and buried with work and life and everything else that slowly started to bubbling to the surface when work wasn't there. Hmm. Wow. You know, I'm not sure what story I shared with about Vietnam, but, uh, well, you were talking about how know, it made you feel. Yeah. Well, you know, um, when I went over First of all, I got sort of rooked into going. Ken Fortier was a POW in Vietnam, and he came to me and said, I'm going to go with uh, this group, Valor. And he said, I, 
I want you to go with me where I was captured at, and and I'll go up to you in Oshawa Valley where you was wounded at. So I got, okay, let's do that. And, and I had no desire about going to Vietnam. Uh, I do have issues. Uh, I, I pretty well got my control. Um, so three weeks before we go, he backed out. He, he had something else he had to go do. So I'm, I've got my passport and everything ready. So I, we, I go over there. And we sit down with some NBA. It was very, I felt very out of place. You know, what am I doing there? You know, and actually, you know, everywhere I would, we would go, I would look for an ambush. And this was in Hanoi. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, uh, the just to hear the Vietnamese speak was my one of my issues. We was overrun one night, and it's on top of us, and uh, uh, it must seem like an hour, you know, and I could hear them talking. And and uh, even when my wife had her nails done, I wouldn't go into there where they were talking Vietnamese. So I was in a uh, a, uh, a a spot that I I didn't feel comfortable with. I couldn't control. But um, we had a, a great trip. We went to Hanoi. Uh, I, we looked at some things that was uh, damaged over there, the B-52s and all this crap yard. Um, one thing I did learn is that they had the same thing we did. We needed we to find our, our, our dead. And they had to, they was a fear about it. Uh, from veterans to veterans, I really enjoyed that because uh, we, could, we could communicate and have something good that we could achieve. But once we got back here, as I said a while ago, my wife said that uh, I hadn't laughed in 20 years mm. and not, not, not that way. So I wasn't looking for closure, but when I got back, I found some. And today I'm the chairman of Valor. I believe in, I believe in it. But I also believe part of the help the closure was we was on a, a boat in uh, Holland Bay and it was just a bunch of guys together playing the old, you know, uh, the old 60s music. And I believe the music was more of a closure than anything. So they took us back to that time. As gentleman said a while ago, just something when you get around a bunch of veterans, you know, you, they got your back and I got theirs. It, just, it was a, a tremendous feeling. And uh, I do believe in what the Valor is doing, trying to help veterans for closure. So I don't know if the story you was looking for, Chuck, but that's, uh, it's really changed the uh, way I look at things. And um, uh, I still have issues with the Vietnamese language, but uh, um, it's something that uh, I wouldn't pay for the experiences going back. We had a, a, a POW that was shot down, and you know his experiences was something to uh, experience. He was 30 days short from going home. That's what we call leaving country short. Mm. And he was somebody come up sick and couldn't make a, a, a run over Hanoi in an F4. And he took the run and got shot down. And he was only in Hanoi only about a year. But to walk through the, the Hanoi Hilton, we had a special tour with him. And and quite frankly, you know, he let the warden know how he felt about the treatment there. And it was an experience to see. Some of the rooms that they had there, they had rooms with a guillotine where they cut heads off. You know, Hanoi Hilton was not only for our POWs, but it had uh, North Vietnamese and South Vietnamese in, in the prison. 
they actually had a room there that where they impregnated uh, women. So the the, the prison was a it was a uh, disgrace all the way around. Hanoi was wet and damp, no windows. He said on concrete, uh, just totally different than the South where I you know I served at. It was hot, you know, 120 degree days, and uh, we did make a trip down to uh, Saigon and. The first thing we got into a, a cab, they said, you GI? And we said, yeah. He said, they remember. That was a reward. You know, they did, did remember. So, you know, the trip was something that I, I would cherish. Uh, there Again, I wasn't looking for closure. I, wouldn't, I didn't want to go back over there. I, all I lost was good friends. And I thought like somebody a while ago was talking about, uh, I, I, I have a lot of anger. You know, I still do. But um, I, I moved on. And, and quite frankly, that's the reason I'm here today, is to help other people. Well, and, and Ken, you, Ken, you were talking, you know, you mentioned we were talking earlier about anger, you know, and, and um, Greg Gatson, um, who, you know, you heard on our show earlier today, and just such an incredible individual. And he said that, you know, even, you know, I mean, this is a man who, you know, lost both his legs, part of an arm, use of part of his arm, um, devastating physical injuries. And he said that even if somebody would have put a put a rifle in his hand, he would not have wanted to have gotten even with his enemy. And he said, you know, and I think this is one of those things I know in just in life, um, because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a civilian, so I have no idea what it was like to have been, been where you've been or where Chuck's been or when, where any of our veterans have been. But but that forgiveness, he said, if you hold on, the veterans who are holding on to that anger, um, you know, it's not hurting your enemy; it's hurting you. And so I, and and God bless you. You you really went twenty years without laughing. You know, again, just the things that people walking around who have never served our country that we take for granted. You lost the ability to find laughter in your life from serving our country. Yeah. You know, I've been very successful at what I do. You know, when I when I got out, I uh, I worked for a uh, aviation company, plant engineer, and I ended up uh, getting out of that, and I went into farming. And I didn't realize at the time what I was doing. Uh, you know, when I get it with farming, I farm fifteen hundred acres out of here by Lancaster. And I get in that cab, I'm, I'm away from everybody else. I, I I had fifty acres out here in my home where I've had my home. I was on hill. I had my own perimeter. You know, look back, I was really, you know, um, trying to quarantine myself. I still have, you know, little booby traps around my fence where I live in peril now. You know, I have little alarms go off. But, uh, but you know, it's, there's some things that you never shake. But I I can see now where I was, uh, in fact, when it says, the day that the airplane crashed at the DFW airport, we killed all the, when it hit the rainstorm. I was farming on a uh, out here in and and then, and after that I went to the, my first uh, memorial, and um and and that's how I really got involved with Marine Corps League. There was a gentleman up there wearing a Marine Corps hat, and I asked him what that was about. And he says, "Give me twenty five dollars, and you'll find out." <laughs> that's that's how I got started uh, off the tractor, and and you know I, I've been president of Dallas County Farm Bureau. But there again, it was a, it was about isolation, getting away from everything and yep. and everybody. Yeah, 
Well, um, and again, we just we appreciate you, you know, continuing again. I, I'm, I'm always so blown away by gentlemen, Ken, like yourself and like Chuck and, you know, and so many of the folks who we've we've had with us today who serve in uniform. You know, they're veterans and you could go on and be like, you know what? Hey, I, I've done my service. But then people like yourselves who say, you know what? Um there's more I can do and, and have such a generous heart and especially those who have served and who have served in, in unspeakable conditions, um, circumstances, and to be able to think more of your fellow man than you do of yourself. Yep. Absolutely incredible. Ken as a, uh, uh, purple heart wearing combat vet, uh, mm. he's seen the worst of it. Um, but he practices a concept we refer to as Charlie Mike, which is continue the mission. Um, and that's what so many of our guests that we've had on today have done is we've highlighted them because they are people, uh, and they may be like Greg, who is a nationally known speaker, or they may be like Ken, who's not necessarily that well known, but certainly making a significant difference yeah. uh, in giving back. And, and I will remind our uh, listeners again, we're in the middle of the second annual J.P. Kathy and the Crew uh, Veterans Day Telethon. We are raising money for Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas, hvsd.org. Um, and, you know, if, you can, uh, if you've got 5 or $10 to spare, um, we welcome it. Um, if you really want to make an impact, hit that monthly donation, make it sustaining. Yes. Uh, the sustaining donors are those who really help us build. Uh, next year, we're going to, um, um, by hook or by crook, we're going to bring a grant writer on. We're going to try to find some more grants. We've got some Love ideas it. that way. Love it. Um, but again, this is an organization that is a very small staff. Uh, Ken has never taken salary out of this. Uh, it is his mission is to serve, not to, uh, it's not about his ego and it's not about his wallet. Well, and, and again, I just, I, I go back to the, to the humility that is involved with, uh, with our American veterans. And this is certainly true of the, the people we've been, um, proud to, to highlight on the show today, but then this is all, y'all, this, this kind of stuff is, and this is where if you're down on our country and I know, you know, we're in, we're in trying times and, um, Lots of change, lots of upheaval, um, you know, dealing with illness, financial instability, um, you know, all, all kinds of uncertainty. But at the end of the day, this is the greatest nation on God's green earth, and nobody can ever convince me differently of that. And that is due largely in part to our veterans, those who have served, those who have passed, um, those those who will serve. So, so I, thank you. I mean, again, we say thank a veteran today. My goodness, thank a veteran every day. You know, if you're in the grocery store, if you're pumping gas, and somebody's got a Vietnam, you know, veteran hat on, or, or you know, what, what any you know, army, whatever that you know, you you can tell that they've served. Tell them thank you. Well, let me say this for the Vietnam vets. A yeah. little bit different expression that really, I think, hits home with a lot of them. Yeah. It's welcome home. That's right. They You've never got that, that welcome before. home message. Yeah. Uh, tell them welcome home. Um, tell a veteran thank you for your service. Uh, I will say this again, and, and, and I know Ken's son-in-law, Scott, he is a phenomenal individual. 
Although, by golly, we certainly got a better table than he did at Carry the Load. He, he was not <laughs> happy about that at all. <laughs> and so we had some fun. But um, if you see a police officer, Thank them for being there. Thank them for coming to work that day. Uh, I have several friends. Uh, I wanted to get Mike Rumfeld on, and his uh, day didn't allow it. And I hate yeah, that. Yeah, he's crazy we'll busy, and we'll, we'll get him on. He'll be on Kilroy's conversation. He, he'll be he, on. And, in and the let future. me tell you, if you're smart, you bring Leilani, his lovely wife, on. That's oh, when she's so that's much when, easier to look at. <laughs> she, we love you, Mike, but your <laughs> wife's hot too. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And, and Mike knows it, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'll kick my coverage. <laughs> Deal with it." <laughs> well, but, but, uh, you know, but when you're talking about, you know, again. You know, when you think, and I, and so, and so, Ken, you served in Vietnam, so I say to you, sir, welcome home, because you didn't get, you didn't get, you didn't get the parade, y'all didn't get what y'all should have gotten. Um, but I look at this and I just think, thank God there are people who are willing to step up. I'm not a run towards a danger kind of person. Now, probably if it were one of my kids, that's a whole different story. But I didn't have that calling. I think it is a very special calling that God puts in somebody's heart that brings them to serve their country. And, and again, first responders, it's the same thing. Um, if somebody's willing to run towards danger or leave the country and go to an area where danger is imminent, um, you know, we can't, we can't thank them enough. We just can't, Chuck. No, you know, we can't. Uh, absolutely not. And, and you're absolutely right. Hey, I wanted to, um, and I'm, I'm kind of, we have a couple of people that we're going to try to zoom in. We are in our last hour. Yes, yeah, so um, please donate now. And then I know a number of um, members of the crew have asked about um, if we can find out how much money was raised for the homeless veterans today. So we, maybe ooh, we can find that out after which, the fact. because yes. I have an addition to that. Ken, have you been tracking at all? I, I sent you a text, but Ken's a little technical, technologically challenged. You think I'm He's bad? like me? <laughs> <laughs> You got any idea how we've done today? I've seen. Well, I checked about thirty. I had I had Kim check about thirty minutes ago. I think we we had one donation. Oh man! Then we need and, more. We need more. I know you've yeah. got a five hundred dollar check that came from Leon and his lovely wife. Um, I, I've Lisa, got a five hundred dollar so. check oh, in my wallet. Um, That's yes. the uh, that check. Thank you. But Ken, I wanted to tell you. Speaking of Mike and Leilani, they founded the America's Defenders yes. Foundation. And uh, I ha I forgot to bring it yesterday, but I have a thousand dollar check from them for you oh, that I am bringing down that's as well. Fantastic! That's fantastic. So we have those. Oh, 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 wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> you know, let's let's go back and look at this here. You're you deal with numbers, right? You, you <laughs> he does. A, a, uh, <laughs> you you sent you, you sent me a text says ten thousand uh dollars. Well, so Chuck, you're gonna have to make that up. <laughs> I'm gonna check that. Ken's been known to lie on occasion. No, no, I, no, 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 no. Oh, sure I enough, believe. I put an extra zero. Sorry about that, buddy. I got you all excited. No, it's a thousand dollars. Oh man, that's what I get for texting without my glasses on. I gotta watch that. Oh, you get me in all it. kinds of trouble. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so please, yeah, we encourage. Well, we encourage you to get on because I know a number of folks have um, private messaged me and said, "Hey, I'm going to donate today." So, so look look for some more donations by the end of today, and and as these roll out, we're 
also going to be playing Ken um, in, in lieu of uh, doing Kilroy's conversation on Saturday morning and all throughout the day Saturday. We're going to replay portions of today um, for, for folks out there. Again, why does it now I'm glad we have Veterans Day. Don't get do not do not misunderstand what I'm saying, anybody. I'm thankful, I'm grateful, I'm I'm pumped we have Veterans Day. But why isn't it like this every day for veterans? Why aren't we worried about the 22 that we lose to suicide? Why aren't we worried about the homeless person that we that we drive by that, oh, by the way, is a Vietnam vet that just doesn't know where to go for help? So, Kathy, why don't why don't we give you the celebrate news. soldiers? Let me give you the bad news. When we first deployed, when 9-11 happened and we first deployed uh, Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen uh, into what I affectionately call the sandbox, but into Afghanistan and then into uh, uh, Iraq, veterans went to the top of the profile chart. Um, but unfortunately, as the, the war drug on, people had other interests um, it just doesn't stay near the top. And we saw this after Vietnam. Uh, we saw, we, we see this, it ebbs and it flows. It's always happened. I'd mentioned I'm an air force brat. I, and I've seen it going back. Um, family have, has talked about it. Same thing happened after world war two. All of our people came back. We started forgetting about our veterans. Um, Although, oddly enough, uh, because we went into a, an incredible financial boon through the 50s, the, the late 40s, the 50s, the early 60s until, until stagflation started. And again, not going to go into the politics behind that, but it, it's just an, an economic reality. Probably the single greatest contributor to America's economic growth post-World War II was the GI Bill, right? where so many veterans were able to go back to school and get out and make a difference. And I want to highlight that to today because, unfortunately, what that created was this idea, if you go to college, you're going to wind up with a good job and you're going to be able to make a living and you're going to be successful. Now, I'm, 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 I'm weaving this back into a talk about the state of Texas, the Texas Veterans Commission, but to, to get there... I want to highlight what Ken was talking about with, with welding. So the opportunities for young people today, and if you want to go into, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go socioeconomic. I'm not really going to go political, but it, it's going to have a political bent to it. If, if your goal is truly to help break the cycle of poverty, we need to be getting these kids into skilled labor training. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and you actually have a faction of the country says, oh, well, you're racist. You're just denying them opportunity. Let me tell you something, folks. College degrees don't guarantee jobs, and they don't guarantee good jobs anymore. Well, and, and it's really nowadays, I don't, I don't think, you know, so many times people thought, okay, well, this is, you know, this is a socioeconomic, obviously a, a minority issue. But not, I mean, you... There's there's plenty of kids who are coming from middle class families who they go into poverty themselves instead of and this is something I think you and I have talked about this on air before Chuck and that is um, where you're always expecting your kids are going to do better than you well that's not necessarily the case anymore and I'm telling you we've militaries had the last of mil generation yeah. that will truly do that yeah but look at how many thirty year olds are sleeping on mom and dad's couch 
working at a fast food place right now. And they've Michelle got a college shoot degree. Me, but we just got rid of one. Yeah, I mean, and so, he is so darn happy now that he's in Denver and working and, and, and on his own. Yeah, and and that, but but again, this is with with trying times, uncertain yep. times. One thing you can be certain of is the military and a career in military or even going to going into the military and and just getting that structure in your life like kelly who who was with us and again yep. kelly safe travels back to oklahoma and we loved having you in studio um he said he he's like i needed the structure he said i couldn't go in and just hang out with kids who were just so hanging what, out talking what about is nothing. the other problem that you didn't mention i'm a little bit surprised okay. but the financial guy in me is coming out <laughs> the economics major so here's the problem you go off to school Yep. Odds are, especially if you're middle class, upper middle class, odds are you're having to take out big loans, oh. $100,000, $200,000 in debt. You are starting negative. You're in, in your the life. hole, a house. In a, hole. a house. Yeah. You know, $200,000. That's nice. That's nice home for somebody, you know? Matt, you, can, you can buy a nice condo to get yourself started, and then you, then you rent that puppy out. Yep. And let somebody else pay for your mortgage. Financial advice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely specialist. financial advice. But let's talk about this. For a fraction of that cost, a kid can get out of school, and a lot of the, the a lot of the schools have skilled labor training on campus. They can walk out to a job, and I'm not talking about. We were talking about welders getting twenty twenty five dollars an hour. I mean, right now you can walk into In and Out Burger and start for fifteen bucks an hour. Right. So this whole, you know, we got to increase the minimum wage. No, we don't. It's happening anyway as these places have to compete. Yeah. But face it, unless your plan is to go into management at an In and Out Burger or fast food, now they can make six figures a year. You are so much better off going to to skilled labor training, plumbing, welding, um, electricians. Oh, but let's let's kind of go to the other side of the house. People forget this includes cybersecurity training, coding, oh, yeah. all kinds of electronics that you can get into in six months to a year instead of four, you're ready to enter the workforce. Now, I've actually seen this argument. The pushback is because people still have this belief. It's a false belief that the best jobs are are getting college degrees. Not really. Not unless you're going to get a master's in petrochemical engineering. But if you want to start in a job that will take you to six figures, you wind up doing that. You're able to, to actually take care of a family. Um, you know, we're not going to talk about in certain socioeconomic factors, how few fathers are involved in the family. We've got like a, nine show themes going on yeah, in our head right now. In our now. heads. But it's it's just reality. It's yeah. part of the problem. But what I'm talking about is actually creating a true livable income. Now, I want to spin that to the state of Texas. I've been involved with the Texas Veterans Commission for quite a while. I am very proud of that work. Yeah, and thank you very much for your service on that particular commission. I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're taking your own time away from your family and your job to go serve on a commission yep. for, the, for the state of Texas. Um, and it's supporting veterans. In this case, it's veteran service organizations. But we have multiple arms. Last night I was on the SMU campus as PennFed Credit Union 
their foundation was sponsoring uh, pitch meetings, and we're promoting uh, Texas is home to three of the top 20. Um, and Dallas just moved from seven to five from 2020 to 2021's evaluation. So we're getting better. Um, but this is a great place for veterans, and I've heard our governor speak about this. So I'm going to throw out a couple of interesting statistics. One, veterans tend to make about a 17% higher salary than non-veterans. And one of the reasons for that, and it's, it's the same reason, veterans' businesses also go out of business at a, on a factor of four times less often than non-veteran business. One of it is that culture of veterans, they know how to get things done. Yeah. Another yes. part of it, we're maybe just flat too stupid to quit. And we see things through, and there's a lot to be said for that. But why does the governor care about making Texas the greatest state for veterans in the nation? Mm -hmm. And it's real simple. Veterans make more money. The more money you make, the more you spend, the more you spend, the more he gets to collect property taxes. And you know what? I have no problem with that at all. That's the system. It's a pretty good system. We need to figure out how to cut those tax rates a little bit. Because uh, I'm seeing where the money's going, and it's not going. It's not. And that's another show for another that's day. That's entirely <laughs> another show. But the problem is, is, is to put it real simply, the money is not being invested in human capital. It's kind of being. It's it's throwing money at a problem, without finding a solution to those problems. Um, so back to trade school, and how do you solve? How do you break the cycle of poverty? And then and get I get a job. Yeah, and then I want. And then I want. Speaking of trade school, I want to hear from Ken again about this welding program. Again, this is just you know one of the amazing things that they're able to do over at Homeless Veterans Service of Dallas. Um, we've got Congressman Van Taylor will be coming on in about ten minutes or so, or fifteen minutes or so. Um, Ken, so will you talk again about that program for somebody who's just tuning in? Um, it, I mean, these are just incredible opportunities for veterans right here, right now. It is. It's, it is a great program, and uh, and it, it's at no cost to the veteran at all. All they do is show up here, and that's one thing we do uh, get on to them about is uh, being here every day, and that's that's been good. But it's uh, it's a program that we partner with the Dallas Community College. They provide the instructor. It's a nine-week course. Uh, at the nine weeks, there they pass a certification. They actually get a, a certification from AWS. And, um, and, and our, it's part of our job also to help them get jobs. Uh, right now, job market, you know, it's been starting off about 25 an hour, and it, it goes up quickly once they get employed. Um, we provide them a lunch here, and there again, it's, it's no cost. Hang on. Okay. Sorry. The phone. Speaking of the lovely <laughs> Mrs. Watterson. That's, okay. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But... But it's, it's you know it's uh, if anybody's interested in it, uh, there's no no age limit. But uh, we'd like for you to be able to work. We have some people went to the program to learn art, and it's sort of been like a, a therapy program for them. That's good. But you know our job is really to get get people employed, and our class is uh, ten. Um, we have done one class of twelve. They can call me at two one four three seven two eight eight. Two two, and um, and ask about the welding program. 
Uh, we start we start another one in about six weeks. So so this is perfect uh, just, timing. Just, perfect timing. I just got an update, from Kim. Kim is uh, takes care of all of our PayPal stuff on our line, and as, as Chuck says, I didn't stay out of that. Um, <laughs> I like I like to I like to say thank you to Ryan for fifty dollars, Harry awesome. for a hundred dollars, awesome. Peter a hundred dollars. Ted, five hundred dollars. Wow. Way to go, Ted. Fifty. Uh, Stephen, fifty dollars. Wow. And uh, Maurice, a hundred dollars. And Robert, five hundred. And then I can't say that for Chuck. He's about to make up that, you know, that ten thousand. Ten thousand. Michelle's not going to be too happy. Well, but but again, we've got um, Leon, Leon, and Lisa Shastain here from VentureX. He's one of the owners, and he's one of the ones who provided us with the space and the producers today. Um, they they've got a five hundred dollar check for you. You've got the I've check got from the Rumfelds. Um, uh, I've for, got both of those. Yep. So so we've so. got we've got more checks. As soon as we pop off the air, I'm going to do a monthly donation because you know I can do, uh, you know, a, a food delivery service. Uh, you know, one time less a month and and give that to you guys instead and and you know anytime ken you want to come on jp kathy and the crew or kilroy's conversation and um promote anything like if you want to come on again before you know the deadline for the welding class um happens or if you have a a success story like if you just want to pop on and say hey you know had a suicidal veteran called in we were able to help them now this is a person who is who has hope uh you know who has who has a chance at, at living living a good and productive life you know um so and then also i want to connect you ken afterwards if you don't mind if chuck um, shares your um cell phone number with me uh, my brother does a show on our network here he does every friday live um from venture x studios a show called this pink cloud and it's about alcohol and drug recovery and they have tons of resources and they would love to help in the veterans community so you would probably be a good guest on his show but it would probably be good for you and my brother kelly reverb that's his that's his dj name my maiden name was not reverb but um he um he would be a good person for you to connect with um and anything that they can do to to help y'all out because i know so many and especially around the holidays you know um and from the pandemic alcohol and drug use unfortunately is up it's at an all-time high and we're losing people not necessarily from suicide. And, and my brother has talked about a lot of veterans who end up accidentally overdosing or they're working from home now. And because, again, they don't have that camaraderie that they're used to having been out, you know, fighting for our country and then been in an office somewhere or in some kind of community. And now they're more isolated. They're drinking themselves to death. And so um, so I want to put you in touch with my brother because I think you'd be a really good um, – y'all would be good resources to each other. And it's this pink cloud, which is – we they broadcast out of here every Friday. So so if you'll allow Chuck to share your cell phone with me, I'll get you that information. Sure. You might have to. And, and uh, you know, I've been amazed by your speakers. I was sitting here doing some uh, audit. I had to get it in real quick, but I was trying to – pay attention to that, but your speakers really was great today. I, I was blown away. A lot of good messages and, and I enjoyed it. Really did. Oh well thank you. Well we've loved we've loved having you on with us all day. This has been great. And you know it's just it's one of those things you're you know the the little the little help we can do for your organization. Uh, y- you know your organization, we never know where somebody who just donated fifty dollars, well that fifty dollars is going to go towards one of your stellar programs. And that program 
might save somebody's life. And then that person that goes on to say, you just, to, that, that's yeah. going to cover breakfast for a day. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, just... That's amazing. Yeah. So wanted to mention something, yeah. and this is... We're fast-forwarding to put in the back of our listeners' minds. Um, we will be talking about Carry the Load. So we talked about Veterans Day and the difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day. Uh, Carry the Load is about restoring the true meaning of Memorial Day. I don't want to talk yes. about it a lot. But uh, this year, this year we're going to actually have a J.P. Cathy and the crew team I, uh, I, fi I finally figured out how to sign up individually, and I did show up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But we're going to put and together a team. I bought lots of merchandise. And we're we're, we're going to have you. Uh, we're going to have you uh, build a really nice team, uh, and and the team will, will all of all of it is being built under the umbrella of Texas. Uh, excuse me, of Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas. Um, but it is a great event. We had a lot of fun going out there. Yeah. Uh, it means a lot to me, and we'll talk about that more. That's that's a spring thing. That will be after the Arleigh Army Golf Tournament. Uh, always going to get a plug in for that. Uh, Gunny, go to GunnyGolf.com to find out. Uh, that is going to be the Friday of Armed Forces Day weekend, and I'll yeah. actually start pushing that. Um, this month is Reese yeah. Across America, and so we'll actually start the golf tournament 1 December and we'll talk about Reads Across America and, and inviting people out. But um, everything that we do is a fundraiser for Homeless Veteran Services of Dallas. Yeah, and it's just, and, and it's phenomenal. And, and again, Ken, thank you for everything you have done for our country. And now that you're doing for your, you know, your fellow soldiers, it's just, um, I, it's admirable. And, and we thank you. We thank you. Well, thank you for having me on here and supporting our organization. I uh, really appreciate it. I can't say enough of what you're doing. I'm very lucky to be here. I generally don't do this. I'm not a speaker. I'd let you know Chuck handle all that. He did a great job. I don't know we, where we would be without Chuck. And I can't say enough. He's our angel. And uh, I really enjoyed your program today. It's, uh, uh, he had some great speakers. Uh, I, I learned a little bit. You're a natural, so just watch out, Ken. Like I said, I've already, I think I've already got you lined up on my brother's show. So uh, just, just you know, watch watch saying that, oh, you know, I'm not a speaker. Well, you know what? We have six hours worth of footage that says otherwise. I, I don't have enough stories like Chuck's got. So. <laughs> Nobody has as many stories as Chuck, but that's why we love him. <laughs> you know, not to get into politics, and you mentioned it while ago, Chuck, you opened the door about the police department. Uh, my son-in-law was um, a sergeant for SWAT when uh, all the riots were happening in Dallas. And I know everybody remembers the Margaret Hill Bridge incident. And uh, he was, although he's out of the law enforcement now, he was dragged into court yesterday about that. So they're, they're trying to prosecute our law enforcement for trying to do uh, crowd control. So, anyway, I thought that was very interesting how they, they still continue to degrade our police. Yeah, I, and that's that's the thing. I, you know, I'd like anybody who's sitting here putting down, um, and unfortunately, we, we live in this quote-unquote woke society. And, you know, I understand being politically correct and being sensitive to others. I, I get that. I mean, you know, I started off in, you know, spe as a special um, special Olympics coach and, um uh, yeah, and then went on to be a special education teacher. I worked in a, a group home for mentally handicapped adult women. Um, I, I'm I'm real big on you know what. I don't ever place judgment on anyone. 
one, if you can can say a kind word to somebody or help somebody, that's what you should do. Um, the, the folks who are speaking ill of our military or our first responders, or even at this point, our first responders are, are health care workers as well. Anybody who is speaking ill of any of those groups you know what, Chuck? Will you volunteer along with me to pack their bags and? Yeah, happy yeah. to uh, help you uh, head <laughs> for some country that'll treat you better. Yeah, you know, I mean, I dare you to take your hate and disdain of our country and try that with another leader in another country. Uh, you'll be stoned. Um, you'll be thrown off of a building. Um, and when she you, says stoned, she doesn't mean you went to Colorado oh, to get like a medical mar- prescription. Not the, not the pot. I'm not talking about marijuana. Oh, gosh, I said the pot. Do I, I sound 92. I'm not talking about marijuana, that kind of stuff. I'm talking about, like, literally, you know, some of the things that, that um, people who feel like they're, you know, they, they, they want to put America down and they're sitting here saying um, horrible things on TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat, whatever, whatever, Snapagram, I don't know, whatever, whatever's out there. I'm, I haven't even been on Facebook that long. Well, I guess almost five years, but still. Um, anybody who's out there on social media speaking ill of our country and those who lead, serve, and protect us, how dare you? And, of course, they're not watching any of our feeds today, so they're not hearing this. But you know what? Just Chuck and I will volunteer to pack your bags because you could not get away with the things you say against our military and against our first responders, if you went to another country and tried to do that, heck, if you go to another country and you're a woman or you're gay or, or you, you know, identify in some, some different form or fashion, you would most likely be dead. So be grateful that you have the freedoms you have here in America. And you know what? If it weren't for our armed forces and for our military, guess what? You wouldn't have those freedoms. Hey, and let me turn that around. I want to say that just a little bit differently. If you are gay, if you are black, Hispanic, uh, Asian, um, female, I mean, there's a lot of people still like I am. No. You know what? Oh, you do deserve to be treated with respect. Oh, Our absolutely. laws respect you. Uh, Everyone. If people don't respect you, that's on those people. They I mean, don't represent on, the rest of that's us. That's right. And you know what? I'm so glad you said that. And gosh, Ken's like, oh, no, they're on their soapboxes. Here they're, they go. They're, they're sitting up in their chairs and Chuck's taking his glasses off. Well, but that's the thing. It, when you when you try to say all of y'all or, your, or all you people or whatever, you know, especially for you and I, we're, we're over the age of 50. Okay, we're in, and we're white, Thanks you know. Well, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But um, I'm, I'm glad to still be around. But it's one of those things that when you just try to make this generalization, yep. like you said, it's not. Wait, wait, mm, you mean when you stereotype people? Yeah, just, you know. Tr- no irony there, just, folks. You know, just because I look different doesn't mean that I don't have kindness, caring, or compassion yeah. to someone else. You know, we're, we're all, and this is the great thing about our country. You are free to be who you want, yep. how you want, as long as you are not breaking the law, rock and roll, party on, yep. Garth, have a good time. If you're young, I don't know if you'll know party on, Garth, Wayne's World reference. But here's the thing, you know what? We, we've had, the reason we have these freedoms is because we have veterans, we have soldiers, we have men and women who fought yep. for us to stay free. And, and, you know, you just, you, it doesn't get anywhere 
better than it does here in America. And so, anyways, we're, we're off our soapboxes for now. Who is it that we're raising money for? Well, that is the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas. Please, we just had, um, you know, uh, sounds like, uh, you know, $550, um, more and more uh, money is, is coming their way. HVSD.org, or you can call 214-372-8822. And please get out there and... You know, again, $5 once a month. That's a, a cup of coffee once a month. And this money that will go to Ken and this organization of Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas will make a difference. You've already heard n- numerous ways that it makes a difference. So let's help them grow that organization and help more veterans. And especially in a real time of need right now, we, you know, inflation's at at, at an all-time high. Um, you know, we've got some, some very... Um, uncertain times that we're in right now this organization can help you and i'm saying this and everybody's like where are you pointing well we've got a big screen tv in between chuck and i so that's where i'm pointing i'm pointing to ken in his office just get out there donate if you make a one-time nice sizable donation god bless you if you can only do five dollars today god bless you if you can do five dollars ten dollars fifteen twenty dollars on a monthly basis you will know that that money is going to a good cause month after month. So uh, just can't say enough good things about this organization. And Chuck, thank you for bringing Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas to the attention of JP and I. And JP, he's been trying to hop on, but he's he's in truancy and he's spending time with his dad in the hospital. His dad needs prayers. Um, they yep. did find a new mass um, oh, after man. surgery, praying that it's just some some maybe some fat cells that are kind of... Yep. You know, uh, where you know where they shouldn't JP, be. JP, if you're listening, our prayers, brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, we love you. You know, JP. Best um, wishes for your dad. JP's the one who um, a year ago, um, actually a little over a year ago, when he and I made the leap from the radio world to the podcast world, and we were able to come out here to VentureX Studios, which again, Leon, you and your leadership team can't tell you thank you enough. Um, uh, we JP said. Let's do let's do a telethon every year and let's let's pick a veterans organization to to have um, the crew donate money to. So this was JP's brainchild, um, you know, probably a year and a half ago is when we started working on the first one. And we appreciate him. Yeah. So. Well, anything, anything else we want to get from from Ken before we get Congressman Taylor on. And Ken, if you'll stay on while we've got Congressman Taylor on as well. um, uh, You you know, know, Van, another Marine. Yep. Yeah, I'd like to say a couple words to him also, but, you know, we appreciate all the donations, and you'll get a, a thank you letter from us with a tax receipt and a, and a certificate of appreciation from us. So we do appreciate your donation, regardless how much it is. Well, thank you. Fantastic. And again, it goes, this is one of those things. Chuck has, has, has been working with Ken and this fine organization. Oh my goodness. How long now? For a long time, a long time. That goes back to the jarhead days. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, but that's it. it, And so it's one of those things. So this isn't an organization that we're saying, this isn't an organization that we're saying that we don't, we're, we're thinking they're a good organization. We know they are, and we know, and we've seen that the money goes to a just cause, and that's By our the veterans. Way, that was that was an inside joke between Ken and I. We are not going to tell that story on the air. Um, <laughs> just know that there is an sob involved, and we are glad we're not working with them anymore. Okay, <laughs> and now we're getting to the happy talk yeah. again. <laughs> hey, and we just—I just noticed that we've got Van Taylor's office in the waiting room. Excellent. 
Are we uh, are we live? Oh, okay, the congressman joining. is joining, and um, and and I'm going to let you, you know, you you um, Marines say all happy birthday and everything. I I was with um, the congressman at an event yesterday where he honored um, the family of a soldier who had, um, you know, who had been part of the Bataan Death March. Right, I had I had heard about that, and and, um, and he's but he said, you know, with it, the whole Marine thing, he said it, his phone just blew up. Like you said, yours yep. did. It's like happy birthday, Marine. Happy birthday, Marine. Yeah, I, just, I, I think put that's out uh, over 250 texts. Wow. Love and then that. I had didn't, I had to go back, and fortunately last night I caught several of them uh, that are people that I had that I had forgotten oh, were yeah. in my cell phone, or as I was going through, and it, it it's hard to do because you're like, where did I stop, and who did I get, and um, and it's interesting. Nobody has Bill Meglish's cell phone number. Um, one of our big supporters, another Marine, uh, father of. Uh, of uh, two Marines, I believe, uh, and she married a Marine. So, and they come out and support the golf tournament. And uh, are we getting? It uh, would appear we have got a Congressman Van, Congressman Taylor, Van Taylor of on. Congressional District Three about to be oh, live. There's his smiling face. On. I see him. But hey, we, happy birthday, have... Devil Dog! <laughs> uh, day late and a dollar <laughs> short. What can I say? Uh, no, hey, first time ever. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And yes, good afternoon. Uh, oh, yeah, because usually he's all, he's on the show in the morning. He's like, good morning, good morning, and good morning. It's, oh, it's, it's been a running joke that JP and I have had with, with Congressman Taylor. Actually, probably since he was Senator or Representative Taylor. But um, anyway, so we're so glad to have you on today. And, and you are a veteran. And so today we celebrate you and we thank you so much for your service in the military to our country. So thank you so much for that, Congressman Taylor. Sure. Great to be with you guys, and uh, great to see Ken. How you doing, Congressman? Great. You know, um, first day he was in, in his office in D.C., I walked in and hit him with my challenge going. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And uh, last month, we was on a flight to D.C. together. I was going up to Secretary of the VA. We had a good conversation on the airplane. Good seeing you, Congressman. Did, did Van let you come up to first class? Oh, I'm sorry. That was... <laughs> And I won't, I won't take first class even when I try to give it to me. Semper <laughs> five. Semper fidelis. There you go. Well, I don't know what semper fidelis means. That means that is the Marine Corps motto. It's Latin for always faithful. And there you go, because go. I, I didn't know that until several years ago when I started um, volunteering in the veteran community. I was like, and I felt it was one of those things you're like, kind of like when you've met a person for the third fourth or fifth time and you didn't catch their name and you're like oh i'm too embarrassed to ask so finally it won't i think chuck i think you might have been who finally i finally said okay what is simplify because i i think back in the day i know back in the day a few years ago i didn't even know so, so mo most marines will shorten it or many marines will shorten it to simplify just to make it a little easier as a greeting and it's always fun because marines tend to uh well let's face it we tend to let people know we were in the Marine Corps. It's not like we were ashamed <laughs> of our service. <laughs> but um, oh. it is a common greeting. But if you see somebody with a hat or like I'm wearing a golf shirt today, uh, license plates on their car, or a Marine sticker, um, it's just a greeting between, often between strangers. Um, but as I've gotten older, 
Thank God I'm not as old as Ken yet. Uh, but as I've gotten older, it means uh, it has come to mean more and more and more. Um, and it's kind of one of the things, and let's start here. Uh, I'd, I'd love to get the congressman to talk a little bit about his service. Um, and obviously, you are living, Charlie Mike. You are continuing the mission with your work in Washington. Um, but talk about what being a Marine and being a veteran um, means to you as well. If you well, I, actually, I'm just going to go off script here for a second, and just I want to wish U.S. Army veteran Howard Pelton a happy 83rd birthday. Uh, I believe he's home watching with his daughter, Kara. So, happy birthday! Outstanding, um, Howard. Happy birthday happy from us. Birthday, happy birthday, birthday Day. blessings to you, Howard, and and thank you, Karis, for letting us know it was your dad's birthday. Happy birthday! So, this is my fourth Veterans Day event today. I had a couple yesterday. I've got some more on Saturday. So don't worry. You're getting your dollar out of me. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, hey, I now, believe I, you've got an event uh, Saturday night. Yeah. I got some some good-looking guy I know is going to be the MC of that event. <laughs> okay, it's Chuck Wright. It's Chuck Wright. <laughs> it's Chuck. And Kathy will be there, too. Yes, I will be there. Uh, yes, I, I will be one of his adoring fans. Yes, there you go. No, we are seriously, Congressman, <laughs> we are thrilled you are joining us for the Marine Corps yeah. Ball. Uh, we are very, very excited. I don't know if you know Junior Ortiz, retired lieutenant colonel, uh, but he he spins a great story and another Marine who is continuing the mission. But we'd like to hear uh, about you. T tell us a little about your sure. service and some of that fruit salad that you're wearing. You yeah, weren't like another political know. friend of ours and sitting in safe space. So this is this is the uh, Iraq War starter kit, you know. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> you know, uh, no, so I I, uh, I served on active duty um, as a reconnaissance commander and an intelligence officer, and joined the Marine Corps Reserve. So I keep serving my country while I got my MBA. Um, in Boston, and I would fly down once a month from Boston to Washington to do my drills. I drilled at the Anacostia Naval Annex. And my last day of drill, after I graduated business school, I was all uh, ready to get out of there. And I was like, hey, all I got to do is hand in my canteen because I got a full duty day. I can't, can't leave till 1600. So I was, my plan was to go over to the Pentagon and grab lunch, go to Henderson Hall, headquarters Marine Corps, go check that out. Um, but I never got there for lunch because that day was Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. Wow. I, I did burned. not know that. I watched the Pentagon burn with my own eyes. Oh my day. gosh. And I know we all remember where we were on that fateful day and what we were doing. Uh, and, uh, I made an oath to continue to serve my country and make a difference. Um, and so, uh, I drove back to Texas. I got to Dallas Wednesday night and on Friday I was at the, I was at the fourth recon battalion, um, in San Antonio, Texas. And so another recon unit joined, signed up with them. And, uh, uh, 18 months later was leading the first platoon into Iraq, uh, for my brigade, Task Force Tarle. Wow. Uh, well, they, they put the reservists out front cause they know we'll do a good job. There you, there you go. And there's that. Anyway, so we, that was, actually, that, that mission ended up being a little dicier than I thought it was going to be, but it ended up keeping everybody together. And then we uh, went to Anazaria, 
which uh, ended up being a lot harder nut to crack than what we had originally thought it would be. Um, and uh, participated in the first rescue of an American POW, Jessica Lynch, uh, yes. since the Second World War. Uh, and we, um, uh, my platoon, uh, so on the night of March 26, 2003, um, our Second Marine Regiment, which is about 2,500 Marines, uh, was cut off and surrounded. Uh, they were under uh, attacks in three different directions. Uh, and they were being, uh, they were receiving rocket fire, mortar fire, artillery fire, uh, and they deemed themselves unable to extract their wounded. Uh, there was no flying, there had been no flying for two days because of a huge sandstorm, uh, that had gra- grounded all aircraft, uh, in theater. And so the only way to get them out was a ground, uh, casualty evacuation. And the only unit in the brigade that could do it was my platoon. Uh, and so uh, they attached a second platoon underneath me, and those two platoons uh, drove up in the middle of the night to Anazaria, Iraq, headlights on, because mm. we wanted wow. to get there in time. So people, well, you know, it just it was a that was a that was a dicey decision. Uh, it sounds better to talk about it than it was to live it, but it was a dicey decision. Uh, and we uh, we got up to Anazaria, and we were able to pull out and up, they didn't know how many wounded there would be when they when we were sent up there, but it ended up being 31 uh, wounded men. And uh, we got them a couple hours south of Anazaria to uh, uh, to an air base that had a medical facility and thank, thank, thank the Lord every single one of those men survived. Wow. Everybody made it. I and, literally uh, we, never uh, knew this story. I have oh, never wow. heard this. Amazing. I am sitting here with goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, that uh, is amazing. Yeah, to to have uh, uh, congressman to render Chuck Wright speechless, that pretty much takes an <laughs> act of Congress, pun intended. <laughs> and I love you, my friend. <laughs> you could say the same about me. So, yeah, the, I, I think congressman. I don't think a, a lot of folks know uh, about that story um, because I've I've seen you. You you know you you mentioned that yesterday. Um, at, at one of the veterans events that you did. And I mean, jaws dropped, you know. Um, so so we do thank you. And again, you know, we've spoken with a lot of the veterans who have been on this show today about the fact that here you have these men and women who put on put on these uniforms, who go and fight for our freedom, who who sign up to possibly pay the ultimate price um, for freedom with their life. And then so many, veterans come back like Ken, like Chuck, um, like yourself, and they come back and they still serve our country. And so, um, so let's, let's talk about some of the things in, in Congress um, and, and during your time as an elected official, what are some of the things you've done? Because I know you really do, um, you do have a desire in your heart to serve those who have served our country. Let's talk about some of the things you're able to do as an elected official, knowing what somebody in the military and knowing what a veteran can go through. Well, you know, in Congress, I've worked on, you know, a lot of different aspects of improving the VA, improving access to veterans health care uh, on the legislative side, uh, worked on the uh, memorial to the veterans of the war on terror, uh, worked on improving our national defense, uh, worked on helping develop a national strategy for artificial intelligence uh, so we can you know, keep even with the Chinese that are certainly trying to gain in that field. Um, but one of the things that 
you know, that's really close to home is the opportunity to work for the veterans of our district. Uh, and so uh, year to date, we've helped 186 veterans in, 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 the, in the last 10 months, uh, you know, help them get their benefits, help them find the records, help them find their medals, uh, help them, uh, you know, uh, help, you know, help people with their, with issues that whatever they may be. Uh, and so it's very important to me to go and help our veterans. Um, and in addition, a little broader, stepping back a little bit, I've got a hundred percent meeting policy. I've been with every constituent that's uh, ever has ever asked to meet with me in the state house and state senate and now in Congress. And I'm up to almost 1300 meetings as a member of Congress, um, meeting with my constituents. Um, um, on the, uh, and then on the, and then I, I, one of the things I've gotten to do, Kathy, I know you're very familiar with this, is the Congressional uh, Veterans Commendations, and that yes. is an award yes. given by a member of Congress uh, to a citizen who served in the military and continued to serve our community. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very important, I think, to have a successful society to recognize those who serve. Uh, those who give of themselves. And this is the, the Congressional Veterans Combination is an opportunity to recognize an individual who is, you know, who is elite, you know, who served their country in uniform and then continues to serve our community in whatever that capacity may be, whether it's being a mayor or leading a BFW post uh, or helping with a nonprofit uh, or, 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 or being active at church. And so we've been very successful uh, recognizing those people. And Kathy, you're a big part of that. You've actually been the, uh, the master of ceremonies the last two CBC National well, Veteran Accommodations. And, and, and you thank that, you. know that process. Well, and Congressman, again, thank you. And I tell you this and your staff, every time y'all allow me to step on the stage with these fine men and women, um, I, I'm literally just just taken aback when I, when I hear just bits and pieces of these individuals' resumes. And, and like I've said about all of the different veterans, including yourself, coming on this telethon today, the humility that I find in our American military veterans, it's amazing. And for somebody who's a civilian who just wants to try to help out where I can, um, again, I thank you for that. And I thank you for recognizing and making sure that such outstanding members of the military who have come back. And and again, they've, they've had, they have these military careers that are amazing. And then they come back and it's like, Life 2.0. And like you said, they serve in their community. They serve in their church. And so thank you for continuing to recognize them. And thank you for the honor of having MC the last the last two years. Yeah. No, it's, it's phenomenal. And it just is. Um, and I will say the other big benefit, in addition to recognizing people for their service, is creating an inspiration for the next generation. So the last CVC ceremony, I know you know this because you were there, uh, you know, it was basically 350 seats. It was standing room only. Uh, and we had 50 high school students that were yes. there. And so many of them came up to me afterwards and said, you know, Congressman Taylor, this really shows me what I want to do with my life. I mean, this is giving me a, a kind of a perspective that is a life perspective to kind of contemplate, hey, what does somebody, what does a person look like? Who, you know, and look, some of the, some of the veterans are younger in their 30s and 40s, but a lot of them in their 60s and 70s. I think we have one even in their 90s. Uh, and so, yeah. uh, you know, recognizing older vets, but just it just gives you a perspective, and I guess young people, young people, a perspective 
on a life of service and what that can look like and the different twists and turns that it may take, uh, whether you know, it's one tour in the military. You know, we, we recognize people who did a few years in the military and someone who was a three-star Air Force general uh, who served their whole life in the military and was the number two person at the CIA uh, at the end of their career, right? So just, I mean, you talk about, you know, huge diversity, but, but, but the theme is the same, service. Yeah, and and it's yeah, and, 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 oh, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, that's right. I just said General Campbell. He's, he's a great president under too. I went hunting with him. He knows how to shoot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Congressman, I'm I'm glad you mentioned um, that next generation because we we've talked about that kind of on and off throughout the day. Of course, and we were very fortunate. We had um, 82nd Airborne Kelly Kellogg um, who came over from Oklahoma the, this afternoon and, and spent several hours with us before he had to head back home. Um, and he he signed up, and his parents had to sign a waiver when he was 17. But he's he's that's that's rare because you know you've got this generation. Not all of them, but but a large majority who just don't appreciate our country and just don't appreciate what people have done to fight for our freedom and what those men and women who have, you know, so honorably put on that uniform and served us and our country so they can have the freedom to go on and speak ill of our country. So I, I really I'm glad that you have your Congressional Youth Advisory Council. I hope that is a program that that you will continue. Um, uh, my daughter was a graduate under Congressman Johnson's um, kayak program. My son was in your very first um, first your inaugural kayak program. And I think you're right. Our youth, they need to understand how absolutely blessed they are to live in America. Yeah, and I'll, I'll share this perspective for with you, Kathy, and that's, you know, in Congress, you know, spend a lot of time in the U.S. Capitol arguing about how much money we're going to spend or this or that and how many millions or billions or trillions. And, uh, you know, and, and you, you sometimes you get kind of wrapped around the axle in the dollars you're spending and how you're spending it. But if you get on Independence Avenue and you go west past the mall and past the Lincoln Memorial and go into Arlington, you start realizing there's another price to keep America free. And it's those rows and rows and rows of headstones. Yeah. And uh, when you see them, it's, it's just arresting. You just realize, wow, all of these great Americans, many of whom were in the prime of their life, who gave everything they had to give in defense of this country. Yeah. Um, and you realize the cost of freedom isn't just in dollars, it's, it's in lives, it's in sacrifice, it's in blood, it's in service. Um, and so that is, I think, is an important day for us to reflect on that sacrifice. It, um, it is, yeah, it, it it truly is. And and Congressman, we know you you've had um, uh, multiple events, and we really appreciate you were just you were just in in studio with us not too long ago. Um, you know, just talking about some of your you know your uh, congressional. Um, responsibilities, but today we are honoring you and we are saying thank you for your service as a veteran to to our outstanding country, and we just appreciate all that you do in the veteran community, and just God bless you and keep up the good work. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Congressman. Uh, well, thank you, guys. All right. Ha- to be with you. Have a blessed day. All right. All right, and we're going to finish up. Um, we're going to uh, make one more push, um, and then we're hoping if you if you come across this on um, on social media, 
Um, if you'll push the Please. homeless veteran services of Dallas, you don't have to even share. If you're like, oh, well, Chuck and Kathy rubbed me the wrong way. Well, that's okay. Just at least sir, at least share the link, you know, get get them to Ken, get them to the page where literally it pops up and it says donate. That's the first thing you, you see when you um, hop on the homeless veteran services of Dallas page, HVSD. And if you feel better calling, if you don't like, um, I know, like, for example, my mom, she does not like to put her credit card online anywhere. So you can call 214-372-8822. And again, we've, you know, we've, we've been at this for over six hours and we cannot say we could fill up another six hours with talking about what a fine organization this is. And again, Ken, thank you for your, your continuing to honor the veterans in this way. And Chuck, to you, because I know a large amount of money raised every year comes from your efforts. So thank you for that. Absolutely. I'm glad to do it. Well, as a matter of fact, we're going to, um, Leon, come, in, come on in on camera for a second. We're gonna get Leon before we before we sign off. We're gonna we're gonna thank Leon and we're gonna thank Venture X again. Oh, doggone it, Leon! See, I, I shouldn't have told him what you we were bringing yeah, him you on for. Just gotten him over here. You blew it again. Oh man! So Leon, oh, he's giving a big, big he's giving out. a big thumbs up. Um, starting at five thirty today, yeah. Venture X is hosting a happy yes, hour. Yes, five thirty to seven thirty. Uh, Come have, on up. Uh, they're gonna have veteran speakers coming in. Yeah. Please stop by if you can do it. Um, it's a great facility. In fact, I talked earlier to the, the first guy I was on. I forgot his name. That I've got to get the information to them because we're going to headquarter uh, Texas Veterans Chamber here. Yes, uh, some of you noticed oh, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, Jeremiah. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, that would be fantastic. This is such a great, great place. Um, you know, and you can have a membership up here for as low as like forty dollars a month, and that yeah. helps you get your mail, get an email address, right. all kinds of stuff, and then it gives you access to folks. And I want to. I we can't unless I get up and I'm we're tethered and we'll get in trouble. But I'd like to say thank you to Kate and to oh, Nathaniel. Oh, to taking off your clothes. No, no I'm not letting like you I'm, do that on the air. Oh, my goodness. That's a whole different fundraiser. But thank you, Kate and Nathaniel. See, I, I alcohol every so often I can get Chuck. Every so often I can throw a zinger that stops him. But, um, guys, thank you. Bravo. Y'all have done a great job. This is not easy to navigate in the technology world. Um, Chuck earlier was like, Kathy, like, he, um, Nathaniel had gone to get a soda, and he's like, press pause. And I'm like, oh, Nathaniel would kill me. I will jack the whole system up. I'm not allowed to touch the equipment for a reason. But thank you, guys. Y'all have done a phenomenal job. Um, and uh, Nathaniel, you, you you have a business up here, as a matter of fact. This is a young entrepreneur. What's Can you can you get on a mic and tell folks how to get to your business and what y'all do? Yeah, uh, it's Three Point Productions, a video videography company out of DFW. So, yeah. And they office here out yep. of Venture X. And they're, they're so going to do great. the promo for the Texas Veterans Chamber. Love uh, it. Yeah. Yay. So we're going to get, get with them, and we're going to do, do some, some stuff. They do some good work. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. So we can do the intro. We're going to, um, um, as we go into December and January, our thing is going to be uh, doing podcasts, uh, basically infomercials with all of our members and our Love partners. Love it. Love it. So he's going to create a, a professional-looking intro. I love um, it. That will be a little bit more than help just these, help these veterans out who are yep. in business. You know, Absolutely. like uh, Kelly Kellogg, who has, um, it, what did he call it? it's K three K three. Yeah. So uh, if you're having an issue with hogs or um or 
hogs or coyotes and hogs and coyotes. Coyotes, uh, yeah. That's so really the there you go. So, um, anyways, again, just there are so many. You know, if you can get out and support a, a veteran-owned business, please do. Um, but today, our main ask is for the Homeless Veterans Services of Dallas hvsd.org 214-372-8822 if you are a veteran in need if you have a loved one that is a veteran in need reach out to them and if you can find it in your heart to donate a small or large amount today every dollar is going to a very worthy cause so um thank you ken for being on today and thank you chuck for hanging out with me today and um we just look forward to finding out what that final amount of money was raised. Um, oh, my goodness. And Michael Quigley from um, from Boston, the Boston area, just donated $50. So thank, thank you, you Michael. Michael. And, Michael, we, we as a matter of fact, I was hoping we could get your music played today. We're going to play that again, instead probably on Friday's show. I wasn't able to get the music downloaded, but um, he has a a song that he gave us the rights to play. Cool. So I know. Yes. Yeah, so, so good stuff. So anyways, um, we love y'all. God bless y'all. God bless all of our men and women who have served our country. And we can never thank you enough. Um, Chuck, last words from you, sir. You're a veteran. You get the last word. Happy Veterans Day to all of my Marines listening. Happy belated birthday uh, to my good friend, Ken. Uh, happy birthday. Kathy, I will see you at the Marine Corps Ball Saturday Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Van Taylor it. will be there. Uh, I think Rob is coming. Um, he has come in the past, so it is going to be a fun. Mike Rumfeld will be at our table with the lovely Leilani and my wonderful bride. And Travis will be there. I love it. Awesome. Uh, he gets to put his suit on. Our, our good friend, J.W. Son, who is part of uh, Plano's um, law enforcement. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great time. Well, this has been a great day with you, Chuck. Thanks for being with me, and thanks, Ken, for being with us as well. Pleasure. No, Chuck's always going to get the last word. I'm trying to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>